Brand new podcast, everybody. I want to start off and say Cleveland uh, Hilarities Comedy Club this weekend, July 27th through 29th. Um, If I'm not mistaken, I think Saturday sold out. I think there are some tickets Friday and some tickets Thursday, although I think Thursday is getting close. So I always always feel bad when people say, hey, man, uh, I didn't know you were in Pittsburgh. I slept on tickets. Don't sleep on the tickets. Come out to Hilarities. It's a big club. I think it seats 400. So uh, I can't wait to see you. And we'll party afterwards. And then I'm in Tampa. I'll be with you. Why am I doing the reads? I should uh, I should tell you where we are. Yeah? Yeah. You, why don't you tell them where we are? We Dowie, Alabama. And we're at Leanne's Lake House. This is uh, absolutely magical. Yeah, it's great. I've been coming here since I was 10. Since she was 10 years old. And we just looked at some pictures that I would have loved to have talked about on the podcast. But they can't see the pictures. But you can describe the pictures. Oh yeah, yeah. That's yeah. I think you should. I think you should trust me on the inside of how a podcast works a tad bit. They were really amazing pictures. I don't really remember them entirely, but I do know one. Your dad had a duster on, and it was what year? Yeah, I don't know. The year wasn't on the back, but it was probably seventy four. Has to be seventy before seventy six because my dad grew a beard for the bicentennial. <laughs> Everybody in my hometown, all the men apparently grew beards in 1976. That's an interesting choice, like they're going to the playoffs. I guess, except, you know, it's bicentennial, so I guess their theory was in 1776, men had beards. Oh, so, wow. In, I would have taken that one step further and be like, hey, we can hit our wives, too. <laughs> <laughs> and we don't have to bathe for a month. We don't have to bathe for a month. I guess that's where we'll draw that line right there. We'll just stop right there with yeah, that analogy that's game. Very good. Um, but it was it's amazing to see you as a little girl in those pictures. Yeah. I like that your dad had a bowler hat on. That's a very strong southern uh, like uh like almost like um Allman Brothers uh the night where they went down to Dixie type music, you know, like like that was a that was an interesting that bowler hat fascinated me. It's a bold choice. It was a, but it's a very strong southern rock choice. Yes, it is. He was very into Southern rock. I think, how could you not be being in the South and everything that was going on in Muscle Shoals at the time? And my dad went to New Orleans a lot during those years because his cousin lived there. So he went at least once a year during Mardi Gras, sometimes more than that. I think he bought the bowler hat at Mardi Gras. It's a cool hat. So to him, I think that hat was a big party, right? Yeah. Because he bought it at Mardi Gras. And I remember him in that hat so much. He was such a little, like, he was such a rascally dad. Um, he's been a really good dad. He's been a really great dad. He really has. I don't know how he could have been much better. Right now he's got the girls in their tubing. Um, we had an incident yesterday with Isla. <laughs> I have a, I get a rap in this family for not being manly. You do have a bruise, though. Do I? Yeah. Fuck Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I kind of wish I didn't bruise at all because that means my liver's healthy. But uh, but what happened was, look, listen. Everyone knows I love my daughter more than anything. I talk about her on stage. I make jokes about her. But God, I love that kid. There's a part of her personality that is very frustrating, and that is the same part of Leanne's personality that is very frustrating. Which daughter are you talking about? Isla. Uh-huh. I love Georgia across the board. George has no frustrations with me other than, by the way, we're having a lot of frustrations with both our say, kids right I was going to say, I'm so sorry boat. to say that is not true. We've had a lot of conversations with our kids trying to tell them. It's been, it's been an interesting trip. The older these girls get, the more we learn about them. Our frustration with G-Max is, imagine if your father was a builder, like he built furniture. You'd want to prove to him that you were handy with a, with a saw and a chisel 
and uh and you can figure square footage and in you can your figure head. square footage yeah. and dad give me the hammer i'll nail that in for you right we're having that problem with georgia having a father as a comedian because i include them a lot in the promo videos i do we shot one for cleveland georgia shot it we were in the rain and my buddy Weicho had his son punch me in the nuts but so george and george is very creative but her sense of humor is much like a frat boy who just has seen uh um borat and he's quoting Borat the entire time. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. And so, and she doesn't really know when things are funny and when things are not funny. So she's just throwing everything against the wall. She's throwing zingers at everybody. But like, she's almost like she's like. Imagine if Tony Hinchcliffe was thirteen. And <laughs> <laughs> by the way, they saw a picture of Tony Hinchcliffe in the video. Isla goes, "Is that a boy?" <laughs> yes, that's a boy, Isla. So yes, yesterday we go on the jet ski. I take Georgia out on a ride. Georgia is the kind of kid that wants to show you how responsible she is with the jet ski. Sort of. Sort of. And we let well, them. She, well, she wants to show you how crazy she is, but, but she's, she's at like crazy. she's at like half speed. Tell she's her what they, when crazy. she goes to hit jump away. What she, she goes. Do? All right, mom, we're gonna go get this wave ready, and she'll let off the throttle to halfway and jump it like perfectly straight and go. Woo! <laughs> I'm like, wow, that was crazy. So if that's one daughter, the other daughter. I take Georgia for a ride, have a good time. My buddies Weecho and Obi are here. Um, we floated the river the day before. It was really fucking fun. Yeah. I'm thinking about just posting a couple of videos on my Instagram to just show how much fun it was. Um, we float this river. It's just everyone gets an inner tubes. We get a bunch of beer and uh, and just float. It's am- fucking amazing. I'd flown from Cleveland, no, to from Pittsburgh. Uh, I did two shows, didn't sleep, flew to, into Atlanta from Pittsburgh, drove over to Obi's house. We met us there with his whole family, Marnie, the two boys that are fucking lunatics as well. Mm-hmm. And then we all drove. I didn't sleep for probably a grand total of like probably 40 hours, if that. And uh, and it was great. And I, by the way, I slept like 12, 14 today. Yeah. You, you, so we get, I take Georgia on a little ride. I come back, I take Isla and I say, hey, Isla, let's be careful. Sure thing, Dad. Smiles, gives a wink to Leanne and them, and then pins it and fucking hauls ass for what I would say, maybe 200 yards straight. 200 yards. We're going 35 miles an hour. Yeah. And then cuts it to do what she calls drilling a hole. <laughs> and it fucking throws me. It It flips me. It throws me off the back. I'm on the back. I'm letting her drive. I'm holding on to her life. It throws me off the back in a manner that imagine if my feet went up in the air. I was doing a cartwheel into the water. My head caught the water and the jet ski slammed into the side of my hip. It went over me and then she kept going for 20 yards and I popped up in the water. And my, I thought I broke my hip. I literally thought I broke my hip. And I have the little thing around my wrist so the thing won't move. The kill switch. The kill switch. And Isla's just going, it's not starting. Completely <laughs> no empathy. It's not starting. It's not starting, Dad. I can't get it to start. And starts waving someone down to help her get it start. I'm like groaning. And she's. I go, Isla, I'm hurt. And she goes, huh? I'm like, I'm hurt. And she goes, how? I said, what did you just do? She goes, I was just drilling a hole. I go, I'm like, oh, my God. We go for a little bit longer ride. I come in, and I realize I'm genuinely fucking hurt. I thought I broke my hip. I really did. And then I was like, walked, and I was like, clearly I didn't break it. But that was our little incident yesterday. So then we just took him out back on the Wave Runners, and I was like, I was like, Isla, like, I got it. You got to earn my trust back. Go slow. She did okay, though, right? She did okay, except... 
she does like when you get when someone gets scared behind her, it uh-huh. makes her giggle. Well, she feels really like big, and you know, uh, this is one of the places where she clearly excels compared to her sister. Yes, her sister is so smart. Isla has such a hard time in school. Her sister's an excellent reader. Isla can't read for shit. She's dyslexic. So, you know, Georgia's tall, blonde, blue-eyed, skinny. Isla's, you know, short, brown-eyed. She's a pretty girl, but go, right I there. think she thinks... See if you can hear them. This is the one place that's her territory, right? This is where she can dominate. She's on the raft right now with her cousin, Lexi. And they're waving at us, but um, but yeah, this so has I been think a, that's, an absolute. That's dream. the thing is that she's like, this is this is my territory. Yeah. So she wants everybody to know that she's the boss. She did come up to me after we got up top, and I I was icing my hip, and she was legit. She was like, "Hey, I'm really sorry." Like, mm-hmm. I was like, "It's okay," but I was frustrated because I was like, "Fuck." Anyway, um, it, this has been a dream trip, and then we leave here. Sunday, we head down to Clearwater. We'll be in Clearwater. I'm trying to do a podcast with Hulk Hogan. I'd like to do that. Oh, how, that would be amazing. Yeah. I know the Hulkster. He told me to just go to the, he's like, go to the store. Give me, tell him to give me a call. I'll come right over. Oh, that's if you want to hang out. And I was like, yeah. If I want to do a podcast, like a nice hour and a half podcast. I know I can't get three hours out of him, but a nice hour and a half podcast with a couple beers. I'm going to reach out to his people. Uh, I'm going to do that today. Internet access is spotty. So if this comes out early or a little late, I apologize. But there is no internet. I'm trying to post promo videos for Cleveland, and it's been a nightmare. I've got another one I'm going to post. Go check out my Instagram. I posted that. Um, I was excited for this trip and for next week because um, I got an offer uh, for a sponsor of a podcast, and I immediately jumped to the chance because what they what they do sometimes i'll just walk you through i don't i mean i don't give a fuck the they will say hey check out our stuff and if you like it we'd like to be a uh, sponsor um it doesn't go the other way don't go hey we want to buy 20 and you go oh we're in it's you know you know how passionate i am about the sponsors of this podcast and initially i was like i'm a big i'm a big sock hound i really am i don't wear underwear um i don't wear underwear at all uh i haven't worn underwear since uh probably senior year of high school I will every now and then in certain occasions. One of the occasions is, this is going to be graphic, but hopefully you run into this too. Some of the bathing suits they make have a rough inside. Some of them don't, but those ones tend to be heavy. The ones that dry quicker have a rough inside, and the head of my dick gets chafed. I mean, literally get a rash on it if you get wet and you have an active day. Say you're at the beach. Say you're at the lake. Say you're floating a fucking river. Say you're floating a river, and you've got to walk a bunch and move stuff around. And Mack Weldon, when we looked through their website, offers... By the way, first time I'd ever heard of this, uh, swim underwear. Because, you know, back when I was a kid, you would get a, a pair of underwear that went with your bathing suit. Now you're a fucking nerd if you wear pants that have built-in underwear. I apologize you wear built-in underwear in your pants when you go swimming. <laughs> I'm just telling you, for me, those are workout pants. And then when I go in a bathing suit, I have tactile issues and I want to dry as quick as possible. Mack Weldon has swim underwear. And I was so fucking excited because I was going to get to wear the swim underwear on the river float and then try them out because once you float the river, you got to pull all the rafts up into the, tr- the boat. You've got to get in the back of the boat, uh, get in the back of the truck, take it to a field. You got to walk through the field. You are not getting into dry clothes for what? 
30 minutes at least. No, and definitely an hour. It is. It was an hour for us because we shot promos in the river. Well, that's because you shot promos in the river. Yeah. So they give you like, I think they give you like 50 bucks or 100 bucks to buy some stuff. It looks like a credit. Buy some stuff. Try it out. Tell you what you think. Did not technically buy their underwear, but I but I would. Yeah, we did. We bought two pairs of underwear. Oh, we did buy two pairs. Of, by the way, I tried. I will say this. I tried one of their underwear thinking it was a swim underwear. And I was like, I don't mind it. It really works good because it's a really thin, uh, it's a really thin underwear. And I and I do wear underwear when I sleep or sometimes when I jog. Like I'll just jog in underwear. Right. But um, They're very soft. But uh, I wore the socks in Pittsburgh and they were fucking amazing. If you've got feet problem like me, a nice cushiony sock uh, really does help with your inserts. And especially I have these Air Jordans and they're not the most comfortable shoes. And these socks have been were fantastic. I wore them. I got three pairs. I wore them every night I performed because you're on your feet all night. And they were fucking amazing. And I took them off and they didn't reek. And they're, they're very lush. They're very lush. And uh, and so I wore the swim underwear on my float on the river. And I, I fucking loved them. They dry quickly, which is something you'd want. It's like, why wouldn't someone think of this earlier? So if you're like me and the head of your dick chafes and you don't <laughs> like sitting around naked, wet, in the in the front of a bed of a truck, you kind of want a little structure in your jock, these Mack Weldon swim underwear are fucking awesome. So check them out. Uh, I'm not going to go through their talking points, to be quite honest with you. But there's there's one that you should go through. There's What's a that? couple that you, you should look at this one right here. They want you to be comfortable. Well, I agree with that. Yeah. So if you don't like your first pair, you can keep it. That's what it says. And they will still refund you. No questions asked. Hey, Mac, <laughs> fuck yes. <laughs> Nothing to lose. By the way, you go in there, you might as well spend 100 bucks. Yeah. Go in there, spend 100 bucks, And if you don't like it, bam. You well, the thing it. is... The the I was impressed with the quality of everything. Everything was very good quality. Yeah. It was not a cheap pair of underwear made to look fashionable because they used cool prints and stuff. They actually feel really good. Well, uh, some really underwear good make quality. some underwear companies make workout underwear and mm-hmm. some underwear companies make like, "Hey, put these underwear under your suit." I jogged in the Mack Weldon underwear. Yeah. And it I I could put I, I jogged in the Mack Weldon underwear and then Georgia had someone come over and I put on a pair of uh, uh, like uh, uh, jogging short, not jogging shorts, but like like workout shorts on over them, and they were just as comfortable. Um, so, do me. It's summer. It's the end of summer. Go, go grab a pair. I try their swim underwear. Try their regular underwear. Their regular underwear is fantastic. Try their socks. They've got t-shirts. They've got shorts. They've, they've got, got a, hoodies. They've got hoodies. And let me tell you something. If they're using the same, if they have the same taste in cotton that they do for their socks, that they do for their underwear, that they do for their swim underwear, if they have that same tactile issue that I have, their shirts are fucking fantastic then too. They look great. They've got a whole array. So I wouldn't be talking about them if I didn't, if I didn't like what they did, I will be wearing their swim underwear uh, next week in Clearwater on the beach because on the beach you're walking around. Sometimes I like to go for a run on the beach barefoot, fucking Mack Weldon swim underwear. I'm I'm really a big proponent of their swim underwear and their socks. Check them out, MacWeldon.com, and get 20% off by using the promo code BERTCAST. Go to MacWeldon.com. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com, and get 20% off using the code BERTCAST. Just use the promo code BERTCAST. You get 20% off on MacWeldon.com. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com. Uh, dear Mac Weldon, if I did not hit any of the talking points you want me to, 
just uh, hit me up next time. But I, that was from the heart. I, well, not, I have a hard time sometimes when you get a sponsor and they're like, hey, can you mention this? And I'm like, no, they didn't. They wanted you to do exactly what you just did. Oh, for real? Yeah. Oh, hey, thanks, Mac. Yeah. I, pre- I want to meet Mac. They're as soft as their undies. Hey, uh, I hope Mac's a real person and I just see him one time. I think it's two people, Mac and Weldon. Probably, probably dudes, right? Yeah, I think it is. Two I hope guys. I'm at a party at Fashion Week in New York right after our, first, our divorce. Shut and- up. <laughs> and I see Mac and Weldon and they're sitting there having cocktails and they're like, yo, Bert. And I'm like, what's up? He's like, I'm Mac. This is Weldon. I'm like, shut up, dude. You know, the head of my dick would chafe all the time and you guys stop that? And they're like, hey. <laughs> We're actually two different Macs and Weldons. Um, tour dates. Mine real quick. Uh, this next week, July 27th to 29th, I'm in Cleveland uh, at Hilarities. Get your tickets. Uh, you can go to my Instagram, my Facebook, or my Twitter and find the link. I'll post it again. Uh, one show Thursday, two Friday, two Saturday. Uh, and then we are in Tampa. I'll be, I'll be doing Cowhead while we're in Tampa uh, intermittently. I can't do it the whole time because Leanne gets pissed. Uh, but And then I'm going to try to do a podcast with Hulk Hogan. So hit up Hulk Hogan and say, Bert uh, is in um, Tampa. Let's podcast. Let's po- you guys should podcast. few beers, few cold beers out at your house, and let's podcast. I would fucking love that. Houston Improv, August 10th through 12th. Bray Improv, the 17th through 19th. Stand Up Live in Phoenix, the 22nd through 26th. Uh, Dan Soder is going to be on the podcast on the 31st. Denver Comedy Works, we have added a second Monday show. Fuck yes, Denver. Way to make me look like a shining star. We had one Sunday show. They were very skeptical, I think, about giving to me to me at first. They were like, we'll give them an off night. Sold it out. You want to add a show? Sold it out. Do you think you could add a Monday show? Sold it out. We're still a month out, and they were like, do you think we could add a second Monday show? Georgia, you scared the shit out of me, baby. Um, do you know what we were talking about earlier? There we go. That's what we're talking about, guys. Uh, Singapore, uh, September 9th. Perth, September 11th. Sydney, September 13th. She Did she think she heard me doing the read? Of course she heard you doing the read. And she just jumps in of course. trying to figure out her personality. A little Jamie Kennedy experiment just showing up. Hey, I'm going to punk my dad. September 14th, Melbourne. September 16th, I'm in Sydney again. But I learned that I shouldn't promote that one. That's a gala show. So, look, Sydney, if you're coming to a show, go to the 13th. That's where I do an hour. I think. Yeah. Brisbane, the 18th. And uh, DC Improv the following week after that. Listen, uh, DC Improv shows are almost sold out. So once again, I don't want you to have to sleep on tickets. Uh, get them. 28th, 29th, and 30th. I think, um, if I'm not mistaken, I think the 30th is sold out. And I also think 20. I don't know. I'm not certain. I should. I could actually tell you. I could look. Edmonton Comic Strip on the 12th through 14th. Uh, uh, Chicago. And Practical Jokers Cor- Cruise sold out. Uh, everything's selling out. That has nothing to do with me. That has to do with the fact that they're one of the fucking best shows on TV and they're the four of the coolest dudes and the Ari and Big J. It's, if you didn't get your tickets for that, you fucking suck. I will tell you right now. Um, today's podcast is, I apologize for the long intro, and but you know what? This is a great long podcast. And if you don't like the intros, just skip through them. I'm very cool with that. Um, but today's podcast is with a guy I've known 18 years. He was one of the very first, we talk about all of this on the podcast. One of the very first guys I met in comedy. Um, he was my age. He still is my age, but he was my age. We were both very similar guys in college. Probably like more charisma than um, than uh, talent, I would say. When we were starting, we talk about that. Um, and he liked to party. And he was he he liked chasing chicks. He was good at chasing. We talk about this on the podcast. But 
I was never a ch- chick chaser. I really wanted to. I was really passionate about stand up, and and I felt like I already partied in college. It's time to get real. Uh, but I've known him forever. We moved out to L.A. around the same time. We got deals around the same time. And we kind of talk about all this. We also get fucking hammered on this podcast. Him a little more than me. I love that fans come up to me after the shows and they're like, dude, I love when you guys drink on your podcast because it really shows how uh, how well you hold your alcohol. <laughs> they're like, you and John Reap drank drink for drink. We heard you mix drinks. And by the end, I couldn't understand Reap. I, I, there you go. They go. There was a, a part where he was so sober I couldn't understand because he was a redneck. Then when he got a perfectly drunk, I definitely could understand him. Then he went into not understanding him again. Um, same with the one with Big J and Ari. Uh, I, so we're going to do more drinking podcasts. Those seem to everyone seems to like those. I'm going to try to keep them longer. I know you guys like longer podcasts. I know some of you guys kill your days with these. But this guy is a, a, a really good friend of mine. I've known him forever. He's been a constant in my life. Um, a guy that I could just talk to and, and text with, and when we do th- different things, uh, you can just hit him up. He's doing a tour. It's called uh, it's called uh, the Bingo Bus Tour. Um, his Bingo Bus was <laughs> Chad Zumach just texted me. Um, the Bingo Bus Tour. He he made a Bingo Bus. He was he was very one of the initial podcasters. He had a podcast with Jim Jeffries called Talking Shit. They made him change the name, but they did it for. I mean, probably, I think he says 200 episodes, and then Jim got a TV show, couldn't do it, moved, got a, got married, and uh, and he had to, he had to stop it. But he decided to make this bingo bus. It's uh, it's a bus that's a full podcasting studio. They are streaming live on Facebook every night, and they're they're touring every night. So what he does in his bingo bus, he goes out to these clubs, he does a, a pre party, he does a show, then he does a live podcast after the show that, with the people that were on the show and, and fans. It's a really great concept, and honestly, something I wish I had come up with. I wish I had the time to do right now, um, but it really is a great concept. You've heard him on Rogan. Uh, he's been on. He's a comic. He's a, a great comic. His name's Eddie If, by the way. I'm sure you already know that. But let me tell you his Bingo Bus tour dates: um, Boise, Idaho, July 26th. Is that coming up? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Salt Lake City, Utah, at Wise Guys. The 27th, by the way, Boise's at the Olympic. We do these tour dates on the podcast. Denver, Colorado at the Laramar Lounge, July 28th. Lincoln, Nebraska at the Vega, July 29th. St. Paul, Minnesota Turf Club, July 31st. Chicago, Illinois, Lincoln Hall, August 1st. Madison, Wisconsin Comedy Club on State, August 3rd. Dubuque, Iowa, KQ Casino, Q Casino, August 4th. Iowa City, Iowa, The Mill, August 4th. Did I say August 4th? August 4th. Oh, I guess he has two shows that night. How the fuck's he doing that? Anyway, Las Vegas, Nevada, Brad Garrett Comedy Club from the 14th to the 20th. He's a great guy. Please go check him out on tour. Check out the pre-party. Hit me back. Send me uh, send me a message on Twitter. Check out the pre-party. Check out the comedy show. And then check out the live podcast afterwards. They, they stream it live on Facebook, but they play it to all the people that are still floating around. He's a good friend of mine. I hope you. I know you'll enjoy this podcast. It's what I like to call a burner because we get drunk for three and a half hours and just talk shit. Oh, Eddie. Oh, Eddie. <laughs> that was the name of his podcast, and I just used it perfectly. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, my good friend, stand-up comedian, Eddie Ift. This is... Tequila? I love tequila. Hello. Oh my god, Lewis Schaefer. Yeah, you remember that? Oh my god. That photo 
Seems like amazing. a fucking lifetime ago. I hung out with him a lot in. I hung out with him a lot in England. I don't have this tequila. It's great tequila. Oh, let me ask you this question. That's the. I'll talk about that. Wait, is this? This is it. What? I just bought this for the bus. Oh, it's amazing. Will it? Cause I'm in hell with air conditioning. Will this cool the whole bus? Oh, fuck the yeah. bus is like one quarter of the size. How many yeah. BTUs is this? Uh, I don't know. I had someone in the other day talking about BTUs, and they were like, "Oh, was, I, I forget who it was." Came in, they were like, "Oh, how many BTUs you got?" And I was like, "I don't know." And then they looked at it, and they're like, "Yeah, yeah, this will do. This will do." Um, yeah, I saw the beginning. I didn't see. You. I saw you take two hits that are already were bigger than the size hits I, I would take. And then I took a bong hit, and I the, bong hits fucked me up. Hits didn't do anything. The bong hit did it all, and I couldn't. I haven't slept in two days. Why? Because uh, I've been... I'm, I drove home from Tahoe last night. Were you working in Tahoe? Yeah. Where? At uh, the Improv. Well, they have an they, Improv in Tahoe? Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, you should really? take your kids. Uh, now, you're, now you're a theater guy. I don't know do, about that. Do, do Mont Blue or whatever it's called. Do we want tequila or vodka? Tequila? I can't drink vodka. I have a pretty heavy pour. That's how I drink tequila. And then I don't realize why I only have two in a night. <laughs> oh. Because I'll fill up like uh, like a tall glass. I was going through a period uh, when I was working for Travel Channel where I was killing a handle a night. It's because I was having panic attacks. Yeah, I had panic attacks and drinking made them worse. Yeah, yeah, they do. Um, my worst panic attacks were having when I drink. My worst, that's a lot of tequila. <laughs> Jesus Christ, are you, are you farsighted? <laughs> You survived uh, getting dug with high. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Wait, I gotta. Do I? No, I'll drink it straight. <laughs> what? You want to put some salt water in there? I might put a little. Well, in there. Yeah, splash it up. <laughs> splash it up. <laughs> this is how I drink them, though. When I'm in, when I'm in a club, I'll have two in a night of these. For real? Yeah. Here, talking your mic. Check one two, check. Yep. Check check check. You you and Rogan have vibrant five fingers. Oh yeah, I got well. I got those a long we, time ago because I was having feet problem. Are we on? Yeah, we're on. I was I got them a long time ago because I was having feet problem, and I thought maybe my, my feet aren't strong, strong enough. enough. You fell for their scam. Yeah, I was like, yeah, <laughs> and then it, it turns out no, no, no. When you slam your heel on the ground, it hurts a no, lot. No, no, but you're not supposed to. You're heel supposed strike. to run like you're supposed to run like a you're like on your a, tippy toes. Like a prancer. You're on your tippy toes. Yeah, that's but that I don't know if that I don't know. I couldn't run on them. Do you, do you have them? They also gave me anxiety because it's like I, all that. I got tactile problems. I surf a lot and I run down like uh, dirt paths and stuff to yeah. get to the beach. And uh, if I haven't done it in a while, my feet, like the other day I was at Black's Beach. You ever been to Black's Beach? Mm-mm. Oh, it's a nude beach. You will see. In LA? In San Diego. And you will see some of the best cocks you've ever seen in your life. Like, I did just, not expect cocks. Just, just, just a perfect, bulbous, two incher. Like, these people. I saw a cock today that inspired me to shave my balls and dick. Like, shave the base of my dick and my balls. You don't? I do, well, no, I do, but I... But, it just uh, made you get on it. And, I've, and, I, and to be dead honest with you, we have a razor sponsor in the podcast. Is that... Dr. Carver's Cream Shave oh, Butter. Oh, yeah, yeah, the shave yeah. butter. I've shave got, butter, I think, Harry's razor. Yeah, Harry's. And, uh, and I've always said uh, I shave my balls with them. 
uh, but I, I haven't in so long, and I can't remember if I ever did. So today I shave my balls with them. I'm gonna be dead honest with you. They shave my balls really nice, and that they that shape that they really do. I'm not. They, they don't have a sponsor of this podcast today, but they're a legit like. I got my neck was fucking. I, I do my sides, my right here. Yep. I was like, wow, that's a really great fucking razor. Well, I I used those for a long time, and what was great about them is they're disposable, and so. I used to shave my balls and then I'd shave my face and I was like, wow, what if I end up with like herpes on my face or something? Oh, and I just got Bell's palsy. Maybe that's how you I got it. You get Bell's palsy. I got Bell's palsy. When? Like a month ago. Is it, you still have it? 10 days I only had it. Shut up. It was the coolest thing ever because I had it less than anyone. Wait. I hope on. I don't get it back. I've been terrified of Bell's palsy. So have I. I've been terrified of two things, Bell's palsy and, uh, and alopecia. I'm not worried about alopecia, but I have. Mark Norman's got alopecia right now. Sorry, Mark, for the shout out, but but he's got. Well, alopecia. You got a shout out, and this, you know, it's good. No press is bad press. <laughs> um, I I was uh, I was in the hospital. I went. No, fuck, I'm fucked up, yeah. and that's not from you. Um, you just did uh, getting dug with high. Yeah. an hour ago, and I was fine the whole show, and I was like, I'm sneaking out of here without getting high, and I'm gonna like not ruin my day. Yeah. And then I took a bong hit for some reason, and I just went on the way over here. I went, oh, panic attack starting. Stop. Yeah, I stopped it. Sweet, I went. Sweet. Oh, go, go back to Bell's palsy. Oh yeah, I was. Uh, I was at home, and my wife looked at me one day, and she's like, Oh my god, your face is drooping. Here's the weird part. I had a dream about Bell's palsy the night before. No, you did not. Swear to God. Oh, man. I, oh. And they, so I ran in and I saw it and I called Dr. Drew, as you do. I, and, called, him, I called him before. <laughs> when I, I contused the testicle, I called Dr. Drew. What do I do? He's like, go to the hospital now. Yeah. He said to me, he goes, you have Bell's palsy. And he was like, these are the drugs they're going to prescribe you. He goes, go to urgent care. Go like, like, just go right away and they'll give you a. So I went to urgent care. This chick looks at me and she goes, we need to get you in an ambulance right now. You're having a stroke. And I was like, what? Uh, she's like, I mean, what side of your face was it? So this size froze, yeah. froze. Like I couldn't close my eye. I would blink and just, I would, I would wink, not blink. It's so funny. That side looks so much younger than the other side right now. That's what my wife said. <laughs> she goes, can you get it a little bit on your left side? I don't know why, but that, she, now that I'm looking at that side, goes, it looks like a lot more. She goes, it, it looks <laughs> She goes, it looks like you have uh, you have Botox. And it does. That side looks really young on you. And she goes, we should just get a little bit on the other side. And I'm like, you can't transfer. And we're in the doctors or in the hospital. So wait, so they put you in an ambulance. They think no, no, no. So we drove. I told my wife. I go, I didn't even tell her. I was like, uh, uh, they just said it's it's procedure. We got to go to the hospital. So we drove to the hospital, and I wasn't scared yet. Till I walked in, they at the computer. It says uh, if you have chest pains or facial drooping don't even sign in go straight through the doors and ask for someone and i'm like Fuck. oh no so i tell this woman i'm like hey i think i have bell's palsy and she goes uh yeah hold on and she starts unbuttoning my shirt they put blood pressure on all of a sudden there's a bed next to the she's like i'm like oh we've got to fill up paperwork she's like no 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 and i said what what's going on she goes um yeah there's a slight chance you're having a stroke and I was like, oh, cool. And uh, she goes, uh, I go, what What if I'm having a stroke? What's going to happen? And I just kept thinking, they're going open heart surgery. That's what I thought happened. And I'm yeah. like, is this fucking going to happen right now? And uh, she goes, she goes, uh, 
yeah, we got a window of opportunity. We can we can stop this thing where it is. And I was like, oh no, I got just feeling numb as you're telling. The I got story. fucking stroke face for the rest of my life. And uh, then they came back, and the doctor's like, no, you're all good. You have Bell's palsy. And I was like, that's not good. And yeah. he goes, he goes, yeah, it'll go away probably in six weeks to six months. And I was like. Uh, I chose that night in Florida. I'm like, I'm fucked. And then um, my, uh, he goes, yeah. I go, how did I get it? He goes, ah, oh, it's from the herpes virus. And what? my my wife goes from being like, oh, I'm so worried so about concerned. him to, um, fucking herpes. And I'm like, whoa. And I'm just like, she's. I was sad about having Bell's palsy. <laughs> wait, wait. So how? I, it's not herpes. It's, it's not. I heard you can get it if you if you sleep by a draft. It's the herpetic virus. It's like chickenpox. Did you get chickenpox? Yeah. Then you have the virus in you. Oh. And it could get you. You could get shingles someday. Same thing. Shingles. Her, shingles is worse. I've heard shingles. My roommate has shingles. Same virus. In, col- in college, and he, he was. He's fucking, young to have it. Yeah, he got it from a chick. Maybe it wasn't shingles. That doesn't sound like shingles. What? That doesn't, doesn't sound, sound like shingles. shingles. Um, but don't – Bell's palsy, I feel sorry for people that have it. I have I have a real sympathy. It's it's awful. And it lasted – I mean I feel sorry for people who have real shit, you know, like yeah. cerebral palsy or f- some other palsy or, you yeah. know, I don't know. I've always called it cerebral palsy. Cerebral. Wouldn't it be? Yeah. Maybe it is cerebral. C- cerebral palsy. But I always say concrete and cement. Do you say tomato or tomato? Tomato. Who says tomato? My dad. Are you serious? Yeah. He's your from dad? Pittsburgh. He says Warsh. My dad, my dad says Warsh. Where's your dad from? Uh, New York. Levittown. Levittown? Uh, your dad's from Levittown? Yeah. I didn't know that. That was the first. That was the original neighborhood. How did he, housing. How did he end up in Tampa? Uh, couldn't get into law school anywhere and got into law school at Stanford. What? Yeah. No one would let him in, but Stanford let him in? Not Stanford. Am I saying the right You said Stanford. Wait, Stanford's not in Florida. Stetson? Stetson. Stetson. Stanford's like the best school in the country, and I'm like, were they like, were they like a project? We'll let no. him in. We'll try him out. Stetson, and then he went down there, and he liked it, and uh, he met a guy, and they wanted to start a business together, a law firm, so he, he moved to, ta- to Philly to become a lawyer up there and got a, like, a job at a really prestigious law firm. And then uh, they had budget cuts, and they fired him. And then he had to work at a racetrack, and he was like, fuck this. I want to go back down to Tampa. So we moved on to Tampa. Was your dad as crazy as you? No, not even remotely. Really? Yeah, my dad lost his dad when he was 13. Oh, geez, so he, that's he's awful. Like, like, I think I think me and you are very similar. I, 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 I think that's not a shock to either of us for me to say that, but in that we were always... I'm a lot Burt Light. I would say, yeah, we're like we're like sons. We'll no, we're like sons. we're like if you want the full alcohol, full calorie, you go Bert. Yeah. You want it light? You just want a little bit of it? You get Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> I've watched you. I when you we've talked about this a million times. When you came to New York, I'm like, oh, who's this fucking guy? And then I'm like, oh, he's taking it to another level. Okay, <laughs> can you imagine that, that? That what was that? 18 years ago? Something like 19 that. Years Something ago? like that. Yeah, I feel like it's harder now than it was. <laughs> oh, I could I would never I would never be able to I would never be able to have a career in stand up if I started now. No, I feel like it's harder. Yeah, it's it's not comedy anymore. It's it's no, it's, it's marketing and production. Yeah. Yes, it's yeah. I I would say if you want to if you're a young comic and you listen to this podcast you're like, "Oh, I kind of want to be a comic." Um, go to marketing school. Yeah, go, go to marketing school. Yeah, go to learn business. Go social media. Le- be honest with you, though, in a weird learn way, web design. The, yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> definitely learn. Uh, 
Uh, I mean, there was a period AV of time. AV media recording. You had to know HTML. Yeah. You had to no editing. Editing is the, probably the most important thing you can learn. Yeah. Editing and get. In, I hope you better have a likeness for cameras and audio yeah. equipment. Yep. Want to start a podcast? Yeah. Yep. Like, it's just it's so different than it's when so we started. Different. It was like get a manager, get an agent, get a commercial, get on a sitcom. Yeah, but it's but what's weird about it too is like it. I don't know. It. I was just gonna say that they've taken out all the layers, and now it's just us doing everything. So we should be making ten times more. There's, like, there is a weird, like, I see, you know, there's a lot of, there's a hemorrhaging of jobs that of people who just aren't needed anymore. Oh, yeah. The gatekeepers. Goodbye. See ya. There's, it's, it is kind of weird and, and bums me out a tad bit because the thing is, is that the person who owns the company is always going to make the most amount of money. Sure. So... There's and so they're just firing people because they weren't making enough money, but they are firing people realizing, like shit, we don't need a million hands in this pie. Like I remember my first TV pilot, the table read had like a hundred. Was that your people. Will Smith one? No, no, no. That was no. Yeah, that was my first. My second TV pilot uh, was. Um, there were a hundred fifty people in the room for the table read. Wasn't it? Was David J? No, you David were on Day. David oh, J's show. David Day. Are you on his show too? Yeah, yeah. He's a genius. Is he? What's he? he really what show smart. is he on now? He did. He he's. I don't know what one he has now, but I talked to him the other day on the phone for a while. Um, Dimitri lives out here. Does he? Oh, he lives in Santa Monica. Yeah, I, I probably shouldn't say that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he lives at Twenty Six uh, <laughs> Main Street. No, he. Uh, David J was. We both had pilots at CBS, and me, him, and Gary Goldman, and. Were you I mean, all Barry clients? No, David J wasn't. He was. Uh, he was Rick uh, Dorfman. Rick Dorfman. I think I was with Dorfman for a little bit. I've been with everyone. You really? Na- oh, you name it. I've Wait, been- who? Name your managers. Have you ever been with uh, James Dixon? I don't know who that is. He's got Kimmel, Corolla, Colbert, uh, John Stewart. Uh, uh, who else does he have? Carson Daly, Mike Rowe. Jesus Michael Shay, Mike Rose got the best fucking host in the world. Yeah, he that is guy good. is the he best. Is good. Fuck, I don't think people understand. Like as a host, and I mean, I think for a period of time, I, I really thought, oh, this is what I'll be as a fucking TV host. Yeah, I would watch that guy do reads with an alligator in his hand, walking up. <laughs> I'd be like, I'd be like, here's the great thing about a Ford truck. I'd be like, man, this guy has fucking ice water down his mm. veins. So wait, okay. So James Dixon's got those guys. Who else? I was with I was with Jason Steinberg. He was everybody's first. Uh, I was almost with Jason Steinberg because that was the first person I met in. in uh, yeah, because he was a nice guy, and he actually took took time took to say time hi to, to you and tape, pay attention to you. Come he, by the office. He was a really good guy, and he helped out. There's so many guys that are so successful in this business, and they wouldn't be where they were without Jason. Dave Chappelle, and they don't ever praise him for that. Like this guy found talent. He knew it like way before, except for me, and he was able to like Donnell Rollins. Yeah, he found so many Patrice. guys. Yeah, and uh, then who did I go? To? I went to Mosaic. I was with Jimmy Miller. Mosaic. I don't know that they one. They have uh, Jim Carrey, Will Ferrell, Sasha Baron Cohen. Oh, okay. Daniel Tosh, Sarah Silverman. Yeah, they have all those. Jesus Christ! Didn't work out for me. <laughs> you were in levity for a while. 
Cause of Levity, they, they have got a, a whole big stockpile of really successful people. <laughs> Do you see the trend? Wait, were you, so, like, this is how little I know about uh, management in L.A. Like, I remember someone, I got into a conversation with someone, they're like, you got to leave your manager. And I was like, I don't really know any other managers. Like, I'm cool uh, with my manager. Like, that's how, I it's, like, supposed, I like that's how it's supposed to be. I like, I like that I can text my manager. I can call my manager. Who are you with? Judy and uh, Judy Reg and Alex are like my team. Oh, they're great. Yeah. I, but like, Judy, I don't know Judy real well, but I like, I like Reg a lot. Reg is fucking fantastic. He is great. He really is. And I don't know if I know Alex. The reason, the re- uh, so when I got there, I was like, I just wanted to be with Judy. I, w- I was with Matt Schuler first. Oh, he's a good Matt guy. Matt split off and wanted to do his own thing. We haven't talked about one dick yet. What? Yeah. <laughs> they're like, they're all nice people. Yeah, oh, oh, I've never really had a bad experience. Even, but like, Barry is the. I did. With- I won't say who it was with, but it was really bad. Really? Really bad. Who? Like, like, I won't say it because I don't want to trash her, but it was. Trash her, uh, okay. All right. Uh, I've been with like four other companies too. In Australia, I've had the same guy from day one. I'm going to Australia for and the he's first fucking time. great. I know. I was supposed to. Didn't we talk about this? I was. Anyway, September um, September ninth uh, through yeah. through eleventh through eighteenth. Eleventh, you're gonna love it. It's so much fun. Uh, I'm hoping I sell tickets. You will. You will. Well. Trust me, you will. Because all the guys that do well over here are doing well over there. You'll sell a lot. Well. Um, and I'll do whatever I can to help you. Please, thank but, you. Uh, Did you see my promo video I shot? No, what is it? Of me sliding down that slide. Uh-uh, I haven't seen it this is my This is my new passion right now are these promo videos. This is, uh, like, I really have fun doing these fucking promo videos. It sounds so I stupid. I do a little weird stuff for mine, too, because I, uh, but I feel like such a sellout when I'm doing them. That's fucking um. So that's the. That's amazing. And then, oh, and then I got the. Did got you the know girls. you were going to fall off there? Uh, yeah, I kind of did. <laughs> and then I got the girls in there. And then that's the slow mo. Yeah, it's gotten good traction. I'm going to post it. I'm going to geo target on a Facebook. Do, by the way, th- if you're a you young, see comedy, what we're talking about yeah, right now. Is, by the way, dear uh, dear young comedy fan who's like, I, this is my passion. This is what we talk about. This is what comics talk about. I'm going to geo target it on Facebook so that it just plays to Perth, Sydney, yeah, Brisbane, yeah, yeah. And, and Melbourne. And then I'm going to put one large on Facebook so people can find it and share it, and it gets a lot of views. It's got like forty three thousand. Well, you want to get it, you want to get on the media's a lot in Sydney. Are you playing Melbourne at all? What Melbourne? Yeah, yeah. Melbourne. Melbourne? It's, that's how it's pronounced, and people give me shit for it, and it's like, do I say it like it's... And I'm like, would you say Worcester? You know, like I it's just Worcester. got into a fight with someone who said Worcester. Yeah, it's, it's Worcester. Same with... It's yeah. Melbourne. That's yeah. how they pronounce it, and that's... They like it. Yeah, I'm doing Melbourne. Yeah. Melbourne. Okay. Yeah, you'll do well. You'll do great. Um, Wait, but I want to tell you something else. Oh, I've just been with everyone, and there was one really bad one that, like... Uh, are we on film right now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. then I won't. I was going to sh- signal to you something. Just go like this and tell me like this. Go. Where's the camera? It's right there. What? Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But, so the person that was there is no longer there. Uh, I know who you're talking about. And it was a disaster. Like, I wanted to sue. Really? Because, oh, they they tried to fuck up my Australia shit. They tried to fuck up everything, and it was, um, it was just, it was, 
it was really tough because they just lied. So, like, they all look, they all want the best for you, and they all get excited, and they all try to build up your ego and get you, you know, thinking they're like they want to say. It's like a guy promising his girlfriend, I'm going to take you out this week. I'm going to, they're saying that stuff because they want to get you excited and listen to them and do their shit. And then you stay with them. And anytime they get a little bite, they feed it to you. So you get happy. But in the end, you know, like nothing's gone. You do it all yourself. The the thing, the thing that I wish I had known earlier was uh, a manager should work for you. Meaning you tell them this is what we're doing. Yeah. Uh, I think for a long time, I thought a manager will get you the work. And, and I think it was that way so, when we started. But older guys always tell me, too. They go, I'm like, holy shit, you know, I got to do this. And they're like, you're always going to do that. Like, yeah. guys that have, like, really successful TV shows have told me that. They're like, you, you're always going to be doing it. Like, you, like, they won't make a call. You're going to have to make that call yourself. So you got you to gotta do it all yourself. But, uh, fuck, I can't remember I was anything. At, I was at Levity, and I was with... Matt, Matt left. I stayed with Judy, and I said, "I don't want to work with anyone else. I just want to work with you." I think Reg was Judy's assistant at the time. He was becoming a manager, and I had a show at UCB, and then I had a show uh, right after that at uh, at the store at the at the Improv, and I need it was a tight turnaround, and I needed to make it over there. And Reg, Reg got was at the club at UCB, and then when the show ended, had a car. He had got an Uber. And he was outside in the Uber holding him there, outside UCB on Franklin, and got me in the car, and I took off, and I was like, okay, I'll work with that guy. Because that, yeah. that's exactly what you want a manager to do. I remember yeah. saying that I said to Judy. I was like, I was like, she was like, I'd like Reg to be your point guy. And I was like, yeah, that's t- I'll t- I can talk to that guy every single day yep. because he really gives a fuck about what. Yeah, like- I called there to, to book some comics once. And for something, and he called me back, and he was so accurate. Every I'm like, that's a good dude. That- hey, by the way, uh, I'll tell you this: when he answered the phones at Levity, I called up one time. This is right, this is 2009 when I did my uh, Comfortably Dumb special, and he answered the phone, and I said, "Hey, I'm looking for Matt Schuler, and I think." And he was like, uh, "Sure, hey Bert, this is Reg. I-, I watched your special; I really enjoyed it." And I was like, "Thanks." Never forgot that name. Mm. Mostly because I thought he was black. I tell. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? I- where, where do you get a white Reggie these days? I, I tell everyone that uh, I'm like, if you want to just get a comic to like you, tell them you like their act. Yeah. Like, I always hated New York in the beginning when I was young. And I think it's because I was arrogant. And I was just – and I just didn't think I needed anybody. And I was like, oh, these guys are – you know, and there's, they're kind of a dick to you because they're like, you're young and they don't give a shit. So I was always like that my whole life, like not very respectful we, to guys. We weren't, we weren't – there weren't many like us. Like our age yeah. and our um, – I'm, I'm, I'm not saying this arrogantly, but our, our age and our talent, comfortability on stage. Mm. Like you were either like, like – uh, Now like, there's millions. N- n- yeah. Because they all train on YouTube. Yeah, they just study me YouTube. and you came in, and, I, and by the way, I know that someone like Robert Kelly would hear this and be like, "What the fuck are you guys talking about?" <laughs> but like, me and you came in, and we were more comfortable on stage than we were funny. I think way more. So, so like, <laughs> so like, you get passed at a club because they're like, "Oh, this guy's got a lot of yeah, confidence. yeah." He's he's got confidence, and he's uh, he's young. You know, yeah. The, the whole thing was told to me when I was young. They're like, "Just keep being likable. Keep being." That's what they want on a sitcom. And the thing that they kept telling me, and it happened to me, I got deals and I got like, you know, all this stuff. And I was like, oh, they, then it started to be like, you're not funny. You're just this guy. And I just 
every time I walked into a comedy club, I'm like, they think I'm a fraud. They're all like, I remember I got in a fight with Rich Voss once because he just used to torture me. And one night I just snapped on him and I went, do you want to compare bank accounts? And it was like, by the way, Rich was probably 50 at the time and you were 22. Yeah, that's what it was. (laughs) And I, I've always been that like when people hurt me. I just go for the pancreas and, that's, and, and that's just why infect- I don't, I'm not good at roasts because I say the mean, hurtful thing. Same here. And it's not funny. And it's I do it out of like pain. Like you just hurt me and I don't realize they're being funny. Yeah. And I'm just so sensitive that I go back with something so hurtful and so mean. And I remember when I did that to Rich, he just looked at me like. Do you know who you're fucking with? Oh. I will destroy you. I, I, I went to his roast in New York. Oh, I it wish was really I great. I he heard was, it was amazing. Someone said to me the other day, they were like, uh, said something about Voss. It was a young comic and, and like who doesn't really know him and said something about Voss. Like, and I was like, I was like, wait, have you never seen Voss live? And he's like, no, he doesn't really do the city. And, you know, he's always out working like yeah. the road and stuff. To me, he's one of the funniest people the in the whole the, world. Dude, I, I would I, never say it to his face, and if somebody sends this to him, I'll fucking deny it and deny it and deny it. He is. I remember I when, love him. When, when we were in New York. Um, do, I don't know if you ever – did you ever see when Patrice would heckle him? And he, or he, Him and Patrice did a bit where they would go on stage and they'd heckle each other. And the, and the, I, I don't know if they were, like, <laughs> training for the road, but, like, it was fucking hilarious. And they pretend that they didn't know who it was. And Patrice would go, what do you do, sir? And, he's like, and, and Voss would be like, I'm a fireman. I save fucking lives. And Patrice would be like, yeah, well, I bet you. And it was just fucking insanely funny. That's uh, – when I go back to the cellar sometimes um, – I haven't been back to the cellar once. Uh, it's Jeff Ross gets on the stage and you know roasts people and brings a tell on. And if you want to see probably the most talented person in the world oh. when he roasts people, it's fucking amazing. I was back there one night and they're on stage and they're like, Eddie, come on, get up here with oh. us. And I went, No. <laughs> and I, very few opportunities why I pass up the chance to be in the spotlight. But I was like, No fucking way am I going on stage with these two. And doing what they do so well. I was oh. like, the audience would just be like, shut the fuck up and get off. There's nothing worse than feeling, than, than like in your book going, I'm contemporaries with these peers of mine. I'll hop up and the audience is like, who the fuck is this oh, guy? Oh. And you're like, never mind. Oh, I, when when I, I did Paul Provenza's show, The Green Room, which I love, which yeah. is a great show where all comics sit oh, on the couch. It was, I, I, I love that show. I, and I did... They called me and said, hey, so we booked you on the episode with Stanhope and Attell. And I went, please, please, please get me off that episode. And they go, why? It's going to be the best episode. You guys will be. And I go, no, it won't. I said, the people at home are going to watch and go, every time I open my mouth, they're going to go, would you shut the fuck up and let these two legends. Who else was on that? Uh, Glenn Wool. I think yeah. he was on their episode. Janine Groflo. Oh, yeah, Janine Groflo. And Richard uh, Lewis. No, not Richard Lewis. Dave, not David Brenner. Who's the other one? David Brenner. No, 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 no. David Brenner, Richard Lewis. And then there's another guy that... Guy's like, yeah. He, he's, on, he's on NYPD Blue or one of those. Oh, oh, I remember him. He's to, so disrespectful that I don't know his name right now because I do know him. Uh, I just... Fuck. It's it's uh, I know him I know you but he he's uh, that guy I, I wish I could remember his name 
I'll just Google it. Um, I've had this in my pocket all day, what? and it's ruining my life. <laughs> I've been looking at you trying to pull that it out. It has ruined my day. Um, this has gone into me, and it hurts. Fuck. He said, he said, this is where you know you're like, you'd made a good call not doing that episode. Um, he didn't know who Doug Stanhope was uh, and started shitting on Stanhope a little bit. Uh, uh, well, Jim Jeffries shit on uh, Paul Mooney, and it was really funny. Oh uh, yeah, because why would Jim know who Paul Mooney is? He, he Jim sort of Jim's pretty savvy when it comes to like uh, people's like who they are and everything. He just he, if he decides to stand up to somebody and go, he goes. Um, Jim's a really. Are you guys? How are you? Are you guys still cool? Uh, not after he did your show. <laughs> Why? What, what did he do on my show? You don't remember? No, hold on. I can't fucking stand that. Richard Belzer. 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 Richard Belzer. Belzer and Maya. The whole documentary. Yeah. Um, no, we'll get to the Jim thing. Uh, we don't really talk about it, but we're okay. But wait, what happened? He went what on your he... show and he said that I owed him money. Oh, that's right. And. He said, oh, when I left the show, he owed me all this money. And he said to me, when he left the show, he said, take my name off everything and give me half what's in the bank account. This is like podcasting's beginning days. And I was like, "Uh, okay, there's about two grand in the account. And we still owe money for packages and stuff. And we have to pay taxes. And we have to. And he's like, well, just give me half now. And I'm like, that's not fair because you're not. That's not your money. <laughs> and he goes, blah, blah, blah. So after I like did everything, I'm like, because I paid for the Libsyn account and everything, I'm like, he owes me money. Right. But so we had done all these ads because we were with Jay Moore's network, Fake Mustache. And I remember when you called me oh, about that. You were like, hey, what do I do? And all this, yeah, Jim wanted to go with Jay. And I was like, you know, I could kind of do this shit on my own. And Jim's like, no, let's just let him do it. And then Jay brought in this ad guy. I don't know where he found him, but the guy was a fucking scam artist. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not mad about this guy. Like, like, I just kept – he kept telling us. Like, I would talk to the guy directly. And he, guy came to one of my shows in Seattle, took me out for lap dances and everything. And I was like, oh, this was like to be in the corporate world. You know, some guy's taking me on lap dances. Yeah. And then the guy fucked me. Like – so we weren't owed forty grand. It wasn't we were owed eleven grand, and Jay can even vouch for this because uh, the guy just never paid up. Yeah. He just didn't pay his bills. He lied. He had a kiosk at the mall that had those like bracelets, you know, those like Are you rubber bracelets. And then he made an ad agency and sold ads for his shop, but then never paid the ad uh. agency. So then he told us that he was he was like, well, he told Jay he was like, Jay's like you. I, Jay's like, I looked it up. You own the you own the company, yeah. and uh, the guy's like, yeah, the company won't pay. So it was eleven grand. The guy never paid. And Jim's like, oh, I did all these ads. I, I said, don't talk to me. Talk to Jay about it. And uh, Jim's like, blah, blah, blah. so uh, no, I just got really mad when he went on and because uh, he went on this and Doctor Drew and said it on both. So I just called him and I said, let's straighten this shit out and. Uh, we're all good now, but um, Jay's dating Jeannie Bus. What? Yeah, I mean, I don't know, but allegedly, I just, what? I just came up. Uh, so funny because you do now what I used to do on talking shit. This is all the stuff I talk about, like everything you do. I don't know why I'm so protective now. Like I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like scared of talking about people. Oh, or, I don't mind. I don't look. I won't say anything bad. I have nothing no. I know, bad but I like. Jay. I no. I'm saying that I. I've become so – I think all this PC shit that's gone on, yeah. 
I've just been beaten down. Like, I'm just afraid to say that. stuff. Oh, I gave up. Uh, one of the one of the really cleansing things in my life was leaving Travel Channel. I'm not leaving. I don't know. By the way, I, I'm, I'm a man who speaks out of both sides of his mouth. I will tell you that what I said to my therapist when I decided that I didn't want to ride roller coasters anymore, and he said, "You need to say that to your. You need to say what you. You need to say exactly what you want to the president of the network." And I told her that, and then she decided not to renew my contract. So because they want you to scream on the roller coaster. I don't even know if they wanted me at all. To be honest with you, I, I don't know. I mean, I just know that I said I'm done riding roller coasters. I'm 43. I, I, can't, I can't do it. Do they need an, a guy that's a little bit older? Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. <laughs> they, uh, they, I don't know what they need right now. I, don't, I haven't really watched the Wasn't network Wasn't that a Christian much. channel, though? Uh, the company in general is yeah. a, is, is a, has, has a morality yeah. base well, to it. Or it just tries to make money off the people that claim to be moral. No, I think they're actually... I think the people that work for Scripps are actually pretty moral. Oh, they are? Yeah, they're like pretty legit. Cool people. I got to be honest with you. I miss that family, like the family at Scripps. It was so fucking cool. Like, I don't know how you did it with a family. Like, it, I, Every time I look, look at your shit, I'm like, oh, my God, he's in like Tanzania. Oh, my God, he's yeah. in here. He's I, in." I really fucked up. I, I mean, I got to be honest with you. Um, I would never change anything in my life the way it's gone, but I should have, I should have said uh, no to travel channel at, at some point and done less of it because so i really so that's a regret I, it is a regret because i feel like i missed the girl's childhood i missed everything wow yeah my regret is uh, i fucked my best friend's girlfriend oh i never regret that <laughs> shit <laughs> i never regret I'm that i'm just shit. kidding i didn't all my best friends right now if they're yeah. listening they're like what, what you mean? <laughs> no I, I mean i feel like you know it was really cool i had some amazing life experiences so how much did you miss I missed uh, just about every school play, school function. I missed a lot. And in your head, were you doing it for you like, or were you doing, doing it, it for them? In my head, I was doing it for us. I was yeah, like, like, this family. is how we make money. Yeah. And I need to make money. I want to make sure that – because, you know, as a comic, it's feast or famine. So you're like, I just, I'm making money. I want to make as much money. Yeah, because you don't uh, know my when buddy quit. Tom said to me – not uh, my buddy Tom Hayslip said to me the other day, he goes – Hey man, you gotta you gotta make the hay while it rains or while it grows. Yeah, seriously. Like right now, everything you have got a really good career right now, and I would just fucking step on the gas. Don't don't glide. And so, and so yeah, and so I think uh, I, I mean I don't know. I, I I think everything works out for a reason. It was some really. Yeah. I but, think maybe there's a one man show in it about traveling the world. I think uh, I always thought you were a guy like you hit it real quick and then it like slowed down a bit. And I always thought you were just going to be the guy that just the Kevin Hart like it wasn't going to stop. It was just steamrolling for you. I w- and I'll I tell was, you what. And I can- I'll be honest. I was weirded out by how it stopped because then I look at myself and I'm like, oh, oh, this can happen. Like it can it can. Re- and it, it for me, it's really like I went through a real fucking valley and I. I don't know if it, I kind of went through a valley of like, I think I got a little more zen. Like I, I, I was traveling a lot, but not not big money. I mean, not big money. I was doing these tours, but all around the world and stuff. And I was kind of liking it. And then I started getting panic attacks from from weed or whatever it was. I don't smoke much weed, but every time I would, and then the anxiety came without it. I remember I asked you once. I go, "What do you do to to not get anxiety?" And you go, "Have kids." And uh, <laughs> so. So, but I started surfing a lot and like, yeah. and then I just started going, I just want to have fun. Like, 
that wasn't fun. You know, like uh, it was fun in the beginning, but then it just got to be like, I'm a grown man. I'm going to these fucking clubs, kissing ass. I'd rather just go to the beach and hang out. And now I'm kind of getting this weird, like, like I just did the surfer awards last year, like their their big award show. It was like, it's like being at the masters. If you're a golfer and, and, and I got to open the show and then now I'm doing a, I, I just was with, uh, one of the top pro surfers in the world in Surfer Magazine. Ooh. And they're going to have Albie Layer. He's, uh, yeah. he's uh, a big wave surfer and also a free, free surfer. Like the first guy to do a 720. Like he's fucking amazing. And uh, I don't know if I should talk about that. Uh, no one surfs. Um, but they're talking about doing it. Uh, maybe I shouldn't talk about it. Uh, Don't talk about it. It's cool. It's a cool little article they're going to do on. Oh, for real? Yeah. Um, but it's cool. Like I get to go hang out with like pro. Like I. It, I go surfing with pro surfers and I suck, you know, I'm like the equivalent of a golfer who's, you know, like a 25 handicap, you know, like yeah. I just get out there and I ride a shortboard and I can rip down, like I am hammer down the so, wave. but I grew up surfing and I am so bad now. And I think, I think I'd be better now, but when I was at my heavy, I was at 265. It's so hard when you're heavy. It's, it you was just got to so, ride a big board. I was, it was still hard for me then because my fulcrum, like where my body was, the weight. I've seen just, some big dudes. Ugh, I wish I could. I, no, but I was used to surfing as like a small, oh, yeah, like and, a, a fucking yeah, 160, yeah, 170. Yeah. yeah, and also Florida waves, which is a big Florida waves are then. totally different. Like really, there's, I really feel like there's no, they, they're all fucking, they all just collapse on you. Yeah. Like well, you barely there, sell there's them. There's not, only hurricane waves you get. Uh, someone's going to get, you're one of those shows. Rogan's one of those shows. Doug Benson. I did Doug Benson's yeah. show tonight. Those shows that I'm just like, oh, shit. I just, please don't go on YouTube and go, you know, Florida gets 16 oh, no, no, days. No. Of- I, the, I, the, the relationship I have, I've met, I've met, I feel like, all my podcast <laughs> listeners. And first of all, all of surprisingly, like, I feel like I know them. Yeah, um, I feel the same way. And surprisingly, a lot of women that I never expect. I don't get that. I never expect women. I don't get that at all. A lot of women. Um, a shocking amount of black women. Like I get zero of that. I'm, but it's but it, well, what it is is it's people that found me on Rogan that liked me, and then they're like, I'll check him out. Like Rogan really casts a wide net. Yeah, and so and I think I, I'm just so goofy. I've really been thinking about this a lot lately about comics because there's such a, a vein of like stay on your track because I got I oh yeah I drove home last night from Tahoe. I made. I was listening to Rogan to stay yeah. awake, and while I was driving, I was listening to this awesome. I forget who he was talking to. It was, I mean, I do know Gad Matt. Gad saw. Did Gad he? Sad. Did he say he'd buy him a plane ticket home? I don't know, but oh, someone's telling me about that the other day. But anyway, uh, my wife then took over the driving a little bit, and she listened to it, and, she, and she's like not into podcasts, not in, and not at all. And I've been doing it for fucking as long as I've known her. Yeah, she's like. That was so interesting. She's like, that Fuck. was amazing. And I was sleeping. And I go, I-, I drove for a while, listen, then I slept for I go, what were they talking about? She goes, oh, my God. They were talking about physics. And then they got into politics. And then they talked about comedy. And I'm like, yeah, I've been fucking trying to get you to listen to this shit forever. Yeah. And Rogan's also, I, what I like is I feel like the American public's getting dumber. But Rogan's. Popular, like his listeners are getting more intelligent. No, you, yes, like you know way, what he did. You know what he did that I, I'm I really. Respect. And I, I'm sorry for interrupting. No, because I interrupted you. But I know oh, because oh, I no, know I people listen. Yeah. And you and I, it's like a fucking, it's like a tennis game, and we got two balls going. Yeah, and um, we do have two balls going. Yeah, yeah, and so I know listeners are going. 
Would you guys fucking finish that story? Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so my manager. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. Okay, let me finish the story there. Someone said I should leave my management company. I said I only know three managers, Barry Catch, Judy, and Dave Becky. That's it. That's all I know of managers. I don't know any other manager. Uh, and, and Brian Hussein's wife's a manager. I know that. <laughs> um, uh, my fans are not. I, I sometimes we, You should get a note taker for our show. And just be like. And go back to this one. Go back to this one, yeah. and I'm high right now, so yeah. it's not helping. <laughs> and I just and I, I have to uh, that half of a Tito's is just righted my boat so good. I had to watch a, a movie with the girls today, and I wanted to take a nap, and they kept waking me up, going, "Dad, this is the funny part." I was like, "What Whoa. movie?" Uh, Storks. By the way, shout out to the girl who played. Uh, by the way, shout out to Jesus and Miro for me saying shout out. Uh, but shout out to the girl who played uh, the fucking thing in Storks. She's fucking amazing. By the way, young lady, I say young lady because I'm sure she's 22 years old. She looks really young. Um, she's an alt comic out of New York. Oh, really? Cool. Um, her name is this girl's such a good Katie Crown. Do you know her? No, but I've always felt like the alt comics. I got to be honest. I feel like the alt comics are better actors. A hundred percent. And that they all do come from like. And this is going to sound crazy, and I, I've. So much that I've talked. My best friend, uh, one of my best friends, it's a comic, lives in Australia, and we have these long conversations at night, like on Facetime, and when I'm driving, like I'll and we'll just talk comedy, everything, and so we've theorized everything, and I believe people talk about what's the difference between mainstream and alt comedy, and I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, and I could probably be criticized for this, alt comics seem a lot like private school kids. Whereas mainstream comics are the public school kids, yeah. where the mainstream comics had to make a dollar, where the alt comics were like – or or the other theory is that they're just a little more um, uh, – less alpha, where the, where the mainstream comics are like, I want to make money. That's how I'm going to sh- throw it in your face and I'm going to show you that I make lots – I sell lots of tickets, where the alt comics were a little more creative like – I don't care about money, but that I don't care about money comes from a private school background a little bit yeah. because I came from – it's weird. I grew up in a very wealthy neighborhood, but I went to public school and there were private school kids. So you always felt like you know, second-class citizens to the private school kids. Yeah. And so you see that kind of – and when I moved to New York and I started like doing comedy, I went out to the alt rooms in the beginning – I remember and that. Like, and what, was were like, the, what were the rooms back then? It was uh, uh, Luna Lounge. Luna Lounge, Collective Unconscious. Collective Unconscious. Um, Surf uh, Reality. Luna or uh, uh, Rebar. Yeah. And I went to these places and I just didn't feel like I fit in. I'm like, oh, they, dude. they won't accept me. The only person that ever made me feel comfortable at those rooms, you know, you know what I'm going to say. Ugh. Brody Stevens. Oh, Brody was awesome. Brody was always made me feel comfortable because he was a jock, but he was such a – and so he, he'd, he'd like sense out jocks. He just paid attention to you. You he know, just what I mean? was, he was just nice. Yeah, he was nice, and a lot of guys weren't. So a lot of so guys I weren't work- nice, dude. I saw Faceboy. Do you remember, I remember Faceboy? That guy? I saw Faceboy, Faceboy. and uh, <laughs> and I was shooting something for Travel Channel, and he's shooting something on the street, and like shooting like a d- yeah. thing. Yeah. And I saw him, and I went, "Hey, man, you're Faceboy." He said, "I am." 
I said, my name's Bert. When I, I started doing comedy, like, you know, I'm, at the time it was like, probably 16 years ago, I went and I used to go to your show at Surf Reality, and I used to get up there, and I just, you know, you were always really nice. He was a really nice guy. I said, I just want to say hi, man. And he's like, oh, that's really cool. And then he goes, hey, man, we're shooting something. Can you call me a faggot? And I was like, I was like, no, I can't. I was like, because I, I know that's going to be used out of context, and all you're going to see is travel channel yeah, host yeah, calls yeah. Uh, Moby lookalike faggot. <laughs> Doctor Jen was that that girl's name? The girl with the the the, the pointy ears. ears. I never got that. Yeah. You know, that was also maybe the other. I grew up kind of. I wasn't. I wasn't a great athlete by any means. I actually, but I mean, I did really well in sports. I had like I was freakishly good in one sport. I was a runner. I was a hurdler. Oh, yeah. And uh, I, like, good enough to get recruited to college, not good enough to, like, run in the Olympics or fucking anything yeah. like that. But I was also a sprinter, which is weird. I was white. But all my friends were jocks, and then I got to New York, and I'm like, oh. But I was funny, and I was the, like, loser of my friends that made everyone laugh. Yes. And I'm like, wait, all these guys, the alt guys weren't in my group. And I, I made it to the cool group, but I was more like them. So, hey, can you let me back in? And they're like, no, you can't come back in. You, you went over to the jocks. You stay with the jocks. And I think that, like, I think if there was a, uh, any kind of sporting uh, event where it's mainstream versus alt, I think mainstream would win in every event. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, there's, well you know, it's, it, mm. I remember. I remember going mainstream into those, comics get pussy. Mainstream <laughs> comics, by the way, and, and I'll say this: there aren't any. Uh, I mean, maybe I can't, not, I can't say ever, but like the majority of mainstream comics, including Rogan, as alpha as he is, he's the most are, alpha man in the world. But but he was. He, I think he had a rough childhood. Yeah, so I like think he's all of us, about all of us had. Yeah. yeah, all of us had some common denominator yeah. that made us want to be comics. And, but so it's funny that there is within comedy all these cliques and people outcast people, and it's like at the end of the day, I'll never forget that. Did you ever see when Stan Hope wrote the letter to Dane Cook, the open yep. letter to Dane uh, Cook? No, maybe the greatest thing that's ever been written for real. For real, open letter to Dane Cook, and in it, he said after he he criticized Dane because Dane. Uh, insinuated that Doug was jealous of him, and and so it, Doug gave a really good argument about how he wasn't jealous. You know that he, but at the end he said, at the end of the day, if I walk into a comedy club and I see Dane there and I see you guys, meaning the people reading this, I'm gonna walk over and talk to Dane instead of you because we're all comics and July, we've all been June ninth, two thousand nine is when he run. I wonder how, if I could read this. Oh, it's so amazing. Uh, it said a lot of shit that I think a lot of people felt at oh, the time. Such a bad open read. I know everyone right now is like, just read it. I'm in the car. Read it. I'll read the beginning and see if it... If, if it I'll tell you if you should move forward. It wrote, one final word on, about, and to Dane Cook intermittently. Or why I like Dane Cook better than you. Yep, that's that. <laughs> you gotta love Doug. Uh, He's just such a fucking. It's amazing. It would take a lot for me to write about Dane Cook now that even mentioning the name draws yawns in comic circles and in most circles as well. <laughs> but, 
But now it has to do with me. Me, 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 me. And I love to write anything that has to do with me on some, some underwhelming level. I found this interview that Dane did where he says, there's a lot of cynical, jealous guys. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to go name names, but I know some of the names that you want to ch- – this is why I, my audiobook is so fucking good because I can't fucking read. And I do this the entire time I do my audiobook. Really? And I just stop and talk to the fucking editor and I go, man, I am fucking losing my in shit. In your book. In my audiobook. That's hilarious. I don't make any money off of it, so I'm not promoting it. <laughs> Steal it. I made two grand off my audiobook. Oh, and then they make the money. They make a fucking dick Don't off that Don't fucking audio. buy Someone it. Someone steal it. Someone steal my audiobook. Put I did not Allegedly. I'm not saying someone really steal it, but if you do steal it. No, no, just Trump just, said it. He said Russians help out and get, find, release yeah. Hillary shit. You can say it. Yeah, so uh, put it on YouTube. I'd like to check it out. I uh, want it for free. I'm not going to buy it. If, I wasn't basically buy it saying, I'm not going to write name names, but if you want to know the names that you want to check, all you have to do is look at their careers. You have to look at where they end, where they're at end, and what they're... Yeah, I'm not going to read this out loud. Ooh. Yeah, it's good. He names Rogan. Before I get to my point, let's stop here for a moment. I think I might have been... It might have been Rogan that said in an interview, someone said it, that there's a lot of comedians who make it really big and are actually respected and congratulated by their peers. Chris Rock. Name two comics of any merit who don't like Chris Rock. You can't. Who doesn't like Dave Chappelle? One of my personal heroes, and I can't name a comedian that I've heard say bad things about him in 19 years of this business. How about Jon Stewart? Fucking brilliant for a long, long, long time and no spite from the comedy world whatsoever. So why no backlash from other comedians? Because comics know the difference between craftsmanship and repeatedly hitting oneself in the face with pies. (laughs) By the way, I'm a mix of both. (laughs) I'm definitely a pie smasher. That's that's yeah, not why. I'm but you like, know why you're not a pie smasher? Because I put you in this category, Bert. You do some things that are like gimmicky, but gimmicky and like brilliant. Gallagher, when he smashed watermelons, yeah. that first night, I say this all the time. If you were in that comedy club, the first night he smashed watermelons, oh. you were fucking hitting the ceiling. Every even the most alty fucking comedy nerd. Like a comedy enthusiast was going, this is genius. This is the great. Now, if the next night he never did it again, people would talk about the night Gallagher brought out the watermelon, smashed the shit out of him after every punchline. Maybe I'll smash a watermelon while I tell the machine story next time. (laughs) So, 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 (laughs) but he just did it every night then. Yeah. Every night. What you need to do is you need to go back to Russia. Yeah. Do it all again. And just be like, I'm going a, back to Russia to try to rob a train. And have a whole <laughs> I'm doing it. I'm, guys, I'm going back again. In the same interview, Dane was quoted as saying, it's funny because there's another name. Why can't I read what Dane says out loud? Because it hurts you. Because it, it's funny because there's another name of another guy that's maybe one of the mo- most vocal guys. After my mom passed away, this guy wrote me the first email that I got. He said, I remember you talking about your mom at this spot that you and I were in at one time on a show together. I want to say how sorry I am. I knew she meant a lot to you. And as far as as far as some of the backlash and some of the things people are saying, it's all a game. He admitted to me he embraced it simply to satisfy his fans. I'm behind the scenes, and I know the real deal of some of these things people are saying. Can I paraphrase what you're saying? Because yeah, I yeah, remember yeah, yeah, it yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he basically was saying uh, that 
the comic called him. Dane was saying all these comics that say they're you – know, or these comics that are jealous of me. I even know it's true because one of the ones that's so vocal about it called me after my mom died and was like, hey, man, it's just a game. But he goes on to say, no, he meant this whole business. Everything's a game, not like – my criticism of you is still valid. Yeah. And this is how I – I'm not what doing – What Dane was saying is that Doug was doing it to satisfy his fans. Yes. And, his, and, and, and Doug was saying, I don't do this for the fans. I do this because I'm just being honest. This is what Doug wrote. The comedian yeah. question was me. The only email has – only the email has been gently misquoted just enough to make it change from being a kind word to fitting his agenda. That's a cruddy thing to do. I found this email that I sent, and this is exactly what, it's, what I sent. Dane. Just read in an article that your mother passed away. I remember how you and I would call our mothers after the show in San Francisco in 95. So, regardless of all the dog shit that is show business, I know how that is real. My sincerest condolences. The rest is just a game. Stan Hope. That's it, Dane. This is Doug. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> this is good. That's it, Dane. If you somehow read into this that I embraced the repercussions against... You only to satisfy my fans. You have keen glasses on, sir. <laughs> I love you, Doug. Fuck. Uh, my brain does not think. I the can't way. believe you've not read this. I can't. I know. This is when you know when somebody gets really famous really quickly, and everybody's either everybody either jumps on the bandwagon really quickly to fucking put it out. You know, like yeah, we're not letting you get famous, or they all get scared and won't say the truth. Yeah. And everybody just hides. This is well. Everybody was kind of like, "Wow!" Like you know, this somebody should do a documentary on his fame. I would do it at on the who Dane. Yeah, and they should do that at the same time they do the MySpace movie. Oh, Barry said the fucking shittiest thing to me on my podcast. I go, "Yeah, I'm supposed to do a podcast with Dane, but he just doesn't have the time." He goes, "Buddy, everyone has the time. He doesn't want to do it." And I was like, "Wow!" I was like, "Okay." It's a good point, though. It is because I live uh, in my neighborhood. Weirdly, I live in a like. Uh, it's a very humble. I, I, but I, hang on one second. I, I I disagree with Barry because nope. I do I do think I can't imagine Dane isn't busy. I'm yeah, busy. Oh, I'm sure he's busy. I'm busy. You're busy. You can make the time for anything, and it's how you prioritize. Like I was saying, I I live in this neighborhood. that's a very humble kind of neighborhood. It's like weird. It's like it's like millionaire. Then yeah. lifeguard, then then rock star, then fireman. It's just it's a it's like a I don't know. It's like mountain men, and so I've got a couple friends up there that are like super famous, and I'm amazed at the time they can give. I feel like the more successful and more famous you get, the more you make your time because you're not you're not doing all the shit. You're just like. Everybody's doing it for you. I think if you have, I, th- I definitely will say, if you have a drinking problem, it time becomes more hard to accommodate. I find that when I when I drink less, I get a lot more shit done. I feel like when I drink less, I'm less successful. How about that? Oh, when I drink less, I'm more successful. See, here's what happens to me: when I don't drink, I'm like a dry drunk, and I'm bitter and angry, oh, really? and uh, and I'm on edge. And I'm my wife just made me go to meditation. Because she's Ooh, like, you're I fucking like out that. of your mind right now. Like, I'm so stressed about this tour. And she goes... When's the tour start? Wednesday. Wednesday? I don't have air conditioning in the bus. The bus broke well, down this morning. How long does the tour last till? 20 days. It's like 13 states. Um, yeah. And it's uh, it's just brutal. And... Uh, Sweet. Is, can I find the tour online? Yeah, yeah. It's at, it at? Eddieift.com. 
But uh, and we're taking this bus. We bought the bus for ten grand. Ten grand. I love that. By the way, you've been in it, bus. And I think, and I can say this because you, too, because you're my friend. I think you got in your way, in in your own way, with that bus. I always get my own way. I liked what you initially said to me, and and I. I hope they got that on camera. Yeah. Do you know what you just did? No. What I do? (laughs) You pulled your hat on. Oh, for real? (laughs) Um, That was the worst thing ever. Okay. I love that you had that bus and you were like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do my podcast out of the bus. I'm going to come to your house. And then all of a sudden it's like, it just, it, it, I, I, there so many things you do that I go, wait, why are you doing that? Like you go, I'm getting rid of talking shit. I'm getting rid of all the, I'm, I'm ending that podcast. And then you were like. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna sell it to Skylar Stone or something, and then you're like, all right, I'm gonna. <laughs> I never sell to Skylar. What, what, you did something like that, or right? No. How come I can't find your fucking website, Eddie? Eddie if oh, I got com. It. I got it. Um, so the idea was, my wife kicked talking shit out of our house uh, because talking shit, by the way, is the first place I ever saw someone put a finger in someone's urethra. That that fucking podcast was chaos. It was it was akin to a morning show. But imagine if there was no uh, program director saying, "Hey guys, you can't do that." It was Mexican radio. We had coke people doing cocaine on the air, like yeah. multiple occasions. Just like right, I feel like I. That's one thing I'll always be mad at that I never got enough credit for that show. What's that? We beer boarded people. I sent a guy across the country with twenty dollars yeah. and had fans pick him up it and was, drive him across it, it the was, country. You were really doing something <laughs> super inspired. We um, jerked off in bags. <laughs> yeah. We, never, and you wonder why Jim wanted his name off the show. <laughs> that was Jim's idea. I know. Um, All right. There was one time the on Halloween. We went to a haunted house. We went to where the Black Dahlia murders were. And I go, I go. Okay, here's what we're gonna do. Our one guy worked. Our intern worked for Knott's Berry Farm. Yeah. I go. Dress up in the scariest fucking like it, the the murder was a surgeon. I go dress yourself as like a scary fucking murdering surgeon. We'll do the podcast from there. We'll sit. And so I invited Tiffany Haddish. By the way, legit movie star now, which legit is well deserved. Movie, a hundred well deserved. So I've said it all her. along. Yeah, and so she's fucking proud of her. From day one, super talented. That everybody wrote her off because she is too personable. And so proud of her. Great. So. So I'm like, Tiffany, come do it. And Tiffany always did my show. I go, come do my show. We're going to this haunted house. And she's like, okay. So we just led her around the house telling her like all the horrible murders that happened. And then we had her lie in this hot tub that had mirrored ceiling. And we're like, hey, this is actually where the girl got murdered. And if you look in that mirror, you can see the image of her sometimes they say the ghost of her shows up in the mirror and then sometimes you'll see the ghost of the the guy that killed her the surgeon and we all leave the room and we have him run in with blood all over his face oh my god (laughs) and she freaked the fuck out and like every episode i was like what can we who can we leave in the woods how can we get the the everything what did you did you see that what what, what was why what was the we reason gay, of stopping the podcast the, we had a gay hot dog eating contest where like i had them all the interns eat hot dogs while watching gay porn all right let's let's get to the let's get to the nuts and bolts of it what what were the downloads like when it was you and jim uh, so, was were they increasing so, so jim and i we ended up with uh 
uh, Jim and I were getting at our peak about, and this is when no one was getting. No numbers. one was podcasting, really. So we were getting about 65,000 a week. That's great. Which was good numbers. Yeah, that's especially, what year is this? This is 2007, uh, 2009? No, 2000, probably 10. No, even, yeah, 2010. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, 2010. And then, Jim Jeffries, everybody, is who we're talking about. And then Jim left, and we lost. I said to the guys, I go, we're going to lose half our audience. Jim if, got, if Jim not got more. married Legit. to that girl. He got married, and he got a TV show. And he wanted to do the TV show. And he or he was doing the TV show, and he wanted us to, uh, to uh, bring the show to his house. And I said to him, uh, my argument was, I go, Jim, you got to understand this house is like a character. Like, if we go to your house... You'll kick us out at night because he would. He'd be yeah. like, my wife got to sleep, blah, blah, blah. I said, it's part of the dynamic. And you don't, And I, I kind of see it like I think I was more of a producer director. And I was like, you don't realize this is like a clubhouse. And guys can walk in and out the door. Everybody's got a key. You know, there's people sleep. Andy Dick would be upstairs asleep or Nick Swartz and, you know, and yeah. people just throwing up in the kitchen. And I said, you take it out of here. It all cha- the whole dynamic changes, and he was like, uh, "I'm very busy," and I was like, "I know you're busy, and like you got to jump on your opportunity when it happens, and and you know your career's on fire, but why ruin this?" And he was like, "Ride my coattails, ride my coattails," and I was like, "I, I like my art, like I like what I'm yeah. creating," and uh, so he left, and we he did about 130 episodes. We ended up doing 500, 499. I want to say that's where I met him. Probably, probably. I met him on your show. Like I, you I, probably were on. No offense, but like we didn't do anything that crazy. Nothing. We did nothing. Like Segura was there. We jerked off into bags. Um, yeah. Like we had a race to see who could come quickest. Um, oh, I would have won that. And density. Oh, density. Like how much? Oh, in yeah, the bag. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so then, so then Jim left, and then where? Jim did the- left. Kept doing it. Then I got engaged. Mary, my wife was like. She moved into my house. She was I like, remember being, oh, yeah. I remember doing the podcast when your wife was there and her mom was there. Yeah, and they end up like – it's life changes. Yeah. And so then my wife got pregnant and she's like, we're not living in Venice anymore. So I moved the podcast to a bar. It was just, it was just all shitty. So I said, let's, let's get it. Let's, I'll get a studio and we'll keep this, this fucking crazy shit going. And then I looked at least like rent – Rental in Venice, oh, and it was so expensive. So expensive that I went. Let's get a mobile one. That way, I can go to people's houses. By the way, this is one of the best ideas I've ever heard kicked around. And so you you do a Kickstarter for the Bingo Bus. Yeah. I have you on my podcast to promote it. Yep, yep. You did. You guys you did. Really I, and I don't know it. if I thanked everybody enough, but like that's how that stuff happened. No, but like, I, but here's the thing: I don't give a fuck about. I don't give a fuck about what it can do for me. I go, this is badass. This so, is a badass idea. So I know where you're going because I heard you talk about it. And here's I've, what, I've talked about this. I've been vocal. Here, I didn't like that you would brought it to networks. So I was like, he, fuck he, them. They don't get it. Here, I agree with you. But here's where I fucked up. I want, on, everyone listening, Eddie did a Kickstarter. If you didn't hear the first podcast we did together, we're about to pour another drink. Um, he did a Kickstarter to raise money for a bingle bus. Bingle, when he was growing up, was the word that they called the special needs kids. No, no, it's farts. Farts. Oh, farts. Yeah, And we yeah, weren't yeah, allowed yeah. to swear in my house, which has made me like probably the filthiest person in the world. Yeah. And so I think it's – so iTunes kicked us off for saying shit all the time. They yeah. would kick us off – or cunt. We got in trouble for cunt a lot. And um, so I think it's like childish when people censor words. 
So I thought it's really funny if I go back to like my childhood yeah. name of farts, which is Bingle. But it's, it's a it's a it's a uh, short bus. It's a short school bus with short school bus, but it's, but like, it's pimped out with cameras, uh, audio, yeah, so that it was basically a roving mobile podcasting studio. studio. And so what happened was the goal was oh I got all this money. Like, we did a 24-hour telethon. I called Mormons to come over. I had Mormons that I tried to convert. We had, you name it, like, everything that could go on in 24 hours went on. And uh, I, what happened was we got the money. We got, like, 65000 or something. And then I ended up literally putting in, like, 30000 more dollars myself. And I don't know where it is, but... People forget, like every month I've had that costs insurance, costs all the all the all these different bills, and it's crazy expensive. And uh, what happened was I put so much into the bus rather than put it into the show. What I should have done was go, let's just fucking record with a Zoom recorder in the bus and go to the people's houses in in like don't even take out the seats. But I made it beautiful because. In my head, I thought, okay, as soon as I did, too, all these production companies were like, we want to fucking sell it. We, uh, I think I introduced you to uh, Bud Brutzman. Uh, yeah. Which one? Uh, Rogan's buddy. I met with 20 different production companies. 20 different production companies said, we want to work with you. Then we went to the networks. We shot the pilot. We went to the networks. And... Uh, Every single person was like, we can't put this on the air. Like, you guys are in the pilot. I have Jason, who I pick on constantly. I truly did this. I had him go on the street, and he and I are in this constant fight over he wants to be serious, and I want to joke. Yeah. And he thinks he's an intellectual, and he's the farthest thing from it. Yeah. So he wanted to talk about ISIS, and I was like, okay, you can go do ISIS interviews. So then I hired... Uh, actors that look like Homeland Security to arrest him while he was interviewing people saying that he was recruiting for ISIS. (laughs) And he stood up to them. What's he doing now? Is he still on the... He's got a a coffee cart that he's building and he's he's driving an Uber. (laughs) Oh, I'd love to be in his Uber. Oh my God. Put a fucking gun in my mouth. Um, so then, so then you, you don't sell the pilot. Then what do you, and then you sell the bus. The pilot, it, Look, you know how they go. It could yeah. sell fucking eight months from now. Look, the, the whole point, my, my point is these days, I stopped waiting for people. Oh. Because I was like, like I, I'm do, I sold a TV show to, uh, I sold a TV show to uh, a lady, a company, a, a number of people, but, um, and it was just a show. The only reason I was like, I was like, in my head, I go, I sell a couple of those, yeah, and then I just always got them on the back burner, you know. Like I, I got it, I got them going. I got another one, uh, right, at right. Funny or Die, that just a back burner. Start shooting it, and uh, and you know, just, it's like it's 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 like, hey, I'm not going to be out of the business. But my other side of my thought is, hey, I can do everything myself and just put it out and get fans to watch it and sell tickets. Like anyone listening to this podcast, they are grateful that they for two things. Number one. And there's an open, honest conversation. I have more of those seltzer waters down there if you need more. It's an open, honest conversation. Number two, it's free. 
It's free and it's yeah. easy. It's great. And the, the censorship is what. There's I, no censorship. They censored us so much, even on the internet in the beginning. Like, there were so many times we had to apologize. We had to apologize to a porn company once. Well, like, you, guys, you guys really did some innovative things. Like, I remember you guys explaining how to, what was it, front load Google? Oh yeah, do a Google, uh, Google bomb, Google bomb. Yeah, there. Uh, look, I just sat around all day long and I thought, who's the most interesting person I can find? Who's the craziest person? And I'm still doing that with the Bingle Bus. We're going like we did the first show. We had Bob Zamuda. The second show, we have Tony Clifton. Oh, uh, someone just told me about a Bob Zamuda interview where he loses his fucking shit. That was us. Was it you? We had to, we had to delete a lot of it. Oh really? Um, and then we went. And so the agreement was we got to go interview Tony Clifton. I did that on Friday. And uh, like on Wednesday, I have Michael Franti from Spearhead. Uh, uh, you don't know Michael. Fr- and there's the sound of sunshine coming down. Oh. oh. <laughs> it's like my gay music that I uh, watched. Uh, I'm all over Catcher right the show. It's, uh, oh, don't play it because we can't fucking air it on YouTube. Even Just- They'll ban the whole thing? Yeah. Don't they... Rogan they told, find any music. But I thought they, like, they run it through a fucking. I know. I went out. This is a true story. And people like when I, people think I lie a lot. People <laughs> always think I lie. I get when I do a Rogan show, everybody's like, he lied, he lied. And I'm like, I'll show you the clip. I went yeah. to high school with the fucking guy. One night I got this friend, Timmy Ionella, who's a nightclub owner here and was here in Hollywood. And he knows a lot of guys. He's like, hey, come on. We're going out. And I was doing a show at the Irvine Improv. We're going out with my buddy. His buddy was like this fucking multi-millionaire dude that had this house and we went to a strip club had this house in newport beach or something yeah we went to his house he created the software for the networks that that does trademark infringement for real finds that shit and part of me was like oh good you know because you're saving us money but part of me is like ah now i can't put anything on the internet so you're yeah i'm always blown away by people that uh like i never understood the guy in high school who would be like, that's a lie. This is a lie right now. I'd be like, dude, it's a good story. Stop it. You're fucking killing his momentum. I hate. Well, we I don't had, like I don't like I don't like thievery. I don't like lying in a deceitful manner. I don't like blatant lying that is just like so like we we're comics. We embellish. Dude. And it's part of what we do. One of my favorite things is to tell a story to Segura and watch tell a story in front of him. And watch him go. First of all, that didn't happen. <laughs> and then go, but like, but like, it's it's you know, it's like, like it's just such a fun. Like I, I just I love a good story, and it's like so do I. And I think once you're a comic and you understand somebody's personality as a comic, there is this like artistic liberty that you give them that you're like, this is embellishment, this is exaggeration. Yeah. Of course, it wasn't a hundred million dollars. Of, like you're you're exaggerating, and we get it because that's what you're doing because that's yeah. your, for comedic effect. And if you're an intelligent person, you know that the exaggerations are not the exaggerations you think they are. For instance, I had a night. I think you might have introduced me to these people, or maybe which is why I actually give Donald Trump a little liberty yeah. <laughs> in the grabber by the pussy. As much as I hate, like the whole never mind, but like. I've heard that, like, as much as everybody goes, I've been in locker rooms, which I've said, I've even said this against Trump. I've said horrible things about women. I've never said, I just go up and grab her in the pussy. I thought back and I'm like, yes, I've, 
I've heard tons of guys oh, yeah. make jokes like, and then I took her back to my room and raped her. <laughs> and you're like, oh, I gave her the moxkin. That's one know, finger in, two fingers in. Yeah, you one kn- finger in a dick, and then it's just a dick. But you know, the guy's not like. And then I took her back to my room. Yeah. And I raped her. Because <laughs> if he way, said it way, like the that, one time I did hear someone tell a story that did sound like rape. <laughs> everyone fucking spoke up. The only time in yeah. my life, the like, and I've heard I've heard horrible stories. I've heard locker room talk my whole life, jokes, yeah, yeah. whatever. Um, I did hear one time in college some guy tell a story, and it sounded like rape. And oh yeah, and everyone was like, "Dude, oh, I, yeah. I think you might have raped her." Yeah, and everyone spoke up, and then, and by the way. Everyone's opinion of that guy changed. Yep. And and I know for a fact I talked to that girl about it, was like, hey, are you okay? She was like, what? And just totally played it off. And I was like, I guess I didn't have the right approach. Oh, but yeah, I was like, so many girls. And by the way, that's 1992. Oh, that was back in college. Yeah, that was in college. And oh, I remember, holy shit. Um, like, I've never been for rape. Like, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. I don't across think, the I don't board. Think I, yeah, I grew up with sisters, and I never was like – even I was in a fraternity, and only once did I see a guy be like, kind. We were all like, you know, you'd like hide in a bedroom when someone was like hooking up. By the way, yeah, yeah, yeah. I high school, that was like that was like that was normal boy behavior when I was yes. in high school because the movies we grew up on were uh, Pretty in Pink, Sixteen Candles, all which yeah, have yeah, ba- it's basic that kind of like you're nerds and you're seeing a guy that's doing stuff, and it's all like, oh, congratulations, you finally got something. Yeah. Yeah. I saw this guy being not aggressive, but like just basically it gave me a, like a weird feeling. And I was like, hey, guys, we need to stop this. Yeah. And I remember. And so when it does happen, when there are like and I'm like, I, I'm a guy's guy. I'm like, yeah, let's fuck. But how do you not stop? Because I remember it just being like a bunch of drunk fucking dudes. And there yep. wasn't this like, oh, they're all going to think I'm a pussy. It was like, we got to stop this shit. Yeah, this guy's fucking get gone I too can't, far. I can't believe that. Um, I, 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 I'm well aware that uh, that, that uh, there are gang rape situations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that it, that is very real. But being a guy, obviously, it's like it's like it's like, hey, uh, you, you, can't, hurt. you can't talk to a Vietnam vet and say he never saw fucking friendly fire. He didn't see like yeah. some real shit. But people just don't acknowledge it. As a guy, I was in a bed where a guy raped a girl, possibly. What? I've told this story before because I'm still in this, like, you can judge me if you want or not. Like, I don't, I, I think I did the right thing. I don't know what I did. I, I met this girl in Australia and I, I. What year is this? This is about 12 years ago. I hooked up with this girl, brought her home. Like, she liked me. We were into each other. It yeah. was like my first, like, second day in Australia. And I was staying at this house with all these dudes, friend of a friend. And they were like swingers. And I do that with air quotes. Yeah. And, um, we go back to the house and uh, we all get in a hot tub and she uh, she's in it and she's into me, not into them. And I don't know if I was like really into her. I don't know why I wasn't. I had a girlfriend. I forget. But I was like, I had a girlfriend. I don't know. But I wasn't like really into her. And I was kind of like, here's what I felt like. These guys are into her. I'm not. I'm staying at their house. I, I'll let them, you know, like. Yeah try and i'll just if say it happens no, it I, happens or whatever yeah so they're all like all over and she's like no go away go away go away they go away i'm in the hot tub with her and we fool around we go to bed and uh i think we had sex yeah i'm pretty sure we had sex 
and uh, go to sleep. And I wake up in the morning with a dude on top of her having sex with her and like completely naked. And I go, I just wake up. I open my eyes and I like look at her and she's got her eyes shut. I kind of nudge her and she looks at me like straight in the eye with this. I can't explain the look because I don't know what it is if it was like, oops, you got me or, oh, my God, what's happening? But I just went, what the fuck? And I pushed him off the bed. And I was like, what the fuck? And he got up and he like dusted himself off and walked out the door. And I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Uh, And this girl was South African and she goes. So sexy. Yeah. And she goes, what the fuck? And she's like, here's the thing. I have two different views of it. I have the view I had right then and the view later. The view I had then, she looks at me and she goes, what the fuck just happened? And I'm like, I don't know. I woke up. He was on top of you. You guys look like you're having sex. And she's like, she goes, I she goes, were you in on that? And I go in on what? She's like, I thought that was you. And I'm like, what are you talking about? There was light in the room. And I'm like, what do you mean? And she goes, she goes, he raped me. And I'm like, what? She goes, I thought that was you. And I go, okay. And he's gone. I like hear him get in a car and drive away. And I go, well, what? I just got there like a day before I knew no one there. I didn't even know this guy. I go, what are we going to do? What do you what, like? I was like, do we call the police right now? I'm going to live in Australia. I'm a, I'm She's a, South African. Yeah, and I'm a, I'm an American, and I'm like, I don't know this country. Do we do we call the police right now? Yeah. Is this what we do? And I go, look, I all I know is I woke up. He was on top of you. That's all I can testify and say. And I will be as honest as possible. I saw a guy on top of you having looked like having sex. And she's like, okay, so this is it. Like. This is how long ago it was. We had to take a bus then down to like where she was and I didn't have a car. I didn't have a cell phone and uh, I was using pay phones and I, I said, all right. And so she was like, cool with me. And she goes, you're doing your show tonight. I was in that town. She goes, I'll come to your show. And I was like, cool. So then she's like, yeah, I'm like, <laughs> like, a, I'm a like night out after a good I'm raping. Like, yeah, I'm like, I'll see you at the show. So, so That's she so goes, fucking, I mean, I've never been raped. I've never raped anybody, but I, I just, I guess you just jump back into life. You're like, fuck it. I guess so there's nothing just, I can do. So, uh, so I call the oh. owner of the house and I'm like, dude, we got a real problem. I go, your buddy, I think raped this girl next to me. And like, he's, you know, like, and I was kind of hanging out with the guy like, Hey, he's a buddy. but I'm like, this guy's a fucking asshole. He just fucking raped this girl. And yeah. And even if she doesn't do anything, you guys need to do something about yeah, this. Yeah, this guy's yeah. a piece of shit. And he said to me, oh, we had a couple girls over earlier. And he got in the shower with them, and he was real handsy with them. So, so, uh, uh, you know, they, they like, left or something. So I'm like, oh, so this guy's got, like, a history of this shit. This is bad. There are guys like that. I mean, obviously. Right. Obviously, I'm not, well, I'm not then saying I go, new. But I go to do my show that night, and all the guys show up. And the one guy I called, the owner of the house, goes... Hey, man, uh, I got a different story. Oh, oh, before that, I'm sending out emails to like, you know, I check my, I go to an internet cafe and yeah. I'm checking out, you know how you have to do in like 1980? Uh, this is like, I don't know, 2005 or something. And I'm like, 
emailing and I get an email from the friend of a friend that lives in another country and he goes, hey, and it's a mass email. How's Eddie doing over there in Australia? And the rape guy writes back, good. He just needs to learn a little Australian etiquette. And I'm like, what? Like etiquette? Like I got to I gotta help you in the gang rape? Like is this yeah. what you got? So that night, the owner of the house goes to me, hey, uh, I got a little different story than what you told me. I go, oh, what happened? He goes, apparently, like you passed out. Uh, he came in, started talking to her, like kind of wooed her over. They started like making out. Next thing you know, he's finger. And next thing you know, they're having sex. You wake up and get jealous and throw him off of her. And I'm like, wow. and I'm like, well, he f- if that's true, I still don't like men fucking people next, next to me. To me. Like just <laughs> you know? go to a different fucking yeah, room. Yeah, like could he, that wasn't very polite. So the other guy shows up, the rape guy shows up, and I'm like, these guys are very calm. So I just that then I started to think she didn't show up then. So I'm thinking maybe okay. that's what happened. Yeah, and for like it's been you know how many years? Uh, Twelve years, and I still am like. Did I do the right thing? Did I? I don't. It's like there's two sides to this. Yeah. And she never showed up where she was like, yeah, I'll see you tonight. We're going to hang out. But she never showed up. That makes sense. But then years later, I heard a story about him like fucking one of his coworkers when she was like, like some dude was getting her from behind and he got in behind her and got it and like she turned around and she's like what the fuck are you doing and blah yeah. blah blah and i'm like this guy's got a pattern of this shit i think there i think there's probably more uh rapey dudes than there are lying slutty women yeah i would agree with that however i would say that like there's a possibility that both could be wrong uh yeah here's the problem and and by the way i i'm not speaking as an expert on this but i will say that uh, movies. This like, is an eggshell issue. Fuck yeah! Uh, TV where, shows. Where, like, where's your pisser? Just piss in the backyard. I feel so bad. You have children. No, no, no. I'll piss with you. Thank uh, God. I don't want to hit pause because I hit pause and I fucked up a podcast one time. All right, we well, just tell so, everybody to wait. Tom, uh, so I'm a song. You guys, is I'm going to play. Um, <laughs> I'm going to play some of my. <laughs> what if I have my audio book on here? Wait, can I? Do you want to hear my Bell's palsy? Uh, Let's hear my Bell's palsy doctor. I swear this doctor wasn't a doctor. And she was... I had to go see a neurologist afterwards. You... Hi, how are you? Yeah, nice to get... Ift. Ift. Yes. Hi, Dr. Zip. Nice to meet you. So you had Bell's palsy, right? All right, stop playing this. Go piss. I'll talk. I'll talk. You go piss. I'm going to call out your tour dates for your tour. Um, I was I was there and I'm like, she's not a doctor. Like, <laughs> I got a I I recorded myself just pissing the backyard uh, just by the by the um the big big tree yeah the big yeah 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 back there take a left all right Eddie F's tour dates are uh, I'm releasing this next week so you will only see him in Boise Idaho at the Olympic on the 26th. Salt Lake City, Utah at Wise Guys Comedy Club on the 27th. Fucking love that club. God damn, I love that club. Um, oh, it says all day. What's all day mean? I'll ask him about that when he comes back. Denver, 
Colorado on the 28th at the Learmar Lounge. Lincoln, Nebraska at the Vega on the 29th. St. Paul's Turf Club on the 31st of July. Lincoln Hall, Chicago. I know what he's getting paid on that one because I had an offer there uh, on the 1st of August. Madison, Wisconsin, Comedy Club on State. I've always wanted to go to that club. But I can never really work it out uh, on the 3rd of August. Dubuque, Iowa at, at Q Casino, August 4th. Iowa City at The Mill, August 4th. Las Vegas at Brad Garrett's Comedy Club, August 14th. Las Vegas, Brad Garrett's Comedy Club, August 15th. Las Vegas, you're doing the weekend, I guess, at Brad Garrett's Comedy Club up until the 20th. Hey, what does it mean when you say all day? What's all day on I, this? My, it's called my web. Web designer's lazy. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> but our show is a tailgate party. Yeah. Then we do stand-up. Then we retire to the bus where we do the podcast. Yeah. And the fans can sit outside because we've got screens and It would be really cool speakers. if the side of your bus opened up. I would like that too, but um, – and I thought level, about level, that. Next time. But, yeah. No, but we've got TVs all over with speakers. Oh, yeah? Outdoor speakers. So it plays to the outside. So you just sit. we got chairs and everything for everyone. Oh, that's great. Um, yeah. Back to that thing, off this dumb rape talk. Um, so the TV show didn't go, and I was like, that's a blessing in disguise, because I can go back and do it the fucking crazy way I did it. Yeah. But here's the other caveat. You're good at like being a parent and also being a maniac. Yeah. I'm just learning that. I've only had a daughter for two years, and I'm like trying to be a good dad, but also trying to keep my personality, keep my sense of... like, And I so badly want to be a good father like so badly but like i'm so worried about that i'm warping her and like my wife let her come into my show one night in australia yeah. and i'm on stage and i'm like so i go let her just see it and then take her out in a few minutes i'm on stage and i hear izzy go dad dad <laughs> and i'm like get her out of here and she just walks up to the stage she goes what are you doing <laughs> What are you yeah. doing? And I was like last night we ran into I'm good friends with Arge Barker. Arge's friend from high school I met in Australia and he's the drummer of Third Eye Blind. My wife runs into him in the hotel at Lake Tall. He's like, Hey, we're having a concert, why don't you come by? And she's like, I got my daughter. My wife takes my two and a half year old to fucking third eye blind. Put earplugs on her and everything. But it's just too much to expose a kid to. No, no. It, you know, the the thing I'd I it's not too much to expose a kid to. It's just like I mean, uh, look, I'm not a really good parent, I don't think, but like, like when we got Priscilla, we got went, her. When we the dog, the <laughs> oh, dog. I thought, yeah, I thought your daughter's no. name Priscilla, and I'm like, did you buy her? When we got Priscilla, we my wife wanted to expose her to as much shit as possible, so she could be a very well rounded dog. And I think that's the same with kids: is that show them as much as you want. to I don't know because I live where I live. Up in the mountains, we got a lot of trust fundy uh, kids that saw amazing shit growing up, and they're all super yeah. drug addicts. Maybe that I don't know, like like fuck ups, like not. Yeah. Look, I'm not judging them because the truth is, I really like them all, and yeah. and I, I like their lifestyle choices a lot. But then every once in a while, bad decisions are made, like really bad decisions, and I go, yeah, they, their parents fucked up. Like, they fucked up. They just did something truly, truly wrong. Our, our kids, our biggest problem is, like, um, the life they've seen isn't real. Like, sometimes the things that they've done and witnessed, yeah. like, they don't, like, like for instance, we went to, uh, 
went to a, a Giants game when I was in San Francisco, and we just bought $7 tickets and sat up in the nosebleed sections. And both of our girls were like, why aren't, why aren't we sitting in a box? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you were just like, we were like, that's not life. Well, see, I grew up uh, a very strong sports kid. My dad's sports related, and uh, like I tell like Jimmy Johnson was my dad's good buddy, and would come over to my house to drive me to football camp every morning. And yeah. I grew up around like Dan Marino, Tony Dorsett. Like I, I never really talked. I've never talked about this ever. I don't think. But my dad was a, a booster, like a big, like he he. He created the boosters for the what University of Pittsburgh. Do? He had a, a financial firm where he like in, advised people on their investments and shit. But he, I sound like Pittsburgh. Hey, you ain't shit in that. Um, you know, Yins now he goes down there. He's like, what kind of money you Yins got? I'll put you in an IRA and then, then we'll we'll invest that in some real good stocks. Did your dad have money? Um, I would say upper middle class to maybe middle class. I mean, to maybe upper class. You know, like, like. Country club membership kind of thing. Yeah. Grew up like swimming pool, swimming pool, but never like, hey Eddie, here's the keys to your new car. You know, five kids, we shared a car. You yeah. know, like it wasn't. It, it's it's all relative, and especially when you're not like, not that I was poor, but I wasn't the rich kid in the neighborhood by any means. There were so many more, and so you always think you're poor, but. No, I didn't struggle. And I think that was my, a lot of my problem starting in New York was these guys came from really poor backgrounds. And they looked at me like, fuck you, motherfucker. You had it easy. And I'm like, we all have our mountains to climb. Yeah. And I remember one time hanging out with Tony Rock thinking he had it so fucking easy because he's Chris Rock's brother. And I just had this revelation at one point. I'm like, holy shit, his mountain is so much bigger than my mountain. Because he's a fucking... His mountain Everest. Is, is Everest, and he's got to fucking climb Everest. Right. You know, I don't have to climb Everest. So it's all relative. And uh, But I, I don't know what I was saying, but uh, I have no idea. I got to witness my dad. Uh, we grew, I, when, I was, when I was a kid, we were poor. Oh, oh go, go on. But I was just saying that I want to s- surmise uh, the, the fame shit. I sometimes think that's what spurred me to this. Like, I saw how my dad put these guys on pedestals. Oh, yeah. Like, Lee Majors would come over to our house. The $6 million man. I know Lee Majors Because is. I have the best Lee Majors story. Really? Because, um, so Johnny Majors was, uh, Lee Majors took his name from it. Johnny Majors was the head football coach at Pitt. Friends of my dad. The reason I'm telling this so quickly, too, is because I've told it so many times and also because I feel like people don't give a fuck. No, and I'm just telling you because I know you, you and I, I have give this fuck, relationship, yeah. and I like, yeah, it's like puts the pieces together. Anyway, I think at that young age, seeing my dad put these athletes and everybody on a pedestal, that I kind of wanted to be famous so that my dad would be like, "Oh, look at my son." That's really fascinating. And now, my daughter. Sometimes I feel like I validate myself with famous people. And I hate when I do it because the truth is I'm only friends with famous people that I think are good people. If they're fucking assholes or cunt or they get expelled from my life, I don't give a shit. And I watch them walk all over people and I just go, not me, fucker. I don't think I have any famous friends. You have to. Yeah. you have. See, you don't realize your good friends are famous now. No. I mean, well, I mean, I know that I know that Rogan and, and Stanhope and, and Tom and. Joey and Ari and I, I know I'm sure they're 
But I don't, I don't think they're famous. They are famous. But let me ask you this. If you were t- – because I think you're a little bit like me. Let's say you got married today. Who would your five groomsmen be? That's a good question. Probably- Most, you're getting married for the first time. Most important day of your life. Well, who, 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 do, who, do you, who do you have? It would probably be um, a mix of like a couple childhood friends, like guys I grew up with, um, a couple of comics. Like I, I, There's no doubt that Joey would be in there. Joey. Joey Diaz. No, really? Oh, uh, he's one of my closest friends. Really? I, I just did his podcast the other yeah, night. I talked to Joey. I talked he terrified to Joey me. a lot. Uh, uh, Joey, you know, man, and I guess everyone has an independent relationship with everyone, obviously. I but, think he's a great guy. Yeah. He scared the shit out of me the other night. He's a very podcast. intense dude. <laughs> um, but, but I know. Part very, of me thought he was trying to kill himself. The amount of weed he was fucking yeah, he goes He goes pretty hard in the paint. Joey and I uh, found each other at a very interesting time. In, I think both of our lives, um, I was, I just started therapy. I just started therapy because, uh, because a relationship I had with another friend fizzled out. You don't need to do the math. You know who I'm talking about. I'm not going to say it out loud. And I, and I was, I felt blame for that in my head. Really? I felt, yeah. Cause I felt that like, affected I felt like, you that badly. I felt like, well, yeah, I'm very honest. Like I'm very honest with myself. And so I went to this therapist and I started talking to him, and I could just like Did it help? I could, at, as I was saying it out loud, I was like, oh. as you say something out loud, you're like, all right, I'm not to blame for this at all. Like I'm, I'm telling you the story to this to the therapist. And then that day, I went. Joey and I had just become friends, like kind of close. I was think I was turning forty. It was probably five years ago, four years ago. It's interesting because Joey looked at me a few times. Like he, I had this. This is weird that I'm talking this. Podcasts are like therapy, especially when you've been smoking weed and drinking all day. Yeah, I had this weird thing with them where times I'm like really kind of like intimidated, and then times where he gives me this look like "I got you, man, you're okay." Yeah, and I'm like, "Oh, he's on my side. He's on my side. I got it. I got it. I got it." And then he starts going hard again, and I'm like, "Oh fuck!" I like, and the one thing everybody should know about comics: very volatile. Yeah. And sometimes shit comes out of them that you're like, and I'm close with like managers and agents and stuff a lot. And I'll find out like they'll tell you behind the scenes how crazy the comics are. And you're like him. And yeah. they're like, oh, my God, you have no idea. And you're like, really? Because to me, they're amazing. And they're like, oh, uh-huh. behind fucking closed doors. Holy shit. And um, so, Joey, you know, I'm always I'm always on my back foot with with any comic i'm like uh i gotta know you a long time the reason i asked you who would be because i i knew you'd say your high school friend like childhood friends yeah same with me like childhood friends maybe one or two like comics there's a couple guys i really really trust and like and they're not super successful they're successful they're not like super successful because that changes people and it definitely does. And it makes it hard to – I've always respected Jimmy Kimmel because I felt like he's maintained it very well. Yeah. But um, when I met with Mosaic, it was a, it, and they're geniuses. That's why they're so successful. My manager at the time there, who's not there anymore, said – and that's why I left them. But he said – asked me like, what are, you, what are your goals? What are, one of his most important questions, he goes, who are your friends in comedy? And I go – or he goes, who are – 
who are your friends in the business? And I go, oh, all the guys. I'm friends with everybody. Like, like I, I, I really like everybody. And, yeah. we're all f-. and he goes, let me rephrase that. He goes, you get married tomorrow. Who are the, who are your five best friends? And I go, uh, would probably be my high school friends. And my roommate from college, I go, my, my four high school friends. And, and he goes, you're not going to make it. And I went, what? He goes, that's not how this business works. He goes, you need those five people up there on the altar, your best friends in the world that you spend every waking day, you know, hanging out with, calling. Go, you need the Judd Apatels. You need this. You need that. You yeah. need this. And he goes, those are the guys that are going to pull you through. He goes, because there's safety in numbers. And I was like, and I didn't follow his advice, but yeah. I see how it works. It's, it's, I think there is, I think there's merit to that advice, but like, you know, but I'm not a very open person as, as friendly as I am to everyone is very hard. I, I can tell you, I can tell you, I'll tell you just two examples of the reason why I'm friends with these people. Cause I don't, I mean, I think me and you met when I was young enough where I was still wanting to make friends. And right. then at a certain point, Stuff went down, and I was like, I think I'm done with friends. No more friends. <laughs> and I was like, I don't need any more friends. They don't work out right for me. It, it's just, I'm too vulnerable. Yeah. I'm too open. I'm too honest. I, and, I love and, friends. I love and, good friends. And uh, the, fir- the first thing that changed was um, Rogan at the Ice House. We were doing the Death Squad Chronicles or Ice House Chronicles. And I, get, I, don't know what, I, don't know what, I don't know what I did or what I said or what I – I did something, and I, wa- I left or whatever. I, I'm, I'm, I was very shut off at the time. Rogan came out and he had two shots of Jack and we were both pretty high and I was getting ready to go on stage and he gave me a shot and he said, uh, Hey, you're a really great guy. I was like, thanks. And he goes, you don't have to have shitty friends. And I wow. said, I said, really? He goes, yeah, we all really like you, man. Like if you, if you, if you're open to it, we all want to be your friend. I, I don't know what I was doing, man. I don't know. Who are you friends with? Don't fucking, say the names. Yeah, well, yeah. But, and oh, so, oh, 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 yeah, and yeah. so, and so he was like, Hey man, like, just let us be your friend and i was like okay and he goes we love you man like just like like you don't need to say that i'm not getting emotional telling this but like i remember being in a really low spot this is the same time i quit drinking and i started trying to lose weight and i and i and i started going to therapy and then joey called uh one day and he goes dog i don't know where dog let's get coffee at maria c i go okay so i go to therapy i get done therapy i come over and joey just says to me uh, what was your day like? I said I went to therapy, and he goes, "What? No, no one goes to therapy that has me as a friend. I'm fucking here for you." <laughs> by the way, by the way, I, we knew each other a good enough to like know to like yeah. giggle, and we like like I feel, but you know what? Like, and I I agree with what he says, and people say I'm fucking arrogant. I feel the same way. Like, if I got a friend, don't go to therapy. I'll, I won't judge you. I'll fucking help you. To, uh, there's nothing yep. I love more than getting my friend on track. I was track. talking to um, Segura so much on the phone at the time that he, that I could hear in his voice he couldn't listen to me anymore. Oh, uh, that's that's my and wife like, with like, me. He, he was just like he was like, Bert, I love you, but <laughs> my wife like, is like that and with Joey me. Joey Diaz and I had coffee every single morning of of the month for one month. I remember you telling me, every you're like, oh, I live over morning. here, and he lives here, and we go to co-. And I was like, well, you two are a weird Dude, he's, two to have. You know, when, when, when we do sets at the store together, it's it's unspoken. He just calls me, uh, pick you up at 8. Oh, that's awesome. And he swings by, picks me up, drives me home. Dude, 
when he was getting ready for a special, he would just be like, uh, I got us three spots tonight. I wasn't even calling in avails. Joey was calling in avails for me. You know what I wish more of? Because I've got a couple good friends. Uh, I don't know if you, you don't know Joe Prano. Do you know Lachlan Patterson? I know Lachlan, yeah. Funniest fucking guy in the world. Very funny Canadian, right? Yeah, Canadian. Very fucking funny. So fucking funny and so good looking. That, fucking like, very funny. And everyone's kind of against him because he's like that good looking, really funny guy. Um, I surf with these guys. We're like really good friends. But here's the thing I don't understand. Comics need to help comics more. Like Godfrey, one of my best buddies in New York, hung out with him all the time. Swear by the guy. I think yeah. he's one of the most talented guys I've ever seen in my life. And and I, I've said this to his face, so I don't want – if anyone would say this, fuck you. You're not telling me anything I haven't told him. He's unbelievable. Like, yeah. you know, that yeah. no one can destroy like Godfrey. One of my favorite things is when a club says, we're having Godfrey in for the first time. Do you know him? And I went, you're about to have your new favorite comic. Yeah. Um, but he's one of those guys, and I'm like one of those guys. I wish my friends would do this to me. He needs to be edited. Like, he's got an act that there's, like, all this amazing shit, and there's there's some – some weak points, bad things that he does that you're like, let's just clean that out. Bad habits. Let's it's, just clean that we out. We all have them. Yeah, yeah, of course. Let's clean that out and let's just make you be the fucking star that you are. Dude, and, I'll tell you the best guy for that ever is a guy named uh, Shane Torres. Do you know Shane? Shane? Tor- no. Shane Torres is, first of all, funny as shit. And by the way, as littered with bad habits as any of us, like he's he's a but he's a great yeah. comic. Great, like I'm not saying that he's like he's so amazing that he doesn't have these either, but he's really good at being honest with you. Okay, so saying that, I'm gonna we're gonna go off on some weird thing. So I hang around the surfing world a lot. There's some pro surfers that kind of don't ma- on the world tour. There's like four, a uh, 34 surfer, 32 surfers, or whatever it is. I forget the number. And then you fall off, you get back on. It's like the best job in the world, but. I go on these tangents. I gotta stop. I'm so fucked up. Um, some of these guys that are on the fringe of like being, they end up just going. I'm going pro, or I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna help the pro, and they become the coach, and they travel with the number one guy, the number two guy, the number three guy. Oh. Have like a coach with them who rips. You know, like. Is a pro, is like a top pro surfer, and I think about that with us all the time. Like if I devoted six months to like someone like Godfrey's career, where I go, dude, I'm putting six months in, where I'm putting my career on yeah. hiatus, and I'm gonna, I'm going to work on your act. I will direct your one man show. We will make the greatest hour anyone's ever seen. Yeah, and I want you to get where you are because. Stop fucking running into walls. Like, stop. Like, you're here when you could be the, the biggest so, thing so in the what world. So about, what about this argument? Because Leanne said this to me the other day. Leanne. My wife. Oh, your wife. Uh, I was so, thinking. So I, I had her watch me in San Francisco. I said, tell me what is lazy. By the way, Leanne is a cunt. Hardcore. A cunt. <laughs> I, she, I, I, I'm married to one, too. I, I mean, everyone always no one gets it. But, like, she is... A brutal fucking person. Same. I got the same wife. And so I remember the first play I ever did, I got done. We were just dating maybe like three months. And I you said, what did fag. you think? You did a play. Yeah, I did a play. It was, really, it was, by the way, by the way, can I tell you? By the way, this was a mo- I would, I would, if I could, option this into a fucking movie because it was so fucking funny. Um, it was a play about four guys who graduate college and move to Cape Canaveral to throw shuttle launch parties. It sounds like an amazing idea. <laughs> and and uh, and um, and uh, 
right at the time where they stop having shuttle launches because of uh, the recession. And so there's no shuttle launches <laughs> for like for like four years. And so they all decide to move. Who wrote this? This guy Lex. Uh, it was Lex. Rabe, H-R-A-B-E. Now he's like a children's author. Well, like he's he a does, genius. Like, so, they, uh, it, dude, it is the fun. It was the funniest. Hold on. It gets even better, Eddie. They moved to Cape Canaveral for the four years. There's no shuttle launches, so they never get to have a shuttle launch party. And finally, they all give up, and they decide to move. And the day they move, they announce a shuttle launch. And so they're like, fuck. So they stay in the house and plan this shuttle launch party. And... Uh, one of the guys gets so excited, he breaks into Nassau, does something to the shuttle, and it explodes. And so for their shuttle launch party, the shuttle explodes. Eddie, it, it, uh, it, the first play was on a uh, Thursday. That was the first play that we were about to do. And that morning, the shuttle exploded. Oh, my God. <laughs> I swear to you, on both my children, my wife, my animals' lives, the shuttle exploded. And my buddy Croy called me up, and he goes, dude... Have you heard about the shuttle? And I was like, no. And he was like, it exploded. And I went, shut up. That's like our play. And he goes, we can't do our play. Like, it's in such bad taste. So we do our play, and everyone's like, oh, my God. It was. And so no one came and saw it because it's about a shuttle explosion for the next three weeks. And it just had happened. Don't you feel like when that shit happens, like, you're like, they bl- or the shuttle blew up because it hates me. Oh, dude. And then, and then. Uh, my buddy John is the one that felt the most – because, like, I got offered some tour dates, and I couldn't take them because you commit to a play. John, this guy John Tag, who's been on my podcast, he's a great guy, great actor. Um, he had – him and his wife, their thing was – did I fucking see them the other day? <laughs> you should call your podcast Tangents. <laughs> I fucking saw them the other day. Does this have a name? Is it just called – Holy shit! I saw them the other day. What's the name They're of the show? Uh, anyway, anyway, John, John, and, and Wait, his what's wife. What's the name of the show? Uh, Birdcast. Okay. John and uh, and Claire were obsessed with Buffy the Vampire, and so he, I watched her fall down a flight of steps during that. Flown down a fallen down a lot of flight of steps, and so during the run of the fucking play, he gets offered a series regular as Buffy the Vampire. Wow! And he can't do it because he's in a goddamn fucking play. Well, you couldn't get another play? You, no, because you there's no understudies. Then all of a sudden, the play just disappears. Like, yeah, but you go, hey, I'm about to go make a fortune. Nope. Wow. Yeah, and he turned it down. Wow, that's crazy. The shuttle. That's a great shuttle concept. That's a- Can I wait? I'll make it even better. So I get uh, Eric Tenenbaum is uh, a producer. He did uh, Two and a Half Men. Yeah. Me and him. Uh, sign up. Which, by the way, a lot of people criticize, and I have this theory. And I wish if you if you have amazing editing skills or something, I don't know how to do it. I swear, if you took the scripts from Two and a Half Men, put them on location instead of in front of a studio audience, yeah, without a laugh track, it would be a good show. I've never seen an episode. It's really bad. So Eric, it's bad because of the ha ha ha. Oh yeah, yeah, the yeah. fake laughter. So we sign a deal to do a sitcom, uh, and he brings in the first two writers. Gentlemen, I apologize. I can't remember your names. Wow. He brings in the first two writers, and I said, "It's really nice to meet you guys." And they're like, "You're going to find this really fucking fascinating." I said, "What?" And they said, uh, "We're friends with Lex." I said, "Really?" The guy who and wrote the play. Go, the guy who wrote the play. They said, uh, you and Croy 
played us in the play. And we're like, what? And so they like, really did that. He goes, no. He goes, we all lived together. And it was a, Lex had decided, but he used his friends as characters. He wrote his friends. So you played him and, I, and I, I, Croy played me. Wow. And I was like, shut the fuck up. So they wrote my sitcom. Wow. It didn't go anywhere. I've been that sorry. Um, a million times. I, and when you tell a story, yeah. and I like your story, I'm always thinking of what's my next story. Like and I me and, too. And what I do is I usually go. I have something that relates to your story, yes. and I feel that's conversational. Like that's how you keep it going. That's how you volley back and forth. So many people call me a one upper. My wife calls me a one upper, but and, my wife calls me a one upper because we go to like parties, and someone will be like, "Oh my god, I went skydiving," and then in my head I'm like, "All right, next cue up the story of skydiving with Rachel Ray." Yeah, that's coming up next, everybody, that's ladies it. and gentlemen. Okay. As they're finishing the story, so, here, ladies so, and gentlemen, please introduce your so, next comedian. So I feel the same exact way, and I also I like guys like you or guys like whatever like. Like, if I'm out with a bunch of hockey players, I have fight stories, and I know they're going to trump my f- hockey. Let's go, motherfuckers. I want to hear a good story. Me too. More than tell and, a good story. And I do a podcast called Wadcast Podcast about CrossFit, Yeah. and all the fans all call me a one-upper and this and that. And I'm like, sorry, you're boring. Sorry <laughs> that I seek out interesting fucking people that do crazy shit, yeah. and then I've got good stories about it because... I'm sorry that I just can't go through life fucking washing dishes and watching Netflix. I look for interesting fucking crazy fucking shit. That's what I do. And they're like, oh, you always have to one-up everybody. I'm like, no, I want to keep the conversation going. It's like like sparring. I don't don't know how to do – like I'm not – my biggest critique is I interrupt people. I've been doing it a lot to you, but I do it to friends. No, but I don't mind. I do it to friends because that's how friends talk. Like, you know, like – like, uh, like, like, shut up! Your story's going nowhere. I can top that. Yeah, like Bobby <laughs> Kelly. Bobby Kelly and I did a podcast, uh, and it got a ton of downloads. But everyone was like, "Hey, man, shut the fuck up and let him talk." I go, I, and part of me goes, "Yeah, but I know Bobby. I know what he's going to say next. You don't want to hear it." Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I love because sometimes like, we as people are going off like you and I have a shorthand where I'm going off on something I don't even want to talk about. So if you stop me, yeah. I'm like, "Thanks, Bert." Thanks for stopping me telling a boring fucking story I didn't want to tell. They're meeting you for the first time. I've known you for 20 years. True. So, like, and there's how many fucking nights did we close down the room? Oh! Do you remember Rick Newman's club, the Catch Rising Star in New York? Yeah. Craziest fucking, like, it was like they were trying to run it out of business. I think they were at one point. They were like, hey, everybody, go behind the bar and take whatever bottle you want and go yeah. downstairs and drink it. Have yeah. sex with our waitresses. <laughs> like, that's what yeah. they were doing. The other night... Our I, manager has Coke. Keep pushing yeah, him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's where I met you. They're yeah. like, I hear this guy at the end of the bar going, would somebody get me a fucking drink? And I'm like, who's this cocky fucking asshole? And Kevin Brennan goes to me, yeah, it's some guy from Rolling Stone. You know, I'll never forget that. Kevin reminds By the me way, so that much night, of that night, and I had, I had said this to tell Kevin Brennan. I said to him, I, "So I want to be a comic. What do I do?" And Kevin and was going to kill yourself, <laughs> and he was like, "You know what? I'm the wrong guy to ask. You need to ask him." And he sat me next to a tell, and he goes, "This guy will answer all, all your questions." Have you listened to Kevin's podcast? I love Kevin Brennan. It's maybe the funniest thing in the world. Yeah, because he fucking. He had that falling down moment where yeah, falling. Favorite, that's what I call yeah. it—the falling down. I always say that. I say, I love men at the point where they give up and they're like, "Fuck!" And I told Kevin this. I go, Kevin. I told. I go, name it, burning bridges. He won't yeah. give me credit for that. I go, 
fucking just go because in my head there's been so many times where I'm just like I can't believe how much rejection not just rejection but not I don't mind polite rejection I love when a guy goes hey man I'd love to have you at our club I just know you won't sell or you're not our type of thing or and I'm like I got you man I understand but the guy that doesn't return the call or the network that says they watched your tape and they didn't it's like just be honest. I respect honesty. Yeah. But you are being a piece of shit because you think it's like it's like breaking up with a chick but not telling her why and then trying to go back. Every you, single one of my breakups. Yeah, well, you're a pussy. Yeah. yeah no, yeah, I've, done the, I've, only broken, I've done the same chick, thing. I've done the same thing. Her name is Rachel, and I took her out to dinner, and I said, uh, I went to yoga class with Croy. We went to yoga class. My buddy Croy went to yoga class, and they get the very end in child's pose or whatever, the guy says, while you sit here exhausted, covered in sweat, what's one thing that makes you unhappy? And I went, this chick, Rachel. And he was like, decide to change that today and make yourself happy. And I was like, okay. And then he goes, how do you change that? And I said in my head, I was like, I need to break up with her. And he goes, so do it. It was almost like he was talking to me. They did that in a Tony Robbins uh, documentary I watched where he makes the girl call her. I watched that fucking documentary. It's that so freak- fucking good. That freaked me out, Tony though. Robbins fucking fascinates me it's me too but i don't like, know not if- enough to become kyle cease okay. but <laughs> okay <laughs> shout out to kyle cease um i still have your watch here, okay buddy. so i kind of thought that was kind of cool what tony robbins is doing i'm really good friends with i, I don't know if i should say it's a uh, friend of mine say it. He, uh Ooh. mariel hemingway uh oh, ernest hemingway's Granddaughter. Granddaughter? He brought her on and did some weird shit with her. And Tony Robbins did? Oh, your friend. He just like, yeah, that manipulative kind of stuff. And my, my buddy Dave is like kind of her like life partner now. And uh, it was just creepy. I always thought like, eh, I wonder about it. But that, I mean, he's like, call him right now and break up with him. I'm like, okay, I get if he said, go in the hallway, have a discussion with him. Yeah, blah, blah, I blah. saw that. But like in front of everybody, it's like oh. no. But no. But the one thing that does make a ton of. By the way, I want to get back to Kevin Brendan. But the one thing that does did make a ton of sense to me is uh, you can change the thing you don't like right now. That's a lot of problem with the alcoholics is they don't they don't think they can change it right now. It's one of the funnest things I like about drinking is when I go I'm taking a week off and I and I take a week off and then I go I'm going back on. I love yeah. the I love impulse. Back to Kevin Brennan. So um, funniest one of my one of the favorite, funniest people in the world. The favorite like. No one appreciates Oh, this. by the way, his show's called Misery Loves Company, and if you're not listening to it, you're not in the podcast world. And I, by the way, shout out to Neil Brennan, because I love Neil, and I know Kevin doesn't love Neil. <laughs> We're on video, Eddie. <laughs> Did you get Bell's palsy again? <laughs> so, um, so... <laughs> no, I'll say it. Neil, look, Neil and I have like been very combative since I've known him, and I just... I'm not afraid to say I've been drinking a lot. Neil's not a very nice person, and or maybe Neil is just like Kevin. And I love Kevin because maybe Kevin loves me, and I find Kevin funny. Yeah. But Neil has been very honest with me, and the things he says are not nice to me. So I kind of respect him for that because maybe I'm just not, you know, Neil's thing, and he just does not respect me, doesn't like me, doesn't find me funny, and so. I actually weirdly respect Neil for that. I I, I have a, I have a I have more respect for Neil uh, after watching Three Mics. I mean, I, I've always liked. I I've didn't watch liked, it, so I can't judge it. I've always liked. Oh, it's great! It's fantastic. 
I would lose. I understand. I'm a guy who did an hour special with his shirt off. I understand the gimmick part yeah. that you need to stand out from the crowd. Yeah. I get it. I oh totally my God. get if it. If you're a white male, you better, dude. You I, better get a leg amputated if you want to. <laughs> you want to stand out. I'm not. That's not, that's Literally. not a joke. That's not a joke. My agent just said to me, I was like, I don't know about doing my special with my shirt off. He goes, Are you out of your fucking mind? Yeah. He was like, Dude, that the only reason, not the only reason, but like. There's a ton of white guys. You're the one guy, white guy with his shirt off. That's- I think I, I think it was genius. Ali Wong, I think, is one of the funniest girls in the world. I love Ali. Uh, I remember I saw her in San Francisco years ago, and I'll be honest. I was like, this girl sucks, and there was a little bit of hype on her. And then cut to like four years later, I see her in L.A., and she was on a show with me, and I was like doubled over laughing. Ali Wong is phenomenal. And then she did her show pregnant and i the second it came on i saw she was pregnant i go you fucking genius you fucking because baby cobra picture of her leaning over with her finger pointed out or something and that big belly i just was like i was like that's fuck i mean i didn't i don't i don't think i thought in as much to taking my i thought i definitely thought into taking my shirt off i thought to myself this but this is the way i I don't i don't blame anyone for anything i when i got bell's palsy i was like i might have a hook I am the guy that can't say P's and F's. <laughs> I, when, I, when I got ready to do my special, they were, I said to them, I said to uh, Gary Garfinkel, I said, you know I'm performing my shirt off. And he was like, yeah, I do. And he was, I was like, I'm going to. How long into the show do you go shirt off? The first thing I do is take my shirt off. <laughs> I walk out, I take my shirt off. I walked out, and they were like, why are you even wearing a shirt? And I was like, yeah, it's a marshmallow shirt. I'm trying to sell them on the road. I'm not, I'm not comparing you to a guy. I just think you'll appreciate. Yeah. There's a guy in England. So I lived from about 2001 till about 2005 or something. 2000, 2005, I lived in England on and off. And I got to know kind of the whole scene over there, uh, like the working comics around the club scene. There's a guy named Ian Cognito. That's his name, Ian Cognito, Incognito. Yeah. Ian. And he was like an Andy Kaufman-esque type guy. And one of his, like every night it was different. One of the things he'd do, he'd go on stage and uh, he'd take a hammer and a nail out of his pocket and just nail it into the wall and then take his coat off and hang it on the nail. <laughs> and clubs would be like, stop it. And one club, he, they said he built a shelf. <laughs> like, oh, that's great. So very Andy Kaufman-esque, which I really appreciate. Yeah. Um, I'm working with him one night, Jester's. Uh, Valentine's Day, I'll never forget, after 9-11, and uh, it was so that it was 2002, he goes on stage, and he just walks on stage with a pint of beer, and he's like, hello, you know, in the British, like, hello, how are you? Yeah. And then he just takes the beer and just pours it on his chest, and he goes, now that we've got that out of the way. <laughs> like That's, and oh, so, that's, that's TJ Miller's yes. hour special. So he's like... He's like, I'm a fucking – and then he's he's brilliant. He does yeah. crazy shit. Uh, I bombed before him. Bombed. So I uh, – he asked for another beer. He's can somebody get me a fucking another fucking pint? You know, yeah. I'm like – the waitress is taking it like, oh, my God. I go, give it to me. He made a joke about how in my act I said a joke about 9-11. And he goes, oh, by the way, Mr. American, it's it's 11-9 where we're from. And I go, oh, you know, or he goes, it's 11-9. Yeah. And I went, oh, because they, you know, if you're listening to America and Britain and Australia, they switch the month and year. So I go, give me the beer. So I walk up on stage and uh, I have the beer and uh, I'm standing there and he looks at me. Like, and he's a comic. He looks at me like, do it. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, yeah. like do it. And I just fucking throw the beer right on him. And I go, yeah, it'd be 11 9 if it was your fucking country that got bombed. And the crowd, like, went with me. Yeah. Meanwhile, they had hated me my whole set, but they went with me on that. And, uh, but like, like, that guy is such a fucking amazing character. You've got something that's like, I don't, it's not a gimmick. It's like, whatever. I met Larry, the, not met him, but I met him before, but I ran into Larry the Cable Guy this weekend. He's playing in a golf tournament. Oh, yeah. The, at Tahoe. Yeah. And Kevin Nealon was there. Ray Romano was there. Brett Saberhagen. I don't know. I, I follow Larry on uh, social media. Oh, he did? <laughs> he took a picture with Brett Saberhagen. But it was so funny, like the Stanhope thing going full circle, how he was like, uh, why I like Dane Cook more than you. Everybody can criticize Larry for his comedy or whatever it is, lowbrow. We've got some mutual friends. I saw him in the lobby. I said hi to him. And he had handlers, like, because of all the celebrities there that were, like, pushing people out of the way. And he did everything he could to keep his handlers away from me. And he walked with me from, like, one casino across the street, other casino. And he talked to me like you and I are talking. He is. And the handlers were trying to stop this. Yeah. And he kept preventing it. Like, you don't get it buddy like i'd rather talk to this guy than anyone because he and he was saying shit he's like hey do you remember that host and he and i'd say manager at some point and i'm like like he didn't know i existed because the guy's making 35 million a year and i'm making 3500 you know i'm like he's like oh do you remember this and blah 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 and they were pulling him away he was like no i'm i'm in a comic conversation like Go away. Oh, we one when we were in Nashville, me, Ari, and Nate Borgazzi went and watched Larry's Hour. So we're like, we're like, only an arrogant comic would be like, oh, there's nothing to learn here. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, there's something to learn. Like, get yeah, fucking a, a lot to learn. A guy's figured out how to make $35 million a year. I want to say it changed my touring because I looked at it and I was like, you know, and not to say, you know, and I had this conversation, oddly enough, with one of my agents the other day, but like, there is an interesting branding as unconscious as it is maybe with say um or subconscious or unconscious as it is maybe with me and and uh Allie where she's pregnant I'm shirtless and it does stand out maybe it stands out but like but and then you look at Larry and you're like oh that oh that's it's all the same thing kind of like here's the thing not and by the way by the way not not to take away I'm not saying Allie was like, I need to get pregnant to do a no, special. No, That's I, not what she did. I, I don't, she just was like... I know you're not. And I, I wanted to set that up by saying, like, I saw her pre-pregnancy going, this chick is so fucking fun. like, funny. Shit. I went home and repeated, repeated so many of her jokes to my wife. Like, that's when I know someone's funny. And I'm like, Lauren, you got to hear this, 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 this. And when... So she was great. It's just so hard because there's so many great comics. So many great comics. It's really hard and to be then a when I saw her, comic right now. When I saw her Netflix it and I was like, boom, good for you. Girl. Yeah. Go, ride your wave. You caught it. Like, I'm a... Like, I love surfing and there's so many, like, little nuances and you get this joy sometimes watching someone else get a wave and they're coming by you and you could have gotten the wave or like you weren't in the right position and they were and yeah. you just go you just want to fucking cheer them down the wave like take your fucking wave that's how i felt i saw Allie and i went ride that fucking she wave she is such a an exceptionally uh 
great comic but great person. Yeah, she's I really, a great, yeah, really, she's I cool. really like her. Yeah, she's a good person. Um, but yeah, like I, uh, I, I'm, I think that's you know, and and people go, you know, like I, I saw this uh, lesbian comic on on uh, TV the other day, and I was like, or on Facebook today, she had like 25 million views on her thing, and but I was like, it's so hard because all I see is Tig doing it better than you. You know, yeah. so like if you see like but me or you, changes time changes. I gotta piss. And- I gotta piss. You keep talking. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, give me a subject. Um, uh, Australia. My tour dates in Australia that I'm trying to <laughs> fucking make tickets for. You'll do well. Um, I think I already did send somebody. Okay, listen, Bert just left. If you're from Australia, don't here buy tickets to the show. Uh, no, he'll know. Okay, don't buy tickets till day of. Just make them really stress out. And then, um, so wait till like the very last minute because there's nothing worse for a comedian when there's only like four people at your show. And then stand outside and if they're, they're like, show's about to start, then everybody buy your tickets like right away. Like hide around the side of the building if you have to. And then when you come in, it'll it'll be a really fun prank. Like Bird will be like, Oh my god! Oh my god! Because it's the worst feeling not having anyone at your show. So, anyway, what I'm saying is, every single one of you should buy tickets to his show. <laughs> <laughs> I know you weren't talking about that. Um, uh, yeah, it's I don't know. I, I watching Larry, but the best part of seeing Larry the Cable Guy is that uh, we went backstage and hung out with him, the three of us. And was and he, Nick, he was Nick, probably Nick super Hoff cool. Was there. Sweetest guy in the world. He's yeah. fucking super cool, super yeah. welcoming, super open. Did you ever hear Patton Oswalt's joke about him? No. So funny. I saw Patton do this joke once. He goes, uh, he goes, I used to get so upset about Larry, the cable guy's success. He goes, I thought he was a hack. I'm, I'm also, by the way, don't hold me to all this. Is I'm paraphrasing. He's like, it basically upset me. Uh, you know, the guy made like $35 million one year, $17 million in merch alone. You know, he's that guy that's got that catchphrase, get her done. He goes, and uh, he goes, and then I heard how much money he made, and I realized, you know what? Integrity doesn't get you blowjobs on gold encrusted Learjets. <laughs> he goes, so for tonight, I will be trying out my new catchphrase. <laughs> I find you know what's so funny. I find by the way, Segura and I definitely tried catchphrases for a while. <laughs> Segura was the he, he was the best at them. Um, Segura, I can say, you know, like one joke makes you like somebody. Yeah. The first thing I ever saw Tom Segura say <laughs> made me like him. I was headlining in Tampa years it's ago. So interesting because when I met him, he didn't have one good joke, Uh-oh. and I liked him. <laughs> I liked him. The first thing he said, I fell in love with him. I fell in love with him. So I'm on stage. Oh, Oh, come in. Is she going on ladies' night? Yeah, it's girls' night. Girls' night. Girls' night. Lady. You look very nice. Uh, What are the girls doing? Have they eaten? What did you guys eat? Oh, cool. I got those steaks out. Shit. Okay. Uh, and where are all the ladies going tonight? I have no idea. Oh, really? It's a surprise. No idea. Um, I have told Bert a million times, you need to come up to the mountain. And we live in the middle of the mountains. Bring the kids and come hang out. And uh, you would uh, – the kids will love it, if anything. Are you driving? Uh, Lynn's driving. 
Lynn's driving? Uh, okay. All right. Um, what time will you be home tonight? Wow. What are your... Because I shaved my balls, I thought. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Okay. That ain't happening. Have a great time. Maybe earlier than that. If you guys need me to come out and meet up with you and have some cocktails, I will. Are you a girl? Then do I babysit? No, yeah, because I've only smoked pot and drank a, a half a bottle of tequila. <laughs> so if you want me to babysit, I'm, I'm here for you. <laughs> All right. Love you. Love you, She looks good for 46. Jesus Christ. You can't. Yeah. What are you going to do? Um, what were we just talking about? Of no fucking Segura, my oh, yeah, yeah. the line he said. So I'm at the Tampa Improv, and they do one of those like, "Hey, you're gonna, you're not headlining Thursday." Because Rogan and Segura were in town. Yeah, I remember. I remember. I remember texting with Segura about you that night, and he was like, "You know Eddie F, right?" And I was like, "Yeah." He was like, "Cool, he's here. You want to hit him the, up?" And let I have him the know funniest picture of me, Segura, Eddie Bravo, and Joe Rogan from that night, like going to a diner, and I remember Joe was famous then, and I'm like. Why is this guy eating in Waffle House? Because <laughs> he was cool. I, 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 I do understand Joe's very famous, but I think Joe is, I think Joe is unmoved by it, and I think he's not. He's not oblivious to it, but he really like. I remember one I time, think saying, I remember one time saying to him that I was famous, and he was like, "Buddy, I'm not fucking famous. You're not fucking famous." Yeah, yeah. I think Joe's figured it out um, in every single way. Like, I, the more I listen to his show, I'm like, "Oh, Jesus, this guy's just too." fucking aware he's got it all um cigar goes on stage and i'm like who's this fucking guy like he coughs like a real cough before he even speaks and he goes sorry aids yeah and when he said it it was just like in this big theater you know and he's opening for like a star yeah. and he just goes <clears throat> like he really did cough yeah and it was like uncomfortable like oh that's very professional and he goes with so nonchalantly, goes, sorry, AIDS. <laughs> I remember just going like, "Who does this?" It's so funny because uh, his some the things that he said that make me giggle. I always hear secondhand because, like, I can, can we stop complimenting him because he's one of those fuckers that doesn't return phone calls. No, he doesn't return phone calls. Well, he, texts, not even texts. He's the worst. I hate um, that. Uh, you know he changed his number, right? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah, you got a new number. Sorry, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was really bad at him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, by the way, because I only know that because I texted he texted me this morning. Like when you say that, I was like, "That's so interesting." Because Tom's really good at texting back, and then, but he's not good at calling you back. But he's good at texting back. Joe's the same. Joe will text you back the second it goes in. Joe but Rogan. Joe, he's, Joe's horrible at calling you back. I only speak to Joe in direct messages on Twitter. Oh yeah, it's really weird. And so, and Joey Diaz, you cannot text. No, you only call. You only call. Ah, uh, you never call me. Never call. Ari's me. impossible on any platform to get a hold of. Did you hear about Ari throwing piss on the guy? Yeah, that's Zach. The, uh, Zach Devito. I don't know Zach, but that story is so funny. Ari's a fucking lunatic. He really is. Tonight, 
I think I'm going to watch his Netflix special. The on, Double? On uh, Can you really watch all special? I can't do it. I can watch it. Right, yeah. yeah I can only watch about like I, 20 minutes at the most. Be very candid. There are people I can't watch their specials. I just don't. It's not. It's not. Even if I love it. I mean, probably. No. I there's can. been very few specials I've watched the whole way through. Chris Rock, David Tell. And I'll tell you Chappelle's, what. Uh, Norm MacDonald's. Oh, I haven't I watched, watched Norm's yet. Spells. I got to watch Norm's. Norm's is fucking amazing. I've heard. Norm's. I love Norm's. Uh, I love Norm's. I watched Stanhope's. I watched. This is Stanhope's I can watch. This is how good Stanhope's special was. I watched it on my phone. I watched Here, the whole here's, special Here's what happens phone. to me. A lot of times I watch and I get either. Here's what happens. I either go, well, I don't want to ever let this amazing material get into my head. Yes, that is very. And I talked about this on a podcast recently. That is very. Um, that is a legit. That is, and by the way, it's like it's like uh, I I know I think I said this with uh, Danish and O'Neill, but um, Amy uh, very I think very probably shouldn't admitted it, but she took that joke from Mattel on the best day my pussy smells like a foot. Yeah, and Dave's joke was on the best day my balls smell like a foot. Yeah, so and, and it's identical. Yeah. And, and, but I think I don't think Amy stole it. No, but I think what happened is she probably watched that special. Stores in her subconscious. She doesn't I realize said, it. The other day I said. Um, I said, and you know the funny the funny part is it smells like a foot. Yeah, of course, but the the, the setup to it is better. And I said the other day, I said I was trying to write a joke about my family pictures, and I said I ended up saying on stage, not realizing it. I said on the best day, our family photo looks like a Dust Bowl family uh, displaced from Alabama, and and then started riffing on that. And then I went, oh, I'm stealing. I'm doing what. Amy did. Well, it's 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 why you shouldn't be watching specials. By the way, Dave Attell's Roadwork special is one of my favorite specials I've ever seen. I haven't seen. watched it yet, and I I could tell you every line from Skanks, Skanks for the memory. I could tell you every fucking line. There are lines we still say in this house. Everyone get it. There's going to get yeah, it. Yeah, everybody right, get, get, everybody get it. Is going to get it. I love that line. And it just is so natural. Um, here's the other reason I don't watch specials. Once I start watching it, I get inspired a lot of times. I'll go. This is amazing. I need to get to work. Yeah, but that, that's that's why you should watch them. But no, no. But then I sit down and start working, and I'm like, strike while the iron's hot. Um, or sometimes I'll go. This is terrible, and then it inspires me. I'm like, this. I can't believe oh, this is a special. I no. I sometimes, if I, especially if it's a, f- a friend, a person I know, and I, I don't think I have a lot of enemies. I only have like fucking a handful of enemies in this business, the people that dislike me. But like. Or, or that I actually dislike, but if I watch someone special that I really like the person, um, and I and I'm not connecting with the material, I just simply uh, turn it off and just go. Here's, I bet an- it gets here's another bad thing. A lot of times, because my daughter's sleeping, I'll put Netflix on, and I'll put the subtitles. Subtitles are good for like a uh, show where it's really like. Hey, uh, no one watched my special with the subtitles on. I bet it takes away a lot of it. <laughs> No, but subtitles in a TV show where there's like a lot of critical dialogue, it's great. Subtitles on a comedy ruin the comedy. Yeah, it it absolutely ruins it. Have you ever met Dave uh, David Cross? Yes, I worked with him one time. Cool. Okay, here's the thing. I'm gonna break. Yes, yes, and no. I always thought me and him would get along, but I thought he would never give me uh, the chance the, uh, the chance okay. to meet him. So so I opened for him. I didn't think any big deal. I was like, oh, I'm booked, and they booked him, and I'm not his type of guy. But, like, 
Which is such. Which is such a misnomer because you're putting the onus on a guy who has said nothing. Because I uh, would say David, a, David, you know, David Cross wouldn't like me. Ass makes a, you know assumption makes an ass out of you and me. It's yeah. this. I go and I I see. I go to the college. They're telling me I'm doing 20 minutes or whatever. I do my 20 minutes. Dave does his hour. I forget if it was Virgi- somewhere in Virginia. I forget what school. We go to the bar afterwards, and the kids. It was a college. I don't know why we're whatever town, country or or I'm sorry, city we're in, or college they allow drinking, and most don't. Colorado, Florida, few. Yeah. So I forget where I was with him, but he and I sat at the bar and he fucking shoveled down beers. Yeah. I mean, that's why I think we'd like. He drank three to one of me, and he just kept fucking. And I'm not a big drinker, but he was pounding. We got in the best fucking conversation, just like you and I talking. Yeah. That I was like, this guy's the coolest fucking guy. One point he looked at me, and he goes, "Man, you're you're smart, and you you're funny. Why are you doing that shit that you do on stage?" And I was only in it like three or four years, whatever it was, and it hurt. And I didn't. He he said to me like, "Look at we're talking in depthly about religion. We're talking about." He goes, yeah. "Get it up there, get it up." And he was being nice, and he was being like, "I needed that. I probably can't handle it." Or couldn't, but I needed it. I needed it more. Like I want to do that to so many guys I know, and just just go stop that joke, just that one, just throw it away, fucking trash it, I never need use more it again. Of that. Or do I wish we all did it to each other? Joe met a Reese one time. Do you you remember Joe? Uh, I know Joe. I don't know Joe well. I know Joe, um, and I just heard him on a. I just listened to him on a podcast. It was fucking amazing. He's a smart guy. He gets comedy. He's always got. Was it, it really Marin? Well. It must have been Marin. I don't know, but I said to Joe one time, he just would always just kind of re- he'd be like, "Oh God, why you don't?" And I said, "Can you dehack me?" And he's like, "Yeah." And he went on a plane. We were flying to a, a club. He just went through my whole act. He was like, "Throw that out, throw that out. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that." So that's what Leanne said. Oh, by the way, going back to that to finish up that Leanne Cobb's comedy club story, I have a joke that uh, I have a joke about. Um, Leanne is really bad at hand jobs, and uh, I made a joke. I wrote a joke about it about a bad hand job she gave. They're all and bad they, after a while because they don't care. Yeah, and she goes, uh, she goes, I, I don't know. You're 44. You really telling hand job jokes? And I went, Yeah. It's, I go, There's a line because you know the one awkward part is she was making eye contact with me while she was doing. She was looking at me. I go, Stop looking at me. <laughs> I, go, you're, I go, You're staring at me like I work at the DMV and we skipped over your number. And I go, I like that line. And she goes, well, then fucking that's the point of that joke was so that you could get that line. Now, get rid of the fucking joke and find a place to put that line it's in a good, good point. joke. She, it's a good point. And I was like, yeah. It's a good point. And I've uh, when I used to be what I thought was a good writer was I would put like things like that from jokes in a notebook and go someday somewhere yes. you're going to find the place to put that. It's going to fit so perfectly. Breaking the beaks off dolphins. I've had that. A number of times, other places. What I I, I wrote a line about uh, it's like you walked in on me breaking the beaks off dolphins, and I like that line. I like that hilarious. Line. And I put it in like I've tried to slide it in. Play. It, I, I think that's the one growth I've had as a comic is going. I do have good parts of hacky jokes. I need to get rid of the hack of it and take the good part. But the good part might be the part that makes it. Uh, you know, sometimes the one line is what. 
is the memorable part of it. You know, like think about them. I always try to equate comedy to music and sometimes, yeah, there'll be like a hacky riff in a song, but then it gets to this and it's like, you had to build that up to get to that. So, um, I remember sitting down one time and writing like a joke. I always loved was this joke. I used to do about, uh, uh, about how much toner costs printer ink. And yeah. that, like people blame America for oil and how expensive oil is, but I'm like, printer ink pound for pound is way more expensive. It like, is? yeah, it's way more expensive. Maple syrup, yeah, is oh, way maple more expensive. Oh yeah, especially grade B. Dude. So, <laughs> so, you're talking to a paleo guy. So, so anyway. By the I, way, by the way, I had a Subway sandwich. I haven't had bread in fucking forever. Oh, that's the, you're, I had a Subway you, you sandwich. You might as today. well have just eaten diarrhea. It was so good. Really? It was so good. Really? Just the mustard and the mayonnaise oh. with the oil and the vinegar and the salt and pepper. A Subway club with lettuce and tomato, avocado, and the bread. I, I got white bread because I was fucking, I'm going all in. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, all that shit when people wave that in my face now, I've become so paleo. I still eat shit food. The problem is when I eat it now... I'm like, I have better food now. Like, I like good yeah. food. But, um, uh, like, I love a Philly cheesesteak, and I'm a connoisseur. Like, I know every place, how they make it, which steak they use, what kind of cheese they use, if yeah. they get the bread from the right place. And lately, I've been eating it and going, no, nope, I'd rather have, like... I'd rather have... I'd like to have... I love having, like... One of my favorite uh, meals is bison. Oh, I love bison. Bison with uh, jalapenos and onion, sauteed onions. I'll take a bison like strip steak and just put it up. And I, I'll, I'll fucking kick a fucking cow steak. Oh, you can tell me it's forty two dollar wagyu or sixty eight dollar. I'm Dude, like fuck you. I, I bison I, crushes. You know what I made yesterday? I made um, shrimp. In a carne asada. I watched your thing. It was really funny where you injected apple juice with a Capri Sun. Yeah. I have a line in a joke where I use Capri Sun. And part of me goes, no one's going to get this. And part of me is like, it's the best joke I have. Because <laughs> I say, I don't write them my joke everybody. is that like drunk shouldn't. Like people that drink martinis are alcoholics, yeah. And the glass is the worst possible glass to contain alcohol. <laughs> like, yeah, it is. Like, like well, people, it's a fucking it, tea saucer. It, it, yeah, it's a it's a launcher of alcohol. Like you always talk to them, you're like, hey, you're gonna spill on me. I go, people that drink martinis should have to drink them in Capri Sun packets. <laughs> yeah. And when you were injecting the pork with Capri Sun, I was like. It was funny, and then I'm like, wait, this is also genius. I, well, as soon as I, I went to do it, I said, do we have apple juice? She goes, no. And I was like, fuck, I'm supposed to inject it with apple juice. She goes, we have Capri Suns. And I was like, if I can get this in, I bet it'll, inj- it'll definitely inject. That's exactly what an injector looks like. It's just steel. Oh, it is? Yeah, they look identical. Um, but yeah, I... Aren't you doing a show with Tom and Bill that you're cooking? Yeah, called Something's Burning. It's so great because I remember when I heard Bill talk on I don't I think it was Rogan where he talked about how he's into baking. <laughs> and like yeah. Bill and I like I like Bill a lot. Uh we're not friends by any means. Uh I I obviously put him on a pedestal as one of the best comedians of all time. Um and I find him hilarious. Uh but when he started talking about baking Oh. It made me fucking cry laughing because it's just like so out of character. Dude, there's parts of Bill. Uh, by the way, Bill's 
I don't know. I mean, I, even to say like the Bill's more private than Joe or Joe's more private. Bill is very private. Like there's a lot of things he doesn't share about his life, yeah. you know. Sometimes he'll text me things that make him laugh and he'll be like, "Ah, right, this is fucking hilarious." And I I would I I want to share with other f- of our friends and go, "Hey, Bill just texted to me this to me and it made him laugh. Imagine how hard he's laughing because when he laughs, it is fucking off." <laughs> and but I won't, and and that's the one thing I miss in that is I wish it was I wish he'd chain email it, dude. You want to hear something fucking? Uh, I think I might have talked about this already. Paige, were you on the email from Paige at the Improv? No, I maybe I don't know. That was fucking great. What went something back and forth? She accidentally sent a mass email to like a third of the comics that she works with, mm-hmm. you know, that worked the Improv, saying like, "What are your avails?" And it turned into a fucking chat thread that was oh, the Scalar what? Brothers were the funniest. Scalar Brothers and Al Madrigal were fucking... Al's a genius. Yeah. I watched... I just got back into... Um, uh, I'm dying up here. I got, I got tuned out. Okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Second. I love every person on that. I watched the first episode. I didn't like the first... But that's almost every TV show you ever watch because I ex- liked the exposition. first episode. I didn't like the second or third. I started... Oh, everybody out. told me that's when you get into it. That's when I started tuning out. So I was like, I was like, I love Andrew Santino, but I didn't like his character, and I, and I like Andrew. So I, it started bothering me that I didn't like him. And I was like, I can't watch this, man, because I like Andrew. I don't want to dislike him. I don't want to see him and be like, Ugh, get the fuck away from me, because that's his character. Oh, but I think he's brilliant in it. Yes, he is. The char- the episode I just watched, his dad fucking to talk shit to him, and I was like, oh, I'm back in, because. Okay, I'm, okay, know, I'm gonna watch it to the actual actors because I like the actual actors. So like I'm, gonna, Eric Griffin, I'm gonna watch it, and it was a little hard. It's one of those like, oh my god, everybody's in this. What am I doing with my life? Like, I oh, I, I have no connection to that because I'm, I look at it and I go, I, I might, I might be absolutely horrible in this. Because, oh, I would be horrible. Yeah, I would it. be horrible in this. Um, I look at it though, like it's one of those things. I, I, I'm at least good at this. At uh, I'm never mad at a comedian. I'm mad at myself. When I see somebody doing something amazing, I go, not fuck that guy. I go, fuck me for not working harder or doing what I should have done. Like, I should have worked harder or should have gone to more acting classes. No, but classes. Like, everyone's path is everyone's path. I, yeah, s- I sat with one of my agents the other night and he said, so so, what, where is your career going? Like, what, like I, I, I had said to a few people I felt rudderless, despite the fact that I think I'm doing better in my career than I've ever done. Yeah, I do great. feel like I should have a real direction of where I'm going. And he was like, "What? Well, like, so what are your goals? So I'm doing a scripted series. I don't know. I, 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 I think we were supposed to shoot in fall or in um, beginning of fall, but I don't think I'm going to have time because I'm getting ready for my special. So like, I think we're going to push it till March, maybe. I don't. I'm not sure. Um, I go. I'm doing that. Stand up. My, not to interrupt you, but I'm going to. My manager, who's done really well with a lot of comics, yeah. and said to me one day, he's like, just always remember. Stand-up's where you're going to make your real money. Stand-up's my life. And he's like, and you're sta- that's who you are, and that's yeah. what you are. That's what I do. And commit to it. And all these other things are just ways to sell your stand-up. Yep. And he's like, so if- I always thought, oh, and it wasn't that I didn't love being a stand-up. I just thought, I'll never be able to like feed a family or like become oh. – I thought TV's like the gimmick money. It's like the, the I'll take your money, but I'm still a stand-up, but like – I want your money so that I can like relax a little and not go through these roller coasters. But he was like, no, 
stand up. And then I realized, like, I've never hit it big oh. in any way. But I've maintained a level that I'm like, my sister manages actors and actresses. Does she really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, like, they make a lot of money, then they don't make money, yeah. then they make money. And over time, she's like, you do better. Because yours is consistent. You, re- you realize if you're making $1,800 a week as a stand-up, you're one of the thousand best stand-ups in the country. It, and there's about 10,000 comics, so that's not that great. No, no, but no. Like, like think, think about it. Think about it. Like, so, like, if you're headlining uh, Improvs and Funny Bones, if you're headlining those shows, if you're yeah. headlining any of the clubs in the country, what, there's 1,000 comics that do that, maybe? Yeah. 1,000 comics. If that. A lot if, less. Probably a lot less. I, I would be shocked to know what... Say about three hundred to five hundred, at it, even if that. And then, so then, and that's not the lists of that. You know, Natasha Leggero put me on to the fact that those lists that you get put on as like one comic to watch that has nothing to do with your being funny. It's a publicist. Yeah, she's like, yeah, it's just publicists get you that. That's not real. Yeah, and I was like, like, oh my god, that really bums me out. How many times did I see that list and go, why do I get on yeah. this list? And I was like, oh, I, I gotta either, piss. Go piss. I'll just keep telling the story in case, no, like, as if you're not here. Okay. Talk about, uh, tell us about, uh, tell us about, uh, that Richard Pryor album. Shut up. It's called That N-Word is Crazy. It's That N-Word's Crazy. Um, I don't say the N-Word because I'm a Christian soldier. Uh, all right, we're pretty buzzed right now, I will say that. I think Eddie's mic might be a little hot and mine's a little low. God damn it, I suck at running these levels. Um, but yeah, we're definitely buzzed. Uh, I've... Eddie's killed half a bottle. If you're watching this on the podcast, about half a bottle of tequila. I'm deep into this handle. Uh, I'm going to get done now, and I'm going to hop on the treadmill and walk five miles. Um, Totally doable. I figure they probably did it in World War II, a bunch. Um, So that's my plan. This is why I don't do solo podcasts. Because when I do a solo podcast, it's just me talking to you. Oh, do you guys remember the pirate song? Hey, hit me up if you're still listening and you remember the pirate song. Um, what, what was I? What were we talking about? Oh yeah, yeah. So like, so like, so like, there's a thousand comics. Let's 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 be legit. So there's 52 weeks a year. You figure every state. 50 states, let's just be generous and say there's 100 good clubs. I'm calling Reg. 100 good clubs. So that means all 100 clubs can have one headliner a week. That's only 100 and then a feature. I'll call Judy. Judy will give us the brutal answer. Judy will answer your call this late at night. Let's find out. My manager wouldn't. No. It's 8 o'clock at night. Uh, Judy's down on the beach right now. She's probably having a cocktail watching the sunset. My phone's on low battery. We'll see. Mine would go straight to decline. <laughs> well, it's, it's ringing, so that's a good sign. Judy's a massive baker, like loves baking. Really? Fucking amazing, amazing baker. I make good uh, paleo food. Really? Yeah, I'll bake you fucking chocolate cake that you'll be like, is this really paleo? And I'll be like, yeah, motherfucker. For real? Yeah, but it's going to be that expensive maple syrup. I get Judy you freeze my cell phone. I can't. No, she's probably people, out, Steve. I should write a cookbook with my wife. People have written me and gone, how do I make that? Like, my, I make these uh, pancakes, and I'll write it, and I write it in my words, and it's like, first you fucking throw the banana, and you mush it up like you're fucking, you want it to look like jizz. 
and then you're going to pour in, you know, like a certain amount, like, and then you beat it, like, you know, you're anyway. Yeah. So, so my point is, my point is, in the business we're in, it's interesting. So let's 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 just use a thousand comics as the list, okay? Okay. So, say there's a thousand comics. Uh, what percentage of those comics do you think are making under a hundred thousand dollars a year? Of the thousand, yeah, half. I'm going to say a little. I'm going to say over half. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say half. That's good. So, what what percentage of that comics do you think are making a million dollars a year? Hundred of them. Hundred of them. Hundred of them. So, there's a hundred comics making a million dollars yeah. a year doing stand up. Yeah. What if say. we name them? Because you got to think about their. Well, it's weird shit. Like I saw Artie Lang the other day post something. He's on making a million dollars, right? No, no. He said he got like thirteen thousand an episode for. Pete Holmes for, for Pete Holmes show, and they got a raise to fifteen thousand. And I thought, like, part of me is like, why would you tell people that? And then I was like, that's good because people judge us all the time and like think well, you live here, or you have this life, or you, and it's like, yeah, and I fucking I spend a lot of money, and I don't have savings, or I don't have this, yeah. or um, so that's like one hundred thirty thousand, one hundred fifty. They do ten episodes of that show oh, on the podcast. I just that is coming out tomorrow. With Ari, Big J, and Tony, we all did a casino together. We all did a casino at different times. We all did the same casino. And we said on the count of three, we'll tell you how much money we made. That's awesome. And it was fascinating. Were you all very similar? No. Really? No, yeah. That's dangerous that you was, guys did was, that. I'll bet your agents and managers were not happy with that. Uh, well, we cleared it with the casino first. Like, I, I actually just did the casino, so I, in a weird way, it was no peril to me because I was doing it and then I was releasing it, but, like, Big J has his date and so does Ari has his date, his date coming up. That's crazy for the listener. That's yeah. crazy shit. Ari and I both made 15. 15,000? Yeah, J. That's crazy money. One show. I don't get anywhere near that. Uh, J, J, I think, made seven, and Tony made three, I think, or five. Tony. Hinchcliffe. Okay. And it was like, you know... I'm surprised Tony being like Joe's right-hand man. Well, no, it's, it's, I told Tony this, and it was, there's no disrespect, but like, hey, listen, when I was Tony's age, to make three grand or five oh, grand yeah, yeah. on a casino was a really great gig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By yeah. the way, I'm, I'm, it, it, I wouldn't take the money right now, but like five grand's nothing to be laughed at no. in stand-up. I, my, my quote, when I would like, just a, like, I want to say like a couple years ago was six grand at clubs, like six grand with bonuses. I I want to say I don't remember exactly, but like, and I was really proud to make that. Like I'm not fucking around. Like I remember going into Leanne and giving her my list of offers and being like, "What do you think? Fifty two weeks, you know, or not? I don't. I, I think I was doing forty weeks, and I was like, it's fucking legit money. That's good money. And she That's was really like, good money. Yeah, and with bonuses. So and and their paper in the rooms. So the, and and not I mean not to like throw Stroop and Todd and Mitch and Aaron under the bus and tell everyone what my quote was but like yeah, look it's out there I'll, I'll, I've said it before and uh, and then when you st- the, you know the real key is is not that part of your life where you're not making money because that because none of us are making money none of us are making money that's good money though what's that six grand Fuck yeah that's yeah think about it. you're working say you work forty weeks a year 
That's great money, dude. It's amazing. I, I remember. I remember making. I remember uh, we had just had Isla, or no, we had, I think we had had Isla for a little while. But uh, I remember getting my offers from for the year, and I was making one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars a year. And I was. I remember legit Eddie kicking back in my chair and put my hands up and being like, "I did it. I fucking did it. I made it." To the point where I was making six figures doing stand-up. And I was like, I can't fucking believe this day has shown up. Now, there's a lot of people listening to this. There's guys out there that are making $40,000 or $30,000 working their butts off in a fucking machine shop or whatever they're doing. And they don't get to, like, they're looking going, you're a cunt, Bert. You're a cunt. And they don't get that we also live in California. Okay. Where we live in a house that's probably half the size of theirs. Yep. And we pay three times the mortgage that they pay. And when, as soon as we get that check, you immediately subtract uh, 30%, 30% or whatever it is. For yeah. taxes, for agents, for lawyers, for managers. Beyond agents. Add agents and managers, it's half. So you, so. Get, a very, you get a very small portion of that $125,000. You probably walk with sixty. Yeah, if you're lucky, you're getting $60,000. I, I got a development deal once for $250,000 that ended up being less than $100,000. And I yeah. was like, how did this happen? And they explained it all. Or I'll do a tour where I make that. And then at the end of the day, after all, like they, they send me my reconciliation for everything I had to pay. And I'm like, oh, I, wow, I was there for X amount of weeks and I made $20,000. Like that's all the, you know, there were so many expenses and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That, and people go, oh, quit your fucking bitching. You only work an hour a night. No, you don't. No. You work 24 hours a fucking day. I woke Every up this morning in, and started posting videos yep. and pictures yep. and and approving artwork and and then writing a and script. I'm not, I'm not saying we're not we're not digging ditches. By the way, by the way, and I will say this uh, uh, across the board. I absolutely love what I do. So right, it doesn't right, ne- right, it never feels that, like work. That, you're right. And uh, a friend of mine, my buddy Scott on my uh, on my podcast, the Wildcast podcast said to me one day cuz I show up a lot late and I'm like, "Hey guys, I'll be there late or I can't do this or I can't." And he said to me one time he's like, "You got to understand Eddie. Everybody's life is tough. Everybody's de- like and I I got in that kind of mindset of like, I'm doing a lot more. I'm I got to go on this TV show. I got to do this. I got to fly yeah. to here. You guys just and he's like, everybody's life's important. Every, and he, it really hit me that I was like, I am such an arrogant fucking asshole. Uh, and, yeah. And, and, and have to remember that. And so I maybe to a fault look at everybody like, you know, every single guy, the guy holding this camera, the guy holding this, the boom mic, this guy doing this, the that we're all equal. <laughs> I might have squeaked out a way to make more money than them but that's because there's more pain that i have to feel on another end of that yeah no one's ever writing back hey man i watch your show who holds the boom mic yeah yeah because he fucking got it in the scene (laughs) yeah um but i don't know what i'm saying this is this is when the podcast gets good when we're drunk and we're two hours and talking shit this was my theory i used to tell my my interns i go don't ever let them have a fucking empty glass in their hand. You fill it up because yeah. people just start talking shit. I started I started watching the numbers on my podcast grow when I drank because I think I think I think for one you get the real true shit. The truth the truth is as I would, I'm a comfortable guy. I can't believe how uncomfortable I was sitting down here in the beginning. Now I'm like I'll tell you anything you want to know. Well, it's, well, it's the thing is like uh, 
I, like I definitely would rather not have gotten drunk tonight because I want to. I want to hang out. I want to work out. I still have to work out tonight. Who's that? Is that your wife? Send it to voicemail. Custom message. Um. I I definitely. Uh, Chad Zuma keeps calling. Does he? <laughs> he was supposed to come to Australia with me. It was, like, it, was, uh, it was a ridiculous amount of money. Oh, it's so expensive. I never. Yeah. Did, well, I'm not allowed to take openers because of uh, visas. Because I employ, I employ Australians. That's what allows me to get my visa. But um, chat uh, is the best feature act. You hey, could someone ever have. call up uh, Leo and John and tell them we need to work on a visa. All right, so uh, take but, him. He's so much fun. But uh, I, w- I wish I could. But um, it's a lot of money. It's like seven thousand dollars to take him and. Put him in coach. It's twelve hundred bucks. No, seven thousand. No, no. The tour starts in Singapore, then oh. goes Perth, Sydney, Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane. Home. Did you take a little vacation in Bali? No, you're no. right over there from Singapore. I know. My Go wife. to the four floors of whores in Singapore. Just four floors of four whores? floors of whores. I thought I thought Singapore was super strict with laws. It is, but they have a place, the Orchard Towers. I do a big bit about it. The four floors of whores. Is that where Brody Stevens? Four floors of whores. It's my favorite joke that I do on stage. Four floors. There's four floors of whores. I wish my wife would be like, you can totally get a whore in Singapore. No, no. You should go. My mother-in-law was just there, and she called me. She's like, I'm in the four floors of whores. I'm trying to get you a T-shirt. What is it? What is it? A, a strip club? It's like a mall. It's a business offices, and at nighttime, it turns into like all brothels. I, I, would, I mean, I, I know this is going to sound very anti my, um, my personality, but I would really love to get a prostitute one time. I've I've had a couple of prostitutes accidentally, where like I had them. <laughs> You're like, hey, so it's good, and they're like, uh, yeah, yeah. Bucks. I had them, and then they, I have one, and I've been telling everybody, I don't, I'm not afraid. Come at me. I have one. <laughs> Come at me, bro. That I think is like one of Trump's whores. For real? Well, was or is, or I know she knows him very well. Really? Yeah, and I know that she was a prostitute after I dated her. I don't know if she was before. Like, she told me, I dated her for years. Not years. New York, you know, whatever. You probably met her. She used to hang out with me. Then I went back and I, you know, like, I was a man. Like, I was always trying to get laid. That was my thing. That's what I probably wasted so much effort and time there. I'm back in New York, and I just call her to hang out because she had told me I got her pregnant once, and I didn't want to ever fuck her. She was lying. So I call her to hang out. Oh, shout out to all the yeah, bitches yeah, telling you yeah. you got her pregnant. Yeah, so I call her to hang out. <laughs> shout out to like, Diesel's a drink, And she, she was beautiful. And uh, I'm hanging out. I'm like, hey, I'm thinking about moving back to New York. I'm going to get a place. And she's like, ah, oh, you should come live with me. And I'm like, no fucking way. I'm not living with you. You know what we went through? And she's like, oh. And I was like, I'm not fucking, and she's always like in a studio. I'm like, I'm not living, sleeping in a fucking bed. I mean, a crash bed. Pat, she goes, I got an extra bedroom. I'm like, where'd you get this money? She goes, I got like 90 grand in the bank. I go, you got 90 grand in the bank? Where'd you get the money? She's like, I'm friends with this black model. And I was in an audition with her. And she's like, hey, you want to go to Miami for the weekend? These guys are going to pay us to go. And she's like, yeah, I'll go. She's like, we're just going to party. And she's like, so we all fucked each other. And she's like, I got 25. And I I think I told the story on Rogan. This might be one of the stories. People, you're a liar. She goes, I got 25 grand in my bank account. I'm like, I'll go. <laughs> I'm like, I'll go. Yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah, 25 grand. So I'll make out with dudes for 25 she, yeah, grand. She goes, she goes, and so I've done it a bunch more. I got 90 grand. 
So I haven't talked to her in years. She hit me up on Facebook, like, bitching about, like, some liberal rant I made, which I'm not even a liberal, but I did rant about anti-Trump or something. And I called her on the phone out of the blue. I go, what are you fucking, don't tell me you're a fucking Trump supporter like you, because she's always having trouble with immigration trouble. Yeah. And I go, you know, he'll fucking throw you right out of the car. She goes, blah, blah, blah. And she's coming at me. And I'm like, I go, hold on, hold on. Always a hot chick. Always hanging out with rich dudes. I go, don't, do you know Donald Trump? She goes, I know Donald very well. That's how she put it. Oh, wow. And I go, how well? She goes, let's just say I've been to Mar-a-Lago many times. And What's go, Mar-a-Lago? His, his place down in Florida. Oh, his really? Resort. And I go, have you? Di-? And she's like, like, she wouldn't give me anything more than she's been to Mar-a-Lago. But I'm like, she could have been with one of his rich buddies or a guy that gets a place. Yeah. Like, and I tried. I, I tried to get more info out of her. Uh-huh. And I'd be on all night like texting with her. And my wife's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm breaking a story. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I would love to party with Donald Trump. So would I. But, I, but again, same thing I've always said. And by the way, I, I would totally Billy Gates it. Billy Bats it. Billy Bats. What's his name? Billy Bats. Billy. Oh, but it's the same thing. That's why I say I would totally. And if he was Billy like, I grab him in the pussy, I'd be like, ah, grab which him I have mommy. partied with Billy Bush before. Oh, Billy Bush, that's it, Billy Bush. I have partied with him. Uh, I used to say George Bush. I would rather party with him than Obama. Oh, who the? F- I mean, you know that he'll be like, let's go blow up some mailboxes. Like, like that guy was fun. Sober now though. Trump never had a drink in his life. No, that's impossible. Never. I have friends that in like the crazy millionaire circle, billionaire circle, say that Trump's done coke, and I'm like, "There's that would have gotten out, that would have gotten out." So, his brother died of alcoholism, and supposedly he never drank. How does that happen? I don't know, but I don't trust people that don't drink. I don't trust. I always I used to say, uh, first date, uh, not drinking. I, t- I took a girl on a date one time. She didn't drink, and I was like, "This is over." I don't. I can't imagine this is going to last. Can we? Talk about can I ask the question fucking... now that I've always wondered about Burt Kreischer? Sure. Okay. So most comics, most comics are either deliberate pussy hounds, uh-huh. or they play that fake Closet beta gay. male oh. <laughs> that they go, they go, oh, you know, I'm a feminist, and but and that's just their angle. Yeah. You heard me, Moshe. Uh, <laughs> Moshe. <laughs> I'm joking, uh, but like. You know, they play that. It's their angle, but it's natural for men. I always thought when I first met you, I'm like, oh, this guy's the partier. That's his angle. But you would just party and then yeah. go home alone. And yeah. you never were like, like, it wasn't never, but you weren't, you never had the eye of the tiger. Like, you weren't like, just that girl across the bar. I had the eye of the tiger, but I, I was never good at follow through. Like, I was never good at, like, I, I was always, like, I always wanted to be more of a pussy hound, but I wasn't good at it. I was never good at, like, closing the deal. Yeah, but you seem like the kind of guy that you figure out how to be good at anything and you do it. So no, why not at all. Not that? at all. Not at all. I'm student. Can I tell you, I, I had, like, a legit uh, sense of uh, depression anytime I was single in the sense that, like, I would go home alone. Because I was like, how are these fucking guys fucking everyone and I can't get anybody? I also have very high standards. So, like, I wouldn't just bang a chick. I remember one time I hooked up with a chick uh, that... Because um, I've met girls that have hooked up with you. Yeah. But I've never, like, it just seemed like... Because 
I'll be honest. I was a pig. Godfrey was awful. Uh, yeah, but I think awful. Godfrey. Go, I, I never learned that. I never learned that. That algorithm of how to close the deal. The, there are certain guys that, like Godfrey and Artie, were great at closing the deal, making the sale. Like, meet the girl. Oh my God, I gotta isolate you. I gotta pull you away from the pack. I gotta bring you over here. I gotta tell you something that's going. Like, I don't know how they did it. I, I wish I knew. They they also had that black guy in a white world kind of thing where yeah. they were like, even not being famous, they were huge celebrities because they were. And they were like Godfrey had movie credits, like, but I'll, he's also a good-looking dude. I'll tell you this right dude. now: Dane and I one time brought two girls back to my apartment, uh, my uh, what? How? I guess house it was a two-story. Where and was this? Here in L.A. Oh, in L.A. I thought you was no. that the place up on the hill? No, that was this was before that, and it was uh, across the street from Andy Dick's house. On well, I guess I shouldn't say where he lives. But uh, he doesn't live there anymore. Maybe he does. I think his wife that lives there. He's been there. in trailers in Topanga. Okay. Okay. So, so Last I, I saw he's in Malibu at a halfway house. So not to make fun of you, Andy, because by the way, yeah. if you make fun of Andy on a podcast, he finds out about it. And no, I love Andy. Yeah. I love Andy Dick. Andy's an interesting fucking guy. Love him. And I'm not Andy. I talk about you a lot. I'm not making fun of you because I love you. Yeah. But he's probably in at this point. He might be in a half. Is he out. partying or not partying? You never know. So Dane and I bring these two girls home. They're sisters. Um, I think they're sisters. Anyway, we bring them home, and we get back to my house. And I remember telling Dane on the ride to because we left from the Laugh Factory. We got in his car. It was such a nice fucking car. All I remember saying is like, "Is it his got, Lexus?" No, uh, uh, it was a uh, Lexus um, truck. It was. This is two thousand. This is 99. She probably had a truck, too. I think that was a Barry thing. He probably had a cut. And so um, we get back. I shouldn't be telling this story technically. No wonder your show kills it right now. What? We're fucking talking about shit we should not. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, this is definitely. By the way, his social security number. <laughs> so we get back to his, We get back to this place. I get in bed with the girls sitting with a beer. I remember telling Dane we got to pick up some uh, beers, and Dane's like, I don't drink. I go, hey, no one fucks sober, Dane, except for you. <laughs> and he was like, he was like, I, I, don't, I don't drink. And I was like, just pick up a fucking 12-pack. And so... We pick up a 12-pack. So, which, by the way, as much as I criticize Dane, makes him the fucking king of pussy. He fucks sober, dude. He fucks sober. That's what I'm going to say. He sober says, do you want me to wear a condom? Like, sober? I could never say that sober. I could be like, uh, just raw dog it. Sober, I'd be like, can I drive you home? Dude, he gets in the room, and I'm in their bed, and they're in bed with me, and we're joking around. They had seen our, us do stand-up. I knew the girls, by the way, uh, very well. And they'd seen us do stand-up. They loved Dane. And Dane just very casually takes his shirt off and starts, like, rubbing his chest, like, sexually. And they were like, what the fuck are you doing? And Dane was like, it's not going to happen? All right, goodbye. And just leaves. Genius. And I was like, and I was like, what? And then I walked out. I, I followed him out. He was like, dude, I'm not sitting here and dicking around all night. Like, and he kept, he kept telling me, he's like, turn it off. Turn off the fucking act, bro. He was like, you're fucking, you're trying to make jokes in, but we've already got them here. We've closed the fucking deal. Like, stop. So you, He's just like, didn't, you didn't have the closing skills. I have no closing skills. I, I told remember, you the time I, I up with Maya. Time, even before I did comedy, 
I went home with some girl one night and I just took off all my clothes and got in her bed. And she goes, what the fuck are you doing? Oh. And I'm like, come on, get – she's like, no. So I got dressed. I left. And she went to college with a friend of mine. Like two days later, I get a message. He's like, dude, <laughs> I heard you took my friend home. And you got naked and got in her bed. And I go, yeah. I go, look. If she was going to get na- – like if it was going to happen, she would have gotten in bed with me. If it wasn't going to happen, I cut to the chase and I find out right away. I and- wish – dude, I had I had relationships where I was so bad at closing, I think they thought I was gay. Like that I was like – Yeah, you could give off – I'm not going to lie to you. You could give off an air <laughs> of that because you're like – like you had this skill. Like you could you – could, if I always said this about you. I go, I love Bert one-on-one. Bert and I one-on-one is the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> Bert and I in a room, because he, he's like an energy vampire. Like he I'm sucks exhausting. the energy. The whole room is eyes on Bert. <laughs> and so it's like it's like there's no one else. Al- like It's I, all about Bert. So with girls, I would have thought that oh, it was like. The worst. No, but I think the opposite that I would go. I get in a room with Bert and the girls are all like, oh, my God, it's Bert. I want to fuck Bert. And then I'd be there and it not like you'd just be like, all right, girls, good night. I'll see ya. And I'd be like, oh. why is he just walk like he just left? I and cast so, a very large wake. I like my Leanne used to tell me that. And then Andre Vincent, you know, Andre Vincent, I know right? Andre, from Andre Vincent. Great uh, uh, we played a game one day the with uh Tom Wilson? No, not Tom Wilson. Oh, what's that comic's name? Fuck. Anyway, Andre couldn't be around me for a, a period of time, and I was like, "What's wrong? What's going on?" And he was like, uh, "He's like, buddy, you, you cast a really large wake." He's like, "I just need to stay out of the fucking way of you because you're exhausting. Because I am exhausting. I but, do that to people too. Yeah, but but I I think I think with women, you know, when I lost my virginity, it was a really bad scene, and I think I was that." Pussy hound in high school, like a real good at hooking up and getting. Really? Yeah, I was really good in high school. And I then was bad. When I lost my virginity, I changed. I definitely changed. Like I, I actually Did it freak you out. Yeah, bad. Like in a really bad way. Cause Me I, too, a little bit. My first time was with a girl. I've never admitted to any of my friends who it was because they all know her. Yeah. And it was like, look, she's a nice girl, but it was kind of embarrassing. But uh, I. Uh, I just couldn't get any of the hot chicks in high school, and oh. I was the dork, and I was the dork in the cool group. Oh no, my my, my chick was the uh, uh, homecoming queen. So my college girlfriend was the homecoming queen. All, all the chicks I've ever dated have been hot, but I but when I lost my virginity, I I, I laid in bed. It was probably the first time I really identified what a panic attack was, and I was like, I remember laying in bed going, "What if she's pregnant? What if I have AIDS? What if I oh, like?" And man. I was like, "I'm not ready for all this shit, man." And I I. I chose celibacy is the wrong word because I hooked up with chicks, but I chose not to fuck again because I didn't want to ruin the relationship. I was like, I think I need to be more mature to Fat do yet. this. So tell me about it. I was like, I need to be more mature to do this in order to because um, like it, it really it that first time really fucked me up. I had sex with her twice, and at both times I just I like I, I couldn't help it. I wanted to have sex. I definitely wanted to fuck. But then the after, it was almost like doing cocaine. It really fucked me up. And then I didn't have sex again until college. Uh, freshman year of college, I had sex with this girl, Alex. And uh, by the way, Mike Vecchione fucked her too. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> and and uh, by the way, we were I think we were fucking her at the same time at one point. And so, isn't that crazy? But he wasn't into comedy. No, we just both 
just drawn crazy. Two moths drawn to the same fucking toxic flame. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And then I stayed with her for five years. Um, and so I never learned how to pick up chicks because I was like yeah. with this chick. Yeah, I guess I never had skills. I tell the story and he would – I can't say his name. But I didn't have skills with girls. I was funny, you know, like and I could make girls laugh. But they were like, oh, he's the goofy idiot. Yeah. And I had a girlfriend all through college that was gorgeous, beautiful. And she was uh, – I'll le- show you a picture of the chick Mike Vecchio and I fucked. She, this girl left me for like some rich dude and it like broke my heart. But then here's the funny part. My buddy, who's still a good friend of mine to this day, said to me, come pick me up. He was in summer school college. He's like, come on, we're going to the summer beach school? for the weekend. Summer school. Oh, summer school. He's like, we're going to the beach for the weekend. And he was a dirtbag when I was with my girlfriend. This is her. And, and it was the chick Mike Vecchione and I fucked. I fucked her, too. You did not. You did not. There's no fucking way. Oh, my God. You did not. Is that Olivia? No, 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 no. Oh, I just read her name. I thought I'd really get you. <laughs> no, no, no. Did no. I have you for a second? <laughs> no, but only thing, only thing is she lives in New York now. So part of me is like, shit. If you are saying that she cheated on her husband. <laughs> no, I've, uh, I haven't fucked a girl. It's awful. I mean, not that I want to, but... I do. No, I... Anyway, uh, this dude took me to the beach. And he was just like... I always thought he was a piece of shit because he was always like a dirtbag. And then now that I was out of a relationship, I was like, okay, so what's your secret? And this guy showed me the ropes. And it was like the first night I hung out with him. We like... You know, just like girls, girls, girls. And And he really... in like It was like a crash course. And this guy taught me how to like... Just be like overly confident and bold and not care. And it was like yeah. it was like going out with a good salesman. And he was like, "Look, you're gonna have to fucking make a hundred cold calls. You're gonna get ten calls back. Yeah, of those ten, you're gonna get one sale." That's how this guy was. He's like, "Go up to every girl in the bar, fucking start talking, and then you find." And sure enough, I was like, Phew. and then once I learned how to do it, it was like a sexual addiction. Oh, and can't I can't wait for my divorce. It. I can't wait to do it with money and be like, oh no, half the money, I guess. Half. Half. No, my wife, well, this is how bad I was. My wife, when we, um, when we, are, I met her at a bowling alley. I'd, I'd seen her like three times before, hit on her every time. Like, not hit on her, but tried to talk to her. And then we went to a bowling alley. What was she doing out here? Because she seems so writer. like, what? Writer, screenwriter. She seems so not L.A. She is not L.A. anymore. Man, she yeah. is. She was so L.A. when I met her. I don't think she ever really? was L.A., but, like, she was definitely, like, um, I think she had a friend that was very L.A., and so she just tagged along with a friend, and then my wife just wanted, I don't, I don't understand, I don't know, my, my wife's a really confusing fucking person. Like, she wants to do a podcast, but she only really wants to do a podcast not for, like, fame or anything but just because she the thinks art. yeah well she thinks it's cool to hang out with her friends and talk about real stuff that's how my wife is and that's what is part of me is like why would you waste your time doing a podcast when no one's gonna listen and then it's oh, like dude, i did it for fucking four years all right but then part of me is like why not you take pictures of all your great moments why not record your greatest moments like why not have a, a documentation of all your cool conversations you have with your friends i feel like this 
my mom's health is not good. I love my mom more than anything in the whole world. Yeah. And we went on like a kind of history of my mom's life for her birthday when she turned 80. Your mom's 80? 80, yeah. And we saw like where she lived, every house in Pittsburgh, all our schools and everything. And I was like, I want more. Yeah. I want more of my mom. I want to know where did she meet her best friend? Where did she like, I don't want to go into tears. Like that's how much I love her. Yeah. And I'm like. I don't want my daughter to hear the shit that I've talked about, but will she want to? Like, like there's moments of my day where I'm like, I want to know everything Izzy did today. Show me film oh, on her. Show me pictures. Dude, dude think of Hold on. That's a really – like, so my dad, when I first moved to New York, my How dad – How much would you love to see your dad in high school, your dad in college, your dad, like, with his buddies, the funny stories they had? The, I'd much rather watch that – than any shit on reality TV. Dude, my dad, when I first moved to New York, my dad emailed, or not emailed me, he mailed me um, photocopies of his dad's diary when he was in World War oh, II. Oh, fucking amazing. My dad got his dad's diary when he was in World War II. And uh, and I think it was, I think it was, the majority of it was lost on me. I remember him say, I remember like little things I remember and I, I don't, like that, um, when he shaved, he'd put water in his helmet, and he'd have to break the ice because oh. it would freeze so quick. He'd have to break the ice. That's and a fucking shave. line in a movie. And so, like, uh, I mean, a scene. And, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. And and I was just like, I was like, oh my god. And my dad, I mean, just fucking poured over it. Like, could not stop reading it. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah. I look at this. I go, my daughters, my daughters, when they're in college, will go. Um, We'll probably be at a party somewhere, and Joey Diaz will come out somewhere. Like someone will play Joey Diaz. Have you heard of this guy? Yeah. You know, or like maybe they'll play the Machine Story, or like maybe they'll play something above Joe Rogan. And then my daughters will go, "I I know Joe yeah, my Rogan, dad, yeah, yeah, I know." Wait, how do you know Joe Rogan? And they're like, "Oh my god!" And then and then my daughters will like maybe maybe I'll be passed, and and my daughters will listen to my podcast and go like. Oh my God! That was the day that Mom went on Girls' Night Out, and Dad let us watch movies until midnight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dad was that's what Dad was doing in the man cave. Yeah. It, wow, Dad and, really regretted and, working for Travel Channel. Like, it's like, cool when they're older too. Yeah, because Dad, Dad missed us, and Dad, and then it answers a lot of questions for them. There's also stuff where somebody Scott from Wadcast said to me one day. He goes, "If you died right now, would you be proud of the like?" Like book, like your book of material, like your, and I was like, oh my god, I need to go do some real shit with yeah, my dude, life. I've, I've, I got on the, I got on the, uh, the five year crunch, um, Bill Burr Louis program where I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm doing it every sixteen months. I'm doing another special every eighteen months, and I'm gonna just keep doing that. And, and I'm gonna, even, even that makes me go, like. And maybe it's my Catholicism, uh, Catholic bring, upbringing. I'm fucking drunk. My Catholic <laughs> upbringing that I go, even sometimes I think I'm saying profound shit or, you know, it's insightful or whatever. At the end of the day, I'm like talking about like fucking someone in the ass or what. I made that. I made a documentary called America the Punchline, was how the world perceived America through the eyes of stand up comics all over the world. And I was like, this is like insightful. It's like it's going to change people's opinions. And this is, and then I tried to redo one this year with Netflix, and it kind of got fucked up. And that was like, I'll be proud of this. Like my daughter will be like, 
dad, my dad made instead of like, oh yeah, my dad and his friends jerked off in bags. And guess who's weighed the most? Daddy. You know, like <laughs> that could have been me. Yeah. <laughs> so that so was like, my brothers and sisters. So there's a lot of that. But I think a- I, I think I think I look back. I go. One of the coolest things I did. I, I, I wish I still had the energy to do it. I just don't. Um, is the I did a vlog for like thirty episodes. I just did like a daily, like a bi biweekly vlog. And I think that was the truest representation of what our kids' lives was like up let, until it started cannibalizing itself. Let me interrupt you. Do you feel like – because I feel like part of it is – and I'm just going to – I'm not going to accuse you. I want you to answer honestly. Please accuse me. I think but I No, no, but it. I want to <laughs> say from my – because I feel the same way you do. is like this is cool, but at the same time, don't you feel like – or is this just really narcissistic of me? Like, I, am, I, am, I am what they call a um, – Oh fuck! What kind of narcissist am I? Um, hang on, I'll text the aunt. Leanne will know. Um, yeah, because I ask questions all the time. I took a test to find out if I was. <laughs> By the way, Donnell Rollins is texting my wife, my, wife my daughter, or my my. This is my wife. Right? Oh, why is Christine Hassler? Who's it? It's my friend Christine. You're not. Lo- oh my god, my hair's terrible. And then she just went unavailable. Hey, what kind of narcissist am I? Um, who's that texting you? It was my friend Christine Hassler, who was my manager at AMG. She's been on Rogan. She's AMG. Uh, she's like a she's like she's a girl I call when I have any question for any problem. Uh, if any problem I have. And I can ask her, and she'll give me the most logical, like, I remember I, I dated a stripper for a while. Call her up, her and while. let's find out what's going on in my she, career. She goes like this. I call her, and I go, oh, yeah, and she's like, what's going on? Oh, I'm dating this girl, blah, 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 and she's really hot. What'd she do? She's she's a stripper. Oh, why are you sabotaging your career, Eddie? <laughs> and I'm like, what? She's like, you know she's going to ruin you. And I'm like, no, she's not. She says, why do you not like yourself that you'll do that? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And she was so right. Is she still a manager? No, she's uh, she got a TV show on TLC. What? Uh, yeah. What's the name of her TV show? Here, we'll call her right now. We'll find out. She's asked me how the bus trip's going. We haven't left. We're going Wednesday. Uh, are you answering her or me? <laughs> wait, here. Can I show you? This is me at the end of Doug Loves Movies. Doug, you're too far away. I love it. <laughs> you just leave. You went the wrong way. Is that Jesse? Jesse May. I don't know her. She's funny. Oh, she's great. Jesse May Peluso. <laughs> one more. One more. One more. Doug, now you're too far away. What? I don't know how he does it. Doug, you're too far away. I think it's a, a slow roll. in the camera, but not here in real life. We were all so high. It's one of those, like, you don't know you're high. That show makes me... Re- I love Doug, and I love the show. It yeah. makes me so uncomfortable. Like, I can't do it. Oh, I would, I, would, I, would only, I would only be concerned about it because I think I would make Doug uncomfortable. Because I, I... Like, I've talked... I've thought about doing it a few times, and I think... I think uh, I, would, I, I, would, I would annoy Doug. I get... I feel like I can't be myself. And I get all quiet and weird because I'm like... Just, that's judging me. It's getting high. 
And I'm not even high yet, and I'm still acting like that. Then I, I get like that. Get... I said someone said something the other day at a party, and I was high, and I was like, I was like, ah, oh, you just ruined my fucking day. Why'd you have to say something like that? And then the next day, I woke up and I was like, it was nothing. It was nuts. I mean, it's part of the reason I don't really. I'm not a big pothead. I'm not a big pothead either. It's hard but for me to smoke. We should probably curtail this podcast. I should put my daughters to sleep at some point. What time is it? We're, it's at 8.40, and uh, <laughs> we've done three hours and five minutes. Wait, but there's two other things I want to get to. Um, fuck, there's something you were talking about. We really... Next time you and I podcast, yeah. I want somebody taking notes, and then they're like, get oh, back. Oh, that would be really this. great. Get back and answer this. Get back and answer this. Yeah. Um, why do you drink Tito's? Uh, honestly, it's more of a, um, OCD now because, uh, I lost 40 pounds drinking Tito's. Okay. Now you are Mr. Like trying to be healthy. You know, this is the healthiest. Drink. You're the one that told me that when I first lost all, a, a lot of weight, I, I got down to a hundred and 200 and I got two, down to 207 pounds, I think. And you were like, Bert, you need to drink, uh, it's paleo. You drink tequila and soda water. Let me ask you, cause I, I'm a big, you know, I'm a weird kind of health freak. Do you really want to be like skinny or do you know that like your funny lies where you are? This is your comfort. No, 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 no. I'm actually, I wouldn't mind being skinny. I don't have a problem being skinny. You'd be like to be like skinny, like, like not 186 pounds. Okay. <laughs> like, if like, I like, like, yeah, like, <laughs> like I, I, I wouldn't mind being, uh, I wouldn't mind being like 205 pounds. The reason you won't be is because you just said, I wouldn't mind. And I'm not going to be all fucking Tony Robbins about no, it. No, yeah, that's But you that's obviously accurate. don't really want to because you go, my I wouldn't th- mind. My thing is more right now. So initially for me, this is going to sound so silly. Can we get like, hookers around here? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> initially for me, it was about being at a weight limit where I could sit up in an inner tube and float a river. That's like, so I got goal. so fat. I got so fat that I couldn't sit upright in a you seem I couldn't like sit in an inner tube. You are the perfect level of like fun fat. Like yeah. it's not a health problem. It's not like look at that fat guy. It's like Yeah. I'm your average American. I I so then so then we did that weight loss challenge, me and Tom, and then and then I got down to two twenty two is what I weighed when I I think on my final day of weigh ins. Right now, I'm 220. Because you know getting to your weight is all psychological. It has nothing to do with exercise and diet. It's all psychological. What do you mean? Well, like um, like on The Biggest Loser, and I've fought with those guys on my show. That has nothing – those people are obese. has nothing to do with like their eating habits or their – it has to do with their – something to do with their psyche. So it's all about figuring out where you want to be. And like you just mentally, you just said to me, I wouldn't mind, wouldn't mind you'll never get to. I don't really give a fuck though. Like exactly. I really genuinely don't give a fuck. Exactly. So you are where you want to be. I would like, I knew I could main, I know I can maintain a weight. You say, but where would you like to be? Where do you really want to be? Well, I haven't, like, I haven't put it up. No, th- th- and that's what I was saying is that I think my insight is more on the, uh, fitness level like so like I don't really care about my weight per se I want so my goal I said one time I could run a seven minute mile and so I like blasted it out I can run a seven minute mile anytime I think I was 265 when I said I could run a seven minute mile that's only because I had run a seven minute mile but yeah. that wasn't because I was running Still seven minute tough, miles especially at our age so I the other day I ran a seven minute mile I ran so 
like a month ago, I ran a seven minute and thirty second mile, and I, I posted online, and everyone's like, "That's bullshit." What and are your I, blood panels? Have you ever gotten your blood panels? Yeah, I, get, I get a physical every year. All good. Yeah, hundred okay. percent. Then you obviously don't you, you you're where you feel comfortable, and so right now know, I could be I could be a little skinnier, feel more comfortable. But my, like I said, my thing is about physicality. So like so like I just started doing uh, Beachbody. And uh, not Beachbody has like a, a VOD. Faggot again? It has a. Well, listen, I'm fucking forty. I'm not a fucking water like you. I. It's got this video on demand thing where you can get every fucking video they've ever put out, and you can do the workout with the guy in the room. Rogan was one that introduced me to that. Rogan had this guy. I don't know the guy's name. I downloaded the video. I paid like ten bucks for it, but it was a kettlebell workout. Oh, yeah. Well, you're. you're t- that's insanity. I did a no, no. I did this kettlebell workout with that Rogan. Love this guy. No production value. It was a dude in a fucking black box theater doing a kettlebell workout, workout on a stage, and it was fucking monstrous. But I liked it because I'd be like, "Fuck it, I have to do it." I'd go in, I'd hit play, and just start doing it. How long did CrossFit last for you? A uh, couple months, and then you what happened hurt? was, uh, no. But I, I was throwing up so much. Here was my problem with CrossFit. Shout out to Carlos. Shout out to Jesus Amiro for the shout outs. Which but, uh, gym were you going to? Uh, right up on. What's uh, the name? Mag- I don't know the name of it. Was it Horsepower? No, it's no. Guy Carlos was a um, good. He's a cool dude, but the, they're all good guys. I mean, it's. it's but, just, but what was happening was, here's the problem I have with it: is uh, if you're the instructor, I need you to call out the people that are cheating. Oh yeah. I can't have I can't be in a room where you let people cheat and get away with it because your ego. Judy getting, just called. Your ego is going fuck this guy. I have to beat this guy. Yeah, fuck yeah. And then and so then I'm throwing up coffee every day, and then I got to the point where I was throwing up so much coffee that I was like I'm gonna get fucking throat cancer. Based on here's what you need to do. It's like yoga. You have to realize you're not in a competition with those people. No, I'm in a competition with all of them. No, I need not. to finish the fucking. I'm in competition with myself. That's what's making me sick to my stomach. Gotta stop. Or it'll kill you. All right. No. Judy just called and left a voicemail. Hey, what's up? Hey, I have. Uh, you're on my podcast. I just want to ask you a professional question. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm sitting here with Eddie Ifs, and we're talking about. Hi, Judy. Eddie says hi. Cool. So. <laughs> I got nothing so, back. So we're talking about how many successful comics there are in this country. What 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 do you think the number is of of successful comics? Meaning, like, like what do you think the total number is? They make over a hundred thousand dollars a year. Successful comic. Uh, I mean, I would argue making over a hundred thousand dollars. Over a hundred thousand dollars. There's probably a hundred of them. Really? So mm-hmm. out of that hundred, out of that hundred, what do you think? What percentage is making over a million? Uh, over a million probably drops it to probably 50%. No, even less than that. Probably like a third of them. Wow. Okay. We, we were saying there were a thousand successful comics. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I don't think so. <laughs> it'd, be an interest, it'd be interesting to try to make that list, but I, I don't. I don't think so. Yeah, that would be I think interesting. If you, look at, if you look at the Forbes top 10 earner list of stand-up comics, and that's based on touring, not on like TV or film, 
Yeah. So if you, if you look at that, and there's 10 every year, that list doesn't change very often. And if you look at the drop-off after you get from that list to like, let's say from 10 to 20 and 20 to 50, it's a pretty big drop-off. Really? Wow. Okay. So, Judy. All right. Hang on. Eddie I'm has at, a question. I'm at 680th right now. <laughs> I'm trying to move up. <laughs> All right. Well, that's all we needed. We just wanted to. I couldn't pick up earlier because I was at dinner with friends again tonight where all the husbands and wives were reciting everything there is to know about the machine and Leanne and the girls. Are you still in Colorado? Yes, we're still in Colorado. Okay. What part of Colorado? uh, You you are still the guy everybody's talking about here. Oh, I love you, dude. Well, enjoy your car. I didn't realize. I thought you were at the beach. So uh, enjoy the rest of your trip. Yeah, Tell that doesn't make me sound like a jackass at all, does it? <laughs> Tell Steve I said hi. I'll talk to you later. Well, Steve, Steve's right here. Steve, do you want to say hi to Bert on the air? Yeah, yeah. Put Steve on. Put Steve on real quick. Steve's been drinking, so let's make this short. <laughs> so have we. <laughs> no, no, I'm much more interesting after I've had a few. What's up, man? Steve, how many how many comics do you think are in this business that are making over $100,000? I'm not going to disagree with my wife. I'm not an idiot. <laughs> Walk to the bathroom, Steve. What Walk to said. the bathroom. I love you, Steve. All right. I'll talk to you guys later. Enjoy Colorado. All right. Cheers. See Bye. ya. I think that number's off. Like, I think they know their shit, but I think... Judy would know more than anyone, probably. There's so many, like, sort of has-beens that are still getting more money than I get. Like, Yeah, but that's only, like, a handful of people. Uh, see. Let's see if we can name. I get let's people. See that, we can, let's see uh, if we okay, can name. Wait, wait. I want to say this: people shit on me constantly. Like I get, if I open up Twitter right now, there's people coming at me. Um, and they just shit on me like I'm a total failure all the time. And I think to myself, like, I'm not rich, but I'm over that level. And they shit on me, and I'm like, I don't have to go to a cubicle. I don't have to wake up at seven a.m. Yeah. Why am I getting shit on? Like, why? I, I made okay. it to this level. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's name, right now, let's name Millionaire Comics. Okay. This is so easy. Okay. That make one million a year? Over a million dollars. As over a million dollars. Okay. Gabriel Iglesias. Okay. All right. Hold on. Oh, I should fucking get George in here to write a list down. Gabriel Iglesias. I'll just count on my hands. Jim Gaffigan. Yep. Jim Jeffries. Yep. Uh, By the way, is that four or three? That's three. You're just doing gyms right now. Keep going. I know. Jim Brewer. Jim Brewer. Do you think Jim still makes a million? Uh-huh, yeah. Okay. Jim Norton. Jim Norton. Let's keep going gyms. That's why okay. I'm telling you. Not Jim, Jim Florentine. Fl- I was about to say Jim Florentine. No, but I'll bet Jim makes good money. I wouldn't be shocked if he made over a million a year. Um, Throw, you know what? For no, argument's sake? No. argument's sake? No? Okay. No. I think you have to have uh, this like. All right. Let's go to Joe's. No, we can still stay on. I'll bet I can find another gym. Really? Yeah. Watch this. Jim Car- No, Jim just, Car- You can't use Jim Carrey's. It's got to be guys count. that are doing clubs. I'll just go Jim Comedian and watch. There will be like six of them. I'm telling you, there's way more than you think. Well, people doing a million from idiots. stand-up. People are going to call us idiots. They're going to be like, dude, there's like a thousand. By the way, if they're still listening an hour and th- or three hours and 15 minutes, uh, this, this, this is drunk. Uh, hashtag still listening. That's what you tell me. Hashtag millionaire comics. Guys, I'd like this to get trending. Hashtag millionaire comics. Put all the comics. This shows you how good Jim, you think. Jim Gaffigan is at branding. You type in Jim Comedian 
It's all Jim Gaffigan. It's probably his wife. Jim Jeffries is next. Jim Gaffigan, Jim Norton, Jim Jeffries, Jeffries, Gaffigan. That's all the Jims. That's all the Jims. Okay. Let's go to the Jims. So where where, where were we at? Five? What do you think Adam Devine makes? Oh, uh, not. I don't think he does stand up that, that way. He probably makes a million at stand up, but uh, I think right. He probably so he doesn't he just did. He did a theater tour. No, he did a theater tour. He counts. He's huge. Adam Devine put him Dane, in there. Dane probably still makes a million a year. Dane makes a million. Okay, worth seven. There's so many. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Segura. What do you Rogan. Think, what do you think Dalia makes? Dalia, yeah. Eliza were eleven. Yeah. Uh, Amy Schumer. Kevin Amy Hart. Schumer, Kevin Hart. Uh, Louis C.K. Louis C.K. Uh, David Tell. David Tell. Uh, We're 15 right now. God, we can keep going for Okay. Uh, um, Let's go. Mark Maron. Russell Marin. Peters. Mark Maron. Russell Mark Peters. And I'm not even going into the European. Or- no, 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 okay. no. Stay American. Americans. Stay American. Um, uh, Patton Oswald. Patton Oswald. Uh, David Cross. Zach Galifianakis. No, he doesn't do stand-up. He doesn't tour like that. You okay. can't put him in the list. Okay. And by the way, I'm pulling David Cross Swartzen off. Swartzen still tours. Swartzen, David Spade, Rob Schneider, yeah. uh, Adam Adam Chandler, Shandling, Shandling. You're, you're forgetting all the black comics. Chappelle. Chappelle. <clears throat> Donnell's probably making a million just touring with Chappelle. By the way, what are we? We're 20. We're 25 yeah, we're 20, right now. We could easily get to 100. I'm telling you. Let's see if we there's, get to 100. There's 100 of the guys that. Let's make see million. if we can get to fucking 50. I heard. In Norm McDonald's podcast where he was talking to David Spade, they were talking about all the guys that Norm McDonald. They were both talking about all the guys that make five hundred a year that you never hear about. Like, all the way by the way, all we have to do is go to the comedy store fucking set list, see who's on tonight, and, and that's fucking that's all millionaires. Yeah. Kinda keeps coming up to my ex girlfriend on this picture. So right now we were at twenty five that we could come up with the top of our head. I mean, there's so many. Bill Burr. Oh. Uh. Just go to Netflix and see who the fuck they have on their fucking. Tony Hinchcliffe. No. Tony Hinchcliffe's not making a million dollars. Wait, what is that? That guy makes way over a million. Who is that? That's who? Bud Freeman. Shut up. <laughs> He's got a nice hog. Watch this. It's called penis torture. Watch this one. Hey, this is the best. This is the best. This is the best. <laughs> God, I gotta go hang out with my kids now. <laughs> I gotta get an Uber. Um, why don't I get you an Uber and send you home? I. Uh, I'm. What's your address? Drunk as fucking. What's your address? I can't say it on the air. <laughs> it's a good call, Eddie. Really good call. We used to not tell our show where we had the, the rape cottage in, in Venice where we lived, Jim and I. Yeah. And fans would take photos of it and send it to us. Here, type in your address there. I'd be like, why are you, why are you outside my house right now? By the way, the first things that came up were... Um, uh, do you want to go to the bar you go to all the time or the comedy store <laughs> with like, uh, I'm fucking hammered now. I've got the biggest day of my life. Why? What? So 
Talk to the mic. We're leaving tomorrow at midnight. You leave tomorrow at midnight? Midnight. Who's on the bus? Uh, the first... Uh, Did you get it? Yeah. The first... I didn't hit, hit it. Hit it. Oh, Bert, you only request black. You really do have money. Yeah. Um, but no, that's not money. It's just... I don't, I'm, not, I'm not getting in some dude's car. I get in the dude's car. And then they got like a baby seat. Um, anyway... Uh, Confirm pickup. We're going to, or we, uh, we're leaving. I'm taking Joe Prano. You don't know him. You'd love him. Yeah, we're we were supposed to have him. him hopefully on the podcast today, but he had some didn't meeting work out. or something. Uh, Prano, and then I'm, you know, Craig Philip Conant. Uh-uh. Craig is coming with me. He's, uh, Sam Tripoli found him for me. Sam is an excellent eye for talent. Yeah. Sam knows like you know Gareth Reynolds. Oh yeah. If, I saw him on Sam's podcast. I'm like, where'd you find this fucking guy? It's the Scarif funniest Reynolds guy. Is fucking amazing. Fucking hilarious. Same with Craig. I brought Ke- Craig. On. I go, Sam, is he good? Sam goes, have him on your podcast. You'll see. Yeah. I said, hey, do you drink? Here's your drink. He goes, I'm, I'm sober. I go, really? Yeah. I go, well, you know, let, let me ask you this. I ask everyone who's sober, what was your bottom? What made you quit? And he goes, uh, I tried to fuck my cousin. And I went, yeah. And he goes, that's not the bad part. She was the ugly one. If I had fucked my hot cousin, I'd probably still be drinking. Oh, my God. And I just went, you want to come on tour with me? That's fucking great. Really funny guy. Uh, and so I, you're doing podcasts on tour. So we do. We get to the club. We do. Like I got this week in San Francisco. I'm, I'm interviewing uh, for the podcast. Uh, Gavin Newsom, who's probably going to be governor, maybe president someday. Yeah. I'm like, he agreed. They're like, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm like, do you have a publicist for the podcast? No. No, I've How'd not. How'd you Gavin Newsom? Friend of friends. I um, I believe in life, your greatest resources are your friends. Yeah. And uh, not like use your friends, but like your friends will, like I do anything for my friends. And my friends have done everything for me. I owe my friends for everything. Yeah. Um. My, Michael Franti, you know, of Spearhead? No, you t- you brought, yeah. brought him up earlier. He's my guest on Wednesday. So we'll do like, we'll get there, we'll do the show, we'll go out and podcast, have drinks, invite the fans. Hey, come fucking come on the bus, hang yeah. out, watch from behind the bus, you know, like, and then we just move on to the next town. And we're shooting all kinds of YouTube videos and, and we do Facebook Live every episode and uh, we drive the bus and, you know, all kinds of fucking wrong shit's going to happen because... Like so where that. does everyone find all the all the content you're putting up? For the four people that are still listening, um, eddieift.com. How long has this been? Three and a half hours, but I'm thinking <laughs> this will be a big loaded. I, like, I know what I know what they like, so it's what I like in podcasts. And you like something to kill half a day. Yeah, yeah. yeah I drove home from Mammoth last night. I would, Rogan ended on me. I was like, motherfucker, I need more. And left, right, and center died on me. Uh, Moshe and Natasha did Rogan and they did like an hour and a half and I wanted to be like I wanted to text Moshe and go like I gotta listen hey, to that man, one it's really good you're gonna really love it cause uh, it, uh, it was it was fantastic but I was a little frustrated with Natasha by the way she did the same thing to my podcast but not in a bad way I don't know no hate on Natasha she's very busy so she didn't have a podcast schedule where she can do three hours somewhere right, 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 she's right. got a fucking TV show in production yep. Yep. she's got like development and stuff and so and she's writing on stuff she's doing stand-up but Moshe I was like a part of me was like Moshe just stay there and just fucking keep podcasting with jokes it was so good Moshe's great but he's already been on with Joe which where it was great and I love Moshe I met him in Australia and we hung out he's great and we had the best time 
And I always thought he was funny and great. And then I heard him on Joe's podcast and I was like, oh, he has different conversations with them than he does with me. Like he's been on my podcast. Like he obviously doesn't think of me as an intellectual because I didn't realize how smart he is. He's a fucking really bright guy. Yeah. And I was like. Oh, he dumbed it down for me. <laughs> he's he's. I think he's fucking phenomenal. I really enjoy him. Oh, I think. By the way, I think I'll, I'll say this, and I'm sure he won't disagree with me. But I think Natasha is fucking funnier. Oh, like Natasha, she is so funny when she listen to her talk to Joe about MMA, and you and like it's not an act. It's she really doesn't fucking know or care. It's like if you talk to me about fashion. Someone talked to me about hockey one time. I didn't know who Mark Messier was, and I was like. I was like, yeah, man, I don't know that shit. I'm I sorry. I made fun of Mark Messier on a show in Stand Up New York one time. He was in the audience. And I said that he gets more pussy than any guy I've ever seen. I go out to the bar to get a drink. He walks out and goes, can I buy you a drink? I go, oh, I get them free. Let me get you one. He goes, no, I want to buy you a drink. I'm like, buys me a drink. I'm like, all right. And I guess, hey, do me a favor. I don't know what you just did up there on stage, but I'm on a date. And if you could kind of say you were fucking around, it would. I was like, "Oh, dude!" And I realized I was like, "I'm a fucking asshole," because <laughs> I all I said was, "I said I was in a night." I go, "Mark Messier is here." Holy shit! I was like, "I was in a nightclub one night," and I would go, "You should see the pussy this that guy, guy never wears a condom. Yeah. I mean, he's fucking raw and dogging he, it." And he walked me out to the bar. Was like, "You're gonna say this, and you're gonna say this," and I was like, "Yeah." But I'm like you. I don't know. I think fine. All right, your car's Ray, here. Let's you know, wrap this up. You know who's at my show last night? Ray Allen and Marcus Allen. And they said, do not make a joke because of the celebrity golf tournament in Tahoe. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No yeah. jokes about about any of the celebrities. Beating up like, women. <laughs> well, I mean, fucking OJs. Uh, I also want you to, you know, this is Clooney's tequila. I have that in my, um, I have that, a bottle Drink of that. every bit of it. It's fucking phenomenal. For real? Ridiculous. All right. They sold it for a billion dollars. Tell everyone uh, the name of the tour. I have. It's called the Bingle Tour. Bingle, it's uh, the Bingle All the Way. We're going to be, uh, I'll run through the cities real quickly and then I get it in the car. Uh, starting Wednesday, San Jose, Eugene, Oregon, Seattle, Washington, uh, Spokane, Washington, Boise, Idaho, Denver, Colorado, Lincoln, Nebraska, Minneapolis, St. Paul, Chicago, Illinois, Madison, Wisconsin, Iowa City, Dubuque, Dubuque. Iowa, Field of Dreams. That's where it is. Yeah. And then we're coming back. There might be more dates on the end, but everything's at edf.com. Come out. uh, And, you know, I don't know. This has been awesome. This has been great, man. Best podcast I've done in so fucking long. It's good because it's real and it's three and a half hours because... Is a good conversation, man. Yeah, I fe- I gave up after a while. Of like you know, you like all your inhibitions. I'm fucked up. All right, let's get you in the car. Send you back to Malibu. I love you, man. Thank you. Love you too, Bert. This episode was brought to you by the Machine.